That's very poor podcast protocol. I wasn't asleep. It sticks. It sticks to glass because it has like what? little. Yeah, it has little suction cups. Oh, she's a little young for that, don't you think? Well, that's oh. why he doesn't want her there. So I'm feeling better because apparently laughter is an awesome medicine. So is wine, mm-hmm. by the way. If you need a kiss, just go ask somebody for some luck. I don't care what anybody says. He can't be an honorary Hufflepuff. I'm sorry. Am I just completely hallucinating because I'm ill? Yes. So. Everything's okay. Is everything okay? Oh, everything's fine. Fine. It's fine. Okay. Why do I have Jen flashes when she says that and now I'm scared? For Friday, September 21st, this is episode 152 of Potterfic Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. And you should go by the iPhone 5, because Siri says so. Previously on Potterfic Weekly. Where would you like to start, Sue? Well, we'd like to start at the beginning. That would be awesome! My resolutions for this Potterfic Weekly season is not to snort. Welcome to Potterfic Whatever. Oh, Scott. Did we, did we lose Scott? <laughs> okay, what did I miss? Am My I surrounded did. by Hufflepuffs? You yes, are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Apparently, <laughs> I'm Jen, and I don't know my alphabet. <laughs> No, she's the poster child for our podcast. <laughs> oh, Shit. I think I need more meds. My meds have kicked in, I can tell. Sure. <laughs> I think that's two. That could possibly be three. Moving right along. I felt like a rock star. Just really big knickers. Pants are your underpants. Not oh. Browsers. Potterfic Weekly, defining strange terms for your edification. <laughs> but I was planning on getting ravished anytime soon. Really, honestly. <laughs> Saxon Snorkax, two of my favorite subjects. I love Snape. You are quite possibly clinically insane. In the nicest sense of the word, of course. <laughs> we'll always laugh before the end. Potterfic Weekly. Where the story never ends. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, I added Scarlet. <clears throat> <laughs> no, really? Ack, my iPad's going to die on me during this. One moment. So, Moni, now I have um, the English version of the Ponyo song stuck in my head. Do I want to know what y'all are talking about? Okay, so I don't like Scarlet. I I peg you as a Borrowers fan. Did you read the Borrowers as a kid? Long time ago. Yeah, long, long time ago. Me too. Far, far longer than you. So Hayao Miyazaki, who has done like Ponyo and Howl's Moving Castle and Spirited Away and all these amazing movies, he's doing a version a version of the Borrowers. And now we're flipping out because it's just like, yay, he does really good movies. <laughs> and the the original action version of the movie like really sucked. So I, I have high hopes. Yeah, my American cousins refuse to watch Totoro in English. They're like, it doesn't work at all. It just doesn't make sense. It's okay, but it's so much better in Japanese. I know. I have all the dolls. Well, the Totoro dolls. I don't have the cat bus. I have the cat bus. Oh, we'd make a it's- set. <laughs> 
It's in my window. It sticks. It sticks to glass because it has like what? little. Yeah, it has little suction cups. Oh. Okay. So it's stuck to my window right now, and so I've got all the Halloween stuff, including all the spiders and stuff, surrounding and the, the cat, cat bus. And then there's the cat bus in the middle. So we have we have the ginger and the Hufflepuff. Don't let her hear. Don't let her hear you say that. She will hurt oh, you. She. How can she hurt me? She's four states away, and you you don't know where I live. She'd still do it. She'd hex you. Scarlet, I don't think we've officially met. Oh. No, we haven't. Scarlet, Mooney, Mooney, Scarlet. <laughs> hey, I have a question for you guys. Who is Lauren? Crap, hang on, let me find her name. Lauren. Yes. Yeah, because she's on Pufla, but she's also in Dangerverse. Yep, she's a pack mate. And do I know her by another name? She hasn't been around in a really long time. Let me think. Starry Skies is what she goes by, I think. Yeah, she's Starry Skies on the forum. Cool. She, like, used to comment a really long time ago. Sure, so we did the very first Hufflepuff skit was with her. Okay. She broke into one of the common rooms. Okay. (laughs) I think. Sue, I was not here for this, and all right, all right. And my, you're sick my memory and you're... is is yeah. less than okay. No worries. I have the flu, Scarlet. Ooh, my sympathies. Uh, I'm more concerned about the fact that I have a test tomorrow. And Again, my sympathies. I'm really stressing out, but I've learned that if I overdo it while I'm sick, then I just get sicker. Mm-hmm. 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 And while I don't have time to be sick right now, I don't have time not to be sick. So that means we need to get my flu shot. Yes. It's just kind of like, oh well, that's how things work. And if my professors have an issue with it, then I, I you know what, they're gonna have an issue because <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm not a, I am not in fact a robot. <laughs> no, really, really. So did you just name the episode? Probably. <laughs> Shut up. Checking. Probably. Uh, Write it in the notes. I'm yeah. not a, I mean, I'm not a robot. Like, I get sick. People get sick. And I really hate professors who are like, oh, well, you got, you know, you're not allowed to get sick. You have to get keep up on your work. I'm like, what? Let me be sick for one day. I'm really not feeling so great. And I'd rather not be stressing about what to do tomorrow when I'm throwing up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, to establish that. That would be good. <clears throat> Understandable. Um, but Ryan's rules? No throwing up on podcasts? Just so you know. I have eaten about ten crackers today, so I think I'm good. Okay. Is Ryan's rules like Robert's rules of order? No, Ryan's rules are pretty simple. You know? Okay. No peeing on the podcast. <laughs> You're not supposed to type, but nobody follows that one. You're supposed to have notes, but nobody follows that one. I'm breaking that. We're not allowed to pee on Pufa. We're not allowed to pee on Pufa, that's it. And then he's the one that came up with that. He is, and he's so proud of it. Tell him sometimes that it violates code. Isn't it because Jen peed on Pufa once? But she did. She was on mute. She was so proud of herself because she peed and nobody knew. It was great. I love you guys so much. Uh, Scarlet, 
Should we mm-hmm. kick you off now? No. <laughs> you will get it done? Yes, mother. This is the teacher in me. <laughs> yes, mother dearest. Hi, Alex. Done is better than good. Mm-hmm. What? No, 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 no. So this is for my freshman seminar class. This is the class. That doesn't that- matter. That doesn't. Your grades matter, Scarlett. I almost. Yes. I almost called you Sue. I'm not that high. <sighs> <laughs> okay, Alex. What yeah. did you do? You turn on the mail. Thank you so much, darling. I can look up the article I need. It's not even a full paper. It's a one page. Oh, that's oh, nothing. Well. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's Carry on. That's not a paper, hun. That's a page. Okay. If I don't checking. if I don't say it that way, then I don't get it done. That's true. Just making sure. Yeah. I'm just establishing that it's funny that my freshman year I was like, oh, that's a paper. And now I'm just like, that's not a paper. It's not a paper, and I know it isn't. It's just I don't have the research paper of doom that the honors kids have. So mm. <laughs> um, I believe it's supposed to be 47 through 57. 47. 47. Okay. I have no idea what we actually ended on last week, but I'm hoping it was 43. We, we ended on 43. We ended we on did? 43? Yes. No, I'm confused. It I was at remember. least 45. Okay. I thought we talked about the alarms going down and... But we didn't talk about Snape. 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 Savarus Snape. 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 Savarus Snape. Snape. What about Snape? Because 44 opens with Snape in the garden with Sussie. Yes, it was, because I was sitting there humming Lily's eyes or whatever it was. Am I just completely hallucinating because I'm ill? Yes. I I guarantee you we talked about it. Okay, what what chapter are we on then? We're going to try it for 47. We're going to go with 47 and hopefully rest. If we miss a chapter, nobody will know. (laughs) No, they will. they will. No, they won't. Welcome to the second half. First of Be Careful by Anne Walsh, who has quit her job and is writing full-time, and we are very excited to hear that from her. Yep. Scott has left us, um, but we've added Scarlet. Yay! I'm Sue. Come on, peons! Okay, mo- okay wait, 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 we're going to do this over. It's going to be Sue, then me, then Mooney, then Scarlet. Scarlet mm-hmm. can go first. I'm a lowly peon... You're supposed to be a Slytherin, not a Hufflepuff. Uh-huh. All right, all right. I'm all the right. last minute addition here. I I was assuming I was last because of that. Ooh, Stop okay. fighting over last place. But I like last place. I can make a bigger entrance that way. Scarlet, Scarlet, you need to be quiet about that because nobody knows that's why the Hufflepuffs fight over the last spot. <laughs> I am a Ravenclaw. I pick up on this stuff. Come on. Sue, children, so that's that our... everyone knows who we are, I'm Sue. I'm Kat. I'm Mooney. And I'm Scarlet. And I have a cold, so you guys are going to have to put up with my funky voice this time around. And I have the flu, so who knows what's going to happen. Yes, but we've told her that she's not allowed to throw up on the podcast, so we'll see what happens. Anyway, I'm Almost not on like meds. she's drunk, but not quite. I'm not on meds. I've had no alcohol. This is me when I'm sick. Hello. Nice to meet you. This, this is just jiggly tonight, so, you know. <laughs> this should be really interesting to figure out how I things really work. need booze for this. <laughs> I'd send you some of mine, but it wouldn't get there. No. We're pretty sure that we made it through Chapter 46 last night, or last time, so 
where we're going to start at 47. If we didn't, go back and read it yourselves. It's a really <laughs> good chapter. Um, but what happened right at the end was the alarms went off at Hogwarts, and they said, oh, well, it could be a drill, but you treat all the drills as if they're real, because if you don't, you might get kissed. And we find out that the Dementors are feeding on the wards. So we are getting our ships ready and getting ready to flee Hogwarts with all the people there. And this is kind of sad because Hogwarts is our stronghold. And to know we that, love Hogwarts. that the Dementors are coming and could possibly breach it is very scary. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, McGonagall letting everybody know that the ships have been pre-fighted. And we have our little dragon, Charlie, who is causing troubles. So Danger gets Mitzi, the house elf, to apparate her upstairs because she's pregnant. Danger, not the house elf. <laughs> uh, I was like, what? <laughs> and uh, she doesn't want to have to walk up all those stairs. And Draco's like, hey, that's a cool thing to know. House elves can apparate you around Hogwarts. Slick. And they get ready to fight the Dementors. Because we don't have enough battle scenes in Deathly Hallows as it is. Because the story does follow Deathly Hallows. Mm-hmm. We need to add some. Ray's decided that he's going to name this time, Oh Damn, We're in a Lot of Trouble Now. <laughs> here, here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've, they're they uh, talking and, and Ray asks somebody. Who are they asking? Draco, what, I assume. Draco, maybe? What he thinks about all this and you know, whether or not it's real. And Draco says, yes, but I could be wrong. That's a hobby of mine, you know. Being wrong is a hobby of yours. Yeah. What can I say? Comes with being born on the dark side. Do you have cookies? You have cookies? <laughs> yes, mind. in fact, actually, I do have cookies. <gasps> I want just... cookies. I'll, I'll share my cookies. I have a few more left. Okay. Nom, 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 nom. Uh, we have somebody we don't know who is uh, giggling to herself and dabbling her fingers in a bowl of water. And she's looking over the scene, and she can see Draco, I believe, in the water, and a dark-haired man standing nearby, and she's thinking, wow, what a great coincidence that these two are joined, because, yeah, we don't know much about her yet, but I have a feeling we're going to find out, and it's not going to be good. And then we go to Dragon Charlie. I love Dragon Dragon Charlie. I'm Dragon Charlie. I can do anything. <laughs> and I Scarlet, love- have you have you read this at all? Yes, I have. Okay, so you the the introduction scene. I said Dragon Charlie is my favorite character in, in this entire fic. Mm-hmm. He's very and <laughs> maybe I can find Draco. Two dragons are better than one. Yeah. <laughs> I love his optimism and just his whole concept of fearlessness that we all have when we're li- really little and we all mm-hmm. lose. Right. And it's just, he's such a perfect character because it's all who we used to be and all the, the, the person that we like, all miss being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I love him. He's like, never fear, the dragon's here. <laughs> As he sneaks out on his way to find Draco. And poor Abby is chattering with her friends when all of a sudden she gets a vision off of Gina's glasses. And she's like, Mother, where's... And we find out the danger is already gone. And Myrtle's changing a a nappy so she doesn't know what's going on. And she's like, crap, now I've got to go after it. So off 
she goes. So now we have two AWOL children. <sighs> and seems to like her AWOL children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the grown-ups can't take care of business, so the kids obviously have to. Isn't that Which, what Harry Potter's all about? Well, I mean, it's not that I don't see the logic in that, but it's kind of like, wow, that's just special. <laughs> Mainly because now I take I um I Sunday school kids and it's just like I would never let them do that. <laughs> and they're eleven. They're sneaky. Magic, magic. I don't give a <laughs> damn about magic. Oh, you're no fun. She's grumpy when she's sick, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm so funny. You are. Funny. Yes, you are. Uh, I think I'm high on being ill. <laughs> That's impressive. I'm just going to be high on black cherry cough drops. Oh, oh man. Little bullet. So Draco's assigned to help Snape, which he thinks is kind of funny. <laughs> and he's having this conversation in his mind because think- he's thinking about his mom. And there's no way in hell you're good enough for her, especially not when you acknowledge her, won't acknowledge her and... He's going on and on in his head, and all of a sudden, Snape kind of goes, <coughs> Yes, sir? <laughs> and he's told where his boundaries are and he, what he's supposed to do, and uh, off he goes. And he's still thinking about Snape and his mum, and he's just, you know, not sure. And this very convoluted hexagon of a love thing that's going on <laughs> oh, in this world. Man... Wow, that's just that's just special. Yeah. And so and, and Draco's been told, you know, send a Patronum at anything that moves. Patronus. And so there's this little ripple and he sends a Patronum and a it's a different one. A silver bird erupts out of his wand and he's like, um, <coughs> what are you? And so he Sue. So, yes, is it it's a patro- it's a Patronus, not a Patronum. Oh, you're no fun. No, I'm not. I'm looking at Expecto Patronum, and that's why I'm thinking that. I, I realize that, but it, it's a Patronus. Oh, yes. Okay. His Question. Patronus is different. Yay, Question. thank you. What was it before? I don't it know, but I don't think it was a silver bird. It was a Would he have well. been able to cast one before? Yeah, he cast one when Dre- when he went outside the wards the first time, when he and Harry were oh, there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. it was a mongoose. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh. Like was supposed to be like he didn't. Know aren't aren't we assuming from Anne's canon that your Patronus is your animagus form until such time that you have the gumption, so to speak, to change it? Possibly. We know that a lot of Patronuses are your animagus form, or your animagus form is your Patronus, at least in the canon that we know of. Mm-hmm. But I always, in in the romantic bit of my mind, I always felt like it was your animagus form until you fall in love, mm-hmm. and then it changes into your the love of your life's animagus form. Mm-hmm. So Harry's Patronus has in theory changed since there's some inconsistency with this in, in canon because Harry's Patronus doesn't change at all but Tonks's does and like various well, other characters. Remus was saying though that when you go through something traumatic it changes. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily yeah, well, that makes no sense because the number of things that Harry has gone through that are deemed traumatic. I mean, well, I mean, in the sense of, I think it means you don't think killing Voldemort is is traumatic enough. No, 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 no. No, Tonks has changed after she and Remus broke up. 
So I think yes. it sort of has to do with traumatic in the sense of like, relationship wise. Like, I don't think Harry has had Harry broke Ginny to, like if Gin- to save her life. No, no, but he did it of his own volition. It wasn't like he had to watch Ginny be tortured or something, you know? Mm-hmm. I-, I think it's a little inconsistent in canon because Joe isn't perfect. Joe is not, in fact, a robot. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of not robots in this podcast tonight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who is a robot? Know, right? My so, preschoolers I, have I, been robots the last few days. I think the way it was intended was it changes having to do with love, but Harry's never does, and I am slightly irked by that, but whatever, he's the hero. He's supposed to stay consistent. Mm-hmm. But I, I think Anne kind of continues this in... Draco has kind of established that he likes Luna, mm-hmm. and they're kind of doing that really weird, flirty thing that I don't quite understand. And so it's changed to her and Amagus Farm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Luna in this world, not, not no, necessarily. Canon, canon Luna. Okay. Not, not isn't this, this world's Luna also a bird form? Yes. Isn't Silver? Yes. yes. Silverwing? Is that yes. right? Starwing. Star Starwing. Star She's she's taking just I don't know. Don't expect me to be logical tonight. <laughs> no, all right. Cat is neither a robot nor a Vulcan. <laughs> <laughs> Although I don't think all of the Patronuses are through love, but we can get into that discussion later. I think that would be yeah a discussion for another. I think that w- that would be a very interesting discussion, but that would be a discussion for another time. Mm. Yes, because. Tr- Dragon Charlie is about to get eaten by a Dementor. Yes. Yes. And we don't need, we don't, we can't have that because I like Dragon Charlie. Yeah, that would not be a good thing. And the same thing with Abby. That would be bad. I don't mind so much about Abby, but, but Dragon Charlie. So you're just going to leave a kid out in the cold while there's a psychotic woman staring at a bowl. I didn't say that. I said. Just checking. It would be bad if Dragon Charlie got eaten because I like Dragon Charlie. And then you say, and Abby. I'm like, well, I don't like Abby so much, but okay. Like, I don't want her eaten, but <laughs> okay, I mean. And, and wait a minute. Since when do they eat them? I'm exaggerating. They, they, they okay. eat her soul and then they do the, um, oh, all right. the, the reproducing of... thing. They just kind of split. <laughs> okay. I am editing points of no return as we're... <laughs> Doing these podcasts, mm-hmm. and in points of no return, Voldemort is going to do a spell that will take the girl in the story, whose name is Valeria's body, and unite it with Nagini's soul. And so the snake oh, is taking over the girl. And every time we t- talk about it or read it, we get go, snack! and that's kind of how I feel about <laughs> these dementors I, I just out souls and making. Babies. Well, I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> they don't make babies. Yes, they do. They, they make, make they baby dementors. There are baby. They they like. Well, they're not just, like they crawling just babies, but they, they reproduce. <laughs> it's yeah, it's bad. Yuck! Gross. Sue, yeah. this is your fault. Oh, no, I really want to see a fo- like hey, a, a banner. You want to like? I really some... want to see baby dementors. Can't you just see them? They'd be really cute. They'd have these funky little robes on, and they'd be like cr- black robes on, and they'd be like crawling around with the little oh like, falling over goodness. their faces. Oh my god! What have you done? Fan art, guys. Come on, let's do and it. And then there's like that one. 
there's that one kid dementor who's like trying to rebel against his parents so he's like wearing tie-dye or something yeah yeah there you go (laughs) i can't draw but i would love to see a picture of that we were very bad i was gonna you know try to break scarlet but i'm gonna behave myself now oh Uh breaking scarlet Scarlet is fun and not mention miss piggy i don't know sue's broken me once sue has never broken me where's the chat uh, we hit it. I added it to you. I added it to you. Hold on. Coming to your rescue. Yeah. Thank you. Did it. She's going she's gonna to swear at me through the chat. I love it. <laughs> 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 we have Dragon Cherry yelling. Ch- Dragon Cherry. <laughs> <clears throat> We're never going to make it through this. I can tell already. We have Dragon Charlie. Who is rushed out of the castle and his little five-year-old legs just are pumping away and he runs up to Draco and he's like, Draco, I knew I could find you. And Draco's like, oh shit, where did you come from? And he's I came to help because dragons are strong. Mm. And see, now I pissed Scarlet off so badly she left us. Oh, jeez. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> no. And then we have Abby, who's come up behind him yelling, Charlie. And we have Draco, who's like, oh, boy, family reunion. And he's trying to get Abby to go back to the castle, and he's going to take Dragon there. And then we have our creepy friend again, who's mm-hmm. peering eagerly into her bowl. Oh, Why I... does this remind me of Lady Macbeth? Mm. Mm. Tis a Macbethy thing. I suppose. So, and now she has cast a spell at the wards and has knocked them down. Which is bad! Because Harry isn't there and, you know, Harry can deliver the Super Patronus. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Which we too bad. don't have Draco being able to do. No, Draco, even this, it, it seems like even this world's Harry can't deliver the Super Patronus because this world's Harry didn't like, grow up with Aunt Petunia and Uncle Vernon. Yeah. Yeah. Now I have Phil's quote about Patroni in my head now. Thank you, Phil. What quote about Patroni? Um, the one about the origins of Expecto Patronum. Which, wait, 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 wait. Which Phil are you talking about? Yeah, it must be the Phil from a couple of weeks ago and not Phil from the, future? the ED commercial because I can't <laughs> fit ED into that any which way or shape or form. <laughs> I've tried to figure it out, but it's not working in my head. Never mind. Well, I mean, it's also given us several other really awesome comments. No, I'm, I'm, I'm referring to the ED comment, yes. Okay. And okay, we're moving totally, forward. Scarlet what? is totally uh, sending me baby Dementor art, which is oh my shaggy and shagging Dementor art. And shagging Dementor art, which I will try to remember to keep and post in the show notes somewhere. Oh, that one's kind I of can. cute to contribute to the like artistic one. value of the podcast. I love the uh, fact that I can say I want and within three seconds Scarlet's sending them to me. It's like quite scary one. what she has at her fingertips. But it's it's good because none of us really know about fan art that well and, and she knows tons about fan art so yes. go her. We need her. So we have the wards that have broken down. Yay Scarlet. We have the words that have broken down, and Draco gets this whoosh of cold, and he's like, uh-oh, here they come. And he gathers the two kids close to him, 
and he tries to send out his owl who's there, but, you know, isn't very strong. It's just one little Patronus. And yep. lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of Dementors. Yeah, I like what it says here. They're coming over the ground to a second or something like that. It's like, wow, that's a lot. Yep. And he's thinking, these are mine. You can't have them. These kids are mine. But his chest is starting to get cold. And then he hears Snape. Boy, do you have defense with Riddle? <laughs> Draco's like, what does that have to do with anything? And uh, he's like, yeah, did he? And Yes. And Snape says, did he give you the, the lesson on how to kill Dementors? And Draco's like, yeah, but I don't see. Do you remember the incantation? Yes, but... Right. He's a slow one, isn't he? He is slow. Yeah. And Snape is about ready to give himself to the Dementors. And Draco's like, uh, but, uh, crap. As he finally gets it. And I love Snape, who looks at him and says, just don't miss. And I, I think we need Scott to do a couple of Snape. I am Snape, the potion's master. Draco is pulling a Harry. Mm-hmm. Draco isn't pulling a Harry. What are you talking about? Harry's a little slow on the uptake. Some Harry too. isn't slow. Ron is slow. Oh, God. Are um, we going to fight about this? <laughs> yes. Yes. They're both slow. Harry, Harry isn't, Harry isn't I, that Harry, slow. Harry is slow when it comes to other things, but not this. Ha- Harry is slow when it comes to, like, girls. Yeah. Well, so Harry is, wrong, is slow anyway. when it comes to perceiving things that you deal with in daily life. Harry is not slow when it comes to crisis. No. Mm. So, what do you mean not always? I'm kidding. When was he slow? Give me give me an example Serious. of when he was slow. Serious? Serious. Being tricked. I'm confused. Being so we find out that the... oh oh that 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 isn't slow. That's that's yes, it is. That is. That's having Voldemort in your mind. Nobody uh, told him as much, and then he didn't. Yeah. Yes, but we're going to go back to be careful. Be dead so we find and out wanting that... to die for the one person that loves you. <sighs> I don't think that's slow. I think that's making taking a risk for someone who loves you. So we find out. <laughs> that I don't know if we've already found this out in the story but as I've not been here and I I haven't read this in two weeks and I was sick when I was reading this I don't quite remember when but Snape's Patronus is a tiger yep we just found that out in just a second cool we're at that part practically I thought we were nope you're good yeah we're good if you say a spoiler then I'll just tell Sue to bleep it out bleep oh hey we've moved on to a new chapter beeps (laughs) <laughs> Sue, I will stick my roommate on you and yeah, make your like, editing life miserable. I'll make you edit this story. Do you ever want to see this podcast? You'll you'll do it for me. I know you. If you hold it hostage, I think a lot of us would revolt. Yeah. Do you want the entire Dangerverse community after you? Do you want to be on the run also when I tell them that it's your fault that I have it? But mm-hmm. me and Mooney are here and mm-hmm. we can testify however we feel. <laughs> so, <laughs> really what's your price how do i bribe you either one of you we can talk about it later yeah okay. yeah let's let's discuss terms so of Snape being kissed oh <laughs> and that's it's oh i can see you can go to death here i'm gonna bring poor bernard out now poor bernard 
poor Bernard was struck and killed by a bolt of lightning. <laughs> okay, you guys are the ones who obviously laugh during people's funerals. When I was snaked, getting kissed by the Dementors, you guys laughed. Oh, laughing? It's That wasn't I mean, laughter. That wasn't I, laughter? It I was like laughing. Laughter to me. I was laughing. I wasn't. And Draco is t- taking a while to, taking his sweet time and casting Expecto Patronum Emeritum. Yes. And it doesn't really work to start with. Because no, Draco is slow. Yes. And, and I love him. He's like, Mom's not going to like this. As Snape twitches in the Dementor's arms. Yeah, no, Mom's not going to like this at all. And so he starts thinking about Luna. And he... Oh. And then the following sentences really do not help matters as I sit here and crack up hysterically. Okay. Which are? <laughs> She's uh, too. <laughs> you know, this is the way my mind works. Um, this is why no, we spend too much time together. Cause I like, know we do. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't even read. <laughs> okay, where are we? The, after he casts the spell, the next full paragraph. What, from Draco, Draco Swore? Do you need me to read that? No. If you would like to. <laughs> Okay. Draco swore inwardly, shook his wand, but nothing emerged. Not even a drop of mist. And the shot had reminded the Dementors he was there. They were starting to look at him. In a second, they would be breathing again. And the cold and the terror would would roll out of them. And he would fall before their power. And he and Abby and Draco would all be kissed. Kissed as Snape had been. Snape, who had been loved so desperately by his mum her entire life long. It'll kill her. Good gracious, does Draco not know what punctuation looks like? Apparently not. <laughs> not in his mind. So, so he's thinking about it's going to kill his mom and she might walk out and let the Dementors get her then because she won't have any reason to live because they're going to be gone and Snape's gone. And then he thinks, well, it uh, would have, if the word gets back to his own world, then Luna might also you know, want to be kissed because she thinks she's fallen in love with him and he's fallen in love with her. And he's decided that since he's going to be turned into this monster that feeds on other people's love, that he might as well admit it. And that gives him enough power to send the Dementor through this, or the Dementor, wow. Enough power to send his Patronus through the Dementor, killing it and releasing Snape's soul. Isn't it sad that a boy who, in canon, we assume never knows love and just kind of marries for status and goes through this whole thing, he has a love now. It's so cute. Mm. But he can't. He still can't get back to the castle. That's and they're crazy. still going to get him. This also seems really weird. Why would you get kissed? Like, so getting kissed means that one Dementor dies. So another one can just have a baby. It, it, it doesn't really matter. No. It doesn't. It seems like you're really kind of a silly, like, like I can see if, like, it wiped out, like, ten, that that actually might be a legit spell, but if it's one, it's just like, Like, oh. after the end? Yeah. Well, I, yeah. One at it's a time. It's just, it, it, it just seems oh, like, take oh. Cards. <laughs> wow. We're gonna have to have a lot of babies to get rid of all these. <laughs> It's part of that Dementor, like, preschool. We learn how to take turns. We take turns in dying. We, but we don't learn... But we don't share our victims. But, be, but people have to die. 
in order for. <laughs> I have lost complete control. You lost control. Well, in my she mind, did for a while. In she my did mind, for a... I did. She and then I showed up. No, yeah, and then I get a fever, and then it's just like it's off the. Well, you know, Sue, you wanted to podcast tonight, so I can only say that I warned you. That's true. And you know, I sap control from you whenever I'm around. Uh, that's true too. But I have Mooney, who's mumbling about wands, so I don't know how much <laughs> help that's going to be. I'll bribe you with my knowledge of musical theater. Come to my side. I have an Oreo. Scarlet, I love you so much. Yep. I'm loved. I'm like Draco. Draco is loved. And Luna loves Draco. And Draco loves Luna. So he fights against the Dementor. He fights against evil for his love's sake. A very Don Quixote of him. Yes. And he comes up with a brilliant plan. He puts the kids to sleep. And he puts himself sort of to sleep. Into a dream state without sleep. So that he can... Disappear from this world and reappear in the other. And this is now reminding me of Lord of the Rings. Mm. <laughs> okay. And then we have... How does it remind you of Lord of the Rings? When he puts like the ring on, the ring he disappears. See, Scarlet gets me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he, he doesn't turn... He doesn't... Eh, but he doesn't, doesn't hot matter. Worlds. He disappears. It's good enough for me. He doesn't hot worlds. Okay. He just kind of gets seen by dead people. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And there's a further connection. The ring wraiths kind of look like Dementors, except yes. they're on horses. So that's mm-hmm. what we can add to the Dementor. The ring wraiths are not Dementors. <laughs> but they look, look like them. Like them. Be- that's because the movies is... I can't say that. because The movies in in Harry Potter are stupid, because that's not how Dementors look. Well, the first, well Prisoner of Azkaban was better than Order of the Phoenix. No, they all suck. They all suck. It was... Oh, you cannot say that Order of the Phoenix and Prisoner of Azkaban are on the same level when it comes to Dementor quality. <laughs> no, but I can say that when it comes to movie quality, that the Order of the Phoenix was, you Whoa. know, on the same level. <laughs> <clears throat> I, you know me, I hate the movies. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm going to go back to, I'm going to continue staring at my movie poster until we get back on topic. You're going to have to stare for a long time because what I have to say matters about the fact that ring rays are not Dementors. They are not Dementors. They remind me of Dementors. They remind me of Dementors in the same way that the ghost of Christmas yet to come reminds me of Dementors in the Mother what? Christmas Carol movie. Oh, I was going to say. The ghost, the ghost who... In the Muppet Christmas... Have... I'm resting control back and I am taking over. We have Draco and the other two appearing on the lawn at Hogwarts. And we have a secret looker looking out the window through the fog. And whoa, look at that. There's something out there. It's too big to be a person, but maybe it could be two or three. And so she enhances her eyesight, realizes what it is or who it is, and thinks they need help because the fog is coming in. So the Dementors are coming. And she steps aside. And does what she can to help. I then, so want that that spell that enhances your eyesight. I mean, that'd be nice. Yay, verily. I mean, my my prescription just got worse again, so I'm like well past legally blind. Eek. Man, I want my I want my eyesight cor- corrected by a magic spell. That would be nice. So we have wake up, wake up. 
And Draco's like, oh, I'm asleep, Mom. I'm not asleep. <laughs> I'm sorry. You must yeah. wake up now. Yeah. And it's like, wait, it's Dobby. It's like right before the second task. Yeah, no. <laughs> Dobby? You know, Dobby's like, the girl, get the girl. You've got to get her closer. <laughs> and so they get Abby closer and Draco, uh, Draco, good gravy. I'm going to have trouble with this. Dobby can touch all three of them and he whisks them off to the school. So now we don't, we know that not only can they apparate a pregnant person, but they can apparate three people. So mm-hmm. there we go. We can apparate them all over the place. And, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm lost. I told Anne about the baby Dementors. Her response, her response baby Dementors, wow, me, starts singing Baby Beluga, head desk. Now it's in my head. <gasps> someone tell Anne that I love her because I do. And there's typing going on. Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I love that Dobby does not speak in contractions. Oh, yeah. You will need this. Drink it all and do not be arguing. It is helpful. Help mm-hmm. It is helping you. What are you, Yoda? You must unlearn what you have learned. <laughs> yeah. He, he, I like that he goes away and he comes back with hot chocolate and Abby tastes it and she's like, whoo, just like mom makes with nutmeg and everything. And he's like, <laughs> he's like who are you? <laughs> and how do you know my secret ingredient? It's almost Uh, like Remus with the shoes from Backwards with Purpose. mm -hmm. Sorry. What? My brain. It's all over the place. Ignore me for the moment. But I read... No, now I'm confused because I read Backwards with Purpose and I remember no point where Remus had shoes. (laughs) Remus with the the pensive when he's seeing all the different memory. He's getting the crash course in... This is what the truth is. Right. I do not oh, recall this at all. Was this a backwards of purpose? Ginny's like 30 years old. Yes. Okay. Wait, so wait, wait, wait. am I talking about the right fic for this where it's like... I think so. But it's like, those are my new shoes. I don't remember. Oh, yes. I remember those. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now I remember it. <laughs> it's like, what? Like... <laughs> Welcome to my brain. It's, it's full of weird scary. references and musical theater. It's a scary, scary place. I yeah, we're not come into the brain soon. Scarlet, Scarlet, we're not introducing you to my brain tonight. <laughs> I don't want to be introduced to your brain tonight. I'm just my, my brain is dangerous. <laughs> oh, Scarlet. okay. So back, back to the story because mm-hmm. Dragon, Dragon is now awake. Yeah, and he recognizes Dobby too, and Dobby's like, "All right." This is weird. How Big Charlie says dragons shouldn't have chocolate. Says it's not good for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've been transfigured into a human, remember? So it means chocolate won't hurt you anymore, more any any more than it hurts your uncle Sirius. And I'm just I, following that logic. It's just well, based on that. Well, the kid doesn't know this, but like, you know, based on transfiguration law, you should still consume the same as your original body because when you transfer, are you're transfigured back? You've got problems, right? Okay, so Draco says that he will tell Dobby what's going on, but he needs a minute to figure out the short story. And then he thinks about who he has there and what's in the castle where he is. And he asks Dobby to babysit, which I think is hysterical, (laughs) Abby, because he is going to take Dragon Charlie on an adventure. Wait, Abby doesn't... No, she doesn't doesn't go with Dobby stays with her. 
I have the chapters open since I haven't read. No, 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 I mean, but she doesn't speak. She doesn't. She does speak parcel tongue. Yeah, but okay. he's smuggling. We find out this out in the next chapter. He's smuggling Charlie's castle under his robes. Oh, so it's easier for Yeah. Yeah, Abby's yeah, too big. One. Okay. And, you know, we had this whole discussion about what they wear underneath their robes in the last <laughs> podcast. And mm-hmm. I'm assuming he didn't really want Abby under his robes. <laughs> oh, God. Just throwing it out there. She's a little young for that, don't you think? Well, that's why he doesn't want her there. <laughs> but it's like, that's like his sister. Like, yeah. made it worse. <laughs> well, that's why he didn't want her. You guys are, you're proving my point. Okay, where were we? We are on chapter 49. Be careful what life you live. Scarlet, we, we, no, wait, we didn't have that, that, uh, discussion last week. We had that discussion in the last podcast when you forgot to record. Oh, well, damn. No, we so didn't. We're, no, we're, 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 what's going on? I'm not explaining it to them. The last podcast was where Draco and went to the vault, and that's when we had the... Yeah, we talked about oh, it. Oh, we did? Okay, that, then, then this is not the discussion that we had with Scott. No, no, no. We, this is not the discussion where you asked Scott what kind of underwear he wore. <laughs> You're making me sound like a prude or, or perv. Or <laughs> not prude here. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, I'm not even. Let, let, we're not going to even explain it to the listeners. We're just going to keep it. You, you missed okay. it. I'm sorry. It's and we have fault. someone who isn't quite dead. She's, She's not, not dead. dead yet. I'm not yeah. dead. I feel happy. I feel happy. Well, you see, your friend was just mostly dead. There's a difference. Yeah, I need a chocolate covered thingy. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> so we have a black-haired witch with deep-set eyes burning with insane gleam cackling softly to herself we have james potter series black alice longbottom love good love good uh with their wands i'm sorry i all i could see was alice because the rest of it's behind the skype thing uh with their wands all on her and she's just crazy and draco's well, thinking to that. himself I'm not going to ask you for a trip to your Gringotts vault and, you know, figures out why the wards went down and stuff like that. And then he notices his mom. When did the world hop again? Apparently they skipped that scene. Okay. I'm starting to lose track of like what world they're in. So it's just kind of like, okay, we're just going to keep going with this and and assume that it's consistent. It is. When the chapter switched, we switched worlds. So Abby is still in canon? No. No, no, we're back no. to everybody's back. Yeah. Okay. I'm just whatever. So it the last chapter ends with Draco asking Dobby, Dobby to watch if... Abby and off Draco and Charlie go, but we don't know what they've done yet. Okay. Now and I'm we start now I'm the new chapter with them arriving back in the hall. Okay, I was I was confused. I don't like when chapters skip like that cuz when I'm sick I'm just like I don't know what's going on. Right. And they had to hurry back because the sleepless dream that Draco put himself in worked one-on-one time instead of off time so that what was going on in one world was the same time was going on in the other world and they were going to find Snape dead and not the kids and he needed to get back so they wouldn't worry about him. Uh So he's gotten them back to this other world as quickly as he could. Yep. Okay. And so we have 
Snape's body with Cecilia Black beside him, weeping silently. We have Isabel Black, Bella, who is insanely mm. cackling near the stairs, surrounded by these horrors. And we have the kids dashing in. The two youngest ones go to their family, but Isabella does not know they're there yet. So question, just mm. as a point of debate, is Isabel crazier or less crazy than Bellatrix? A different kind of crazy. Yes. Agreed. I think she's crazier. She scares me. They're both pretty crazy. Yeah. I think she seems a little bit more there kind of crazy, which is actually well, a little bit scary. That's scary. No, that's that's their crazy is is crazier than crazy woo-hoo. crazy. Yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you know when, when you're hoo-hoo, you're easier to like overtake. Mm-hmm. And when you're there crazy, um, yeah. So. Draco's getting ready to go over to his mom, but she stands up and looks at her sister and says, why? Why did you do this? What has he ever done to you? What did the children ever do to you? And crazy Isabella says, he? No harm in the world. I misjudged him. I thought he'd be weak, but he proved himself worthy. And Cecilia's like, no man is more worthy than he is. If you knew him at all, if you knew what he had done or sacrificed, you would never, but you would never understand these things. And Bella was basically trying to get rid of him to save his her sister from him in her own mind. And then the children, well, two of them were half-breeds. And, you know, Slytherin would weep to see his line like that. And then Draco, Draco's scary because they know about the prophecy about Draco. Mm-hmm. And they want to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and then she starts lying. And she says... Well, you know, your boy, Snape put his trust in your boy and wanted him to kill him. Don't miss. And all he did was whimper and nothing. And Snape gave up his soul for nothing. And then when they came after him, when they came after Draco, he threw the little kids in front of him and gave them up and tried to escape, but it didn't work. And they're like, all right, if that happened, where are their bodies? And she's like, oh, well, I transformed them. I disappeared them. (laughs) And Sirius... Oh, the bill is terrifying. I've been out there, and I can read what happened, and that's not what happened. No. So. Before we move past that, can I just be silly for one more moment, at least? Yes. So, Isabel's going, I would have done the same for dear Severus if I'd had the time. An act of mercy. His body will die soon in any case. Actually, with a touch of magic to help it along, his body could easily live a year or more. Andrea interrupted her elder sister. Yep, he's not dead yet. <laughs> he's only mostly, mostly dead. dead. Well, it just so happens that your friend here is only mostly dead. I also love, you know, everyone in fandom has some mention when they talk about Harry's parents of Lily's anger. And I can just see this happen. This one still may. And it's just like... Yeah, that's a line that Harry would deliver at the end of the final battle, like, stepping out. This one still may! Uh-huh. <laughs> so, we Isabel's... Have... Yeah, she's going on again. And she's like, how do you know Severus didn't simply delude himself, hoping for the impossible? How do you know that Draco could have conjured the warrior Patronus? And that pisses Draco off. <laughs> yeah, it does. He... And he sends the Patronus right through her. And it's like, surprise, I'm here. 
that was fabulous. Got any more lies you'd like to tell about me? Yeah, he's he is not a happy camper. Is our Draco? No. And uh, and Abby comes up beside him, and Dragon Char- Charlie comes around the other side, and yeah. And Abby sticks his tongue out at the dark witch. <laughs> you can just I love it up. Abby swears at uh, at him and or Charlie. 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 Charlie swears at her in in parcel tongue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and dangerous language. <laughs> well, and I love Remus. Be thankful your mother can't understand you, or you'd be chewing on a bar of soap. <laughs> She's like, oh, I've got a fairly good idea. I don't think dragon not, that sort of language is absolutely unacceptable for someone your age. Well, then if he was older, would he be allowed to say such things? <laughs> Possibly. Maybe if he was of age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and Draco has an opinion about Bella's sanity. Maybe she didn't spend 12 odd years in Azkaban, but considering she refers to Dementors yeah. as my friends, <laughs> I'd say she's got about the same amount of exposure. Well, well she's Bella without the love of her life. So, <laughs> well, now wait a minute. The Dementors could possibly be the love of her life. Oh my god! Sue? Now, okay, Sue? so stop and consider Sue? this a minute. Which is I worse, no, Voldy or the Dementors? That, that's totally. I'm not saying anything. I'm really not saying anything. Can't you know why? Yes, you need to. You need to PM Anne that Sue is coming up with half human, half Dementor babies. <laughs> Hold on then. Because that's just gross. You want to know what's even worse about this whole Dementor conversation? What? Then... My friend? <laughs> Is that the story I'm reading for fun other than this? One of the characters was discussing, basically, human and Dementor relations. And, and this is Ew! Just... <laughs> Ew! This... Scarlet, what, what are you reading? There are some places that fandom should never go, and that's Ew. one of them. What are you doing? So, 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 let me explain. Let me explain. It's like, no, no, no. You do not need to explain because this is like Dobby Whopping Willow fanfic. We do not need to understand this. Ew. Ew. No, no, no. It no, wasn't no. Dobby. It was Remus. Come on. No, what I was say, what? trying to say is that one of the characters brings it up as a way of effectively stopping the conversation that was happening beforehand. We don't, don't get any details. This is just gross. There are there are, pla- there are places that that fandom should never visit, and all that opinion you know varies between people because some of us don't like certain trips and some of us do. But like this is on that list of like places that fandom should never go, like clear across the board. Okay, you started it, my friends. Allow ew, me, ew, ew. Allow me to pass out the brain bleach. Pour it in your heads. And let us continue on. As my as my Skype status says, my brain is only Draculin only, so I'm gonna be charging, you know, sending you the bill for that one. I'm completely broke at the moment, so you'll have to take an IOU. <laughs> uh, Remember, I'm stealing money to go to the concert. I'll will take it in. Um, We're not supposed to know that. Oh, this will be like three years after the concert. No one will know. That's true. Because if Sue gives this to me, it'll be three years until after this concert. Sue, I'll take I'll take it food when when you you know when I come visit you. Okay, I'll feed you. Hold on. So I told Anne about our half human Dementor hybrid (laughs) stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Her response is, "They haven't yet figured it out, have they? What am I missing?" (laughs) 
man, and please say this has nothing to do with surprising danger. I was not. <laughs> okay. And and if if this is true, then you've gone to the bad place now. Yeah, tell oh. Anne that she's gone to the dark place, and we we don't want to talk to her anymore. I think she's there because there's cookies. Probably. Yay! Cookies. Oh my I god! Said, this totally reminds me. I said the mind. bad place, not the dark side. The dark side has cookies. The bad place is scary. The bad place is adjacent Did to I the share, dark side. Did I share the dark side? Charlie and Cookie's conversation with you? No, but but if we keep, we we really need to come back to the fact. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and of course, all this Charlie Cookies etc. talk has has. Have you guys ever seen the YouTube video Charlie bit me? No. no. You've never seen Charlie uh, bit me. Okay, no. what Not concerns just... me about all of this? <laughs> Us or the fic? <laughs> is that. We have gone from talking about Charlie in a towel to Charlie with cookies. There's something fundamentally wrong with this. Why? Charlie, Charlie in a towel back with in cookies. his towel, please? No, no, Charlie in a towel with cookies. All right. I will buy that. That sounds And good. I will say no more. That's good, because I'm afraid. Oh, yeah, that's okay. the right one. Oh. So, We're Draco not going publicly- to watch your YouTube videos in the middle of the podcast. So Draco publicly confesses <laughs> his love for his world's Luna. Well, he doesn't publicly. He tells his mom. He makes sure nobody can hear him. It's better than just in his head. It's an improvement. Yes. And I love that he says to her that he's made a decision. And she says, well, are you going to, you know, share it? And he's like, no, I don't think so. And she just kind of looks at him and says, it will be private between us. And I won't bring it up unless you do. But you're going to tell me. And then he says, I think I'm in love with Luna. And his mom says, yeah, she sees through your mask to the new person underneath and thinks that you might be worth befriending. And Yeah. Aww. Which is a good thing, considering Aww. what's going to happen very soon. And I, I love how she doesn't miss a beat, and, and she knows that, like, the Luna he's, he's talking about is canon Luna and not raised Luna. Oh, that would be interesting. That would be an awkward moment. <laughs> it would be. And I love that he mentions Morning Myrtle. And um, she's like, Moaning Myrtle? <laughs> Long story. Yeah, I'll tell you another time. Oh, and she's like, what do you have in your pocket? And he says, oh, well, you know, I happen to remember I had Charlie, so I smuggled him under my robes, and we ended up with a basilisk fang. Oh, my God, that's what we're calling it now. Yes. Apparently. <laughs> so been, has it been established that Draco wears pants or not? Like... <laughs> Well, no, I, I don't so. think so. I don't know. Hopefully, uh, Anne's going to kill us. I don't really care at this point. You don't care if Anne's going to kill us, or you don't care if he's got pants on? <laughs> I think it's both. Okay. Uh, okay. I really don't care Next. if Anne tries to kill us at this point. I just, this is so fa- fabulously hilarious. We needed this on Puffa again. <laughs> If we start talking about bananas and and hormones oozing, we're in trouble. We're not. We're going to talk about be careful who you whom you reassure because it starts off with an awesome, awesome paragraph. Okay. Okay. Can I read it, please? Yes. Draco flattened himself against the wall as Peeves swooped past, swathed in a long black robe and white mask. (laughs) Everyone expects the Hogwarts Inquisition. The poltergeist bellowed, Beware the soft cushions! Beware 
the comfy chair. <laughs> Give me those back, you! Snarled Amicus, pelting by Draco in hot pursuit. I can have you thrown out of the castle! Good, Good luck. luck. Good luck. Teachers have been trying that for years. And I love Draco. Besides, Hogwarts wouldn't really be Hogwarts without Peeves. Give her hell from us, Peeves. Can you imagine, like, the twins learning about everything that Draco's done with Peeves? Oh, goodness. <laughs> they would Sorry, bow my brain just exploded from the chaos that ensued after that sentence. Wait, 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 wait. Your roommate exploded? What? No, my brain. <laughs> I heard your roommate exploded. <laughs> no, my roommate left me. I think... I think she went off to cut someone's hair. So we're back with Snape, the alive Snape, not the dead Snape. Okay. <laughs> or the undead Snape. I I don't know what to call him now. I just listened to Fox ears. Can we call him unfredded? No, because that's only for Fred. Okay. He's not deserving of being unfredded. Okay, we won't un- unfred him. So we have him. He's overheard Draco in the hall whistling or singing, humming to himself. <laughs> And he goes into Dumbledore's portrait and he says, Do you still want to know about odd behavior on the Malfoy boy's part? Dumbledore's like, of course. And when he says, You know, I just caught him singing a song that he shouldn't know. How does he know this song? (laughs) (laughs) And I want to know how Snape knows this song. But then we find out that Snape saw part of the play in his dreams. Yep. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <clears throat> this is why I don't care about... This is why I didn't care about the other Severus. Mm-hmm. Yep. The Severus I care a little bit more about. And I love Dumbledore because Snape wants to know why Dumbledore is so interested in his dreams. And Dumbledore says, perhaps Severus, it's because I can no longer dream. Aww. And even mm-hmm. impossible dreams can help to rest and relax the mind. So now we switch scenes again. We have the sound of a woman weeping, muffled sobs of hopelessness. And he rushes around the corner, and she's, her head snaps up, and she's like, You cannot. I saw you. And he's like, I'm here. Whatever you, you know, whatever's wrong, love, I'm here. It's not happened. What could have frightened you? And she's, you know, absolutely confused because she saw his dead body, and she has no idea that the dreams that. The Snape she's dreaming of isn't the Snape she knew. Does that make sense? Mm. I, I This is why I didn't care about the AU's version of Summer Snape, because he doesn't really matter. But this Snape is like, Ah, oh, you love Sessie, and Sessie loves you. Mm-hmm. It's so pretty. <sighs> yep. And then... Because th- there, was, there was no evidence that, that you know, AU Snape ac- ever acknowledged Sessie. And he did, but she assumed that it was it was that Severus because she was dreaming about him all the time. It never occurred to her that it could be the Severus Snape from Draco's world. Right, and I don't think it occurred to any of us. Well, no comment. But all right. and then we rush back into the other world. To I know, but then I mean, I've I've been reading Anne's stuff for a while, and this seemed like exactly the kind of thing that Anne would do. Mm-hmm. Pull a fast one So we're back with Jenny. And Jenny's like, Luna's been gone to the bathroom for quite some time. And, and I love Neville. I always thought girls took longer than boys did anyhow. Which is so totally not true. No. Because in the workplace, at least, 
when women go to the bathroom, they go and they get done and they come out and they get back to work. And the men in my experience in the workplace take for freaking ever. And you're like, where are they? I need help with all these 18 kids. And they're in there fooling around in that bathroom. Well, you know, you know why women, quote unquote, take so long in the back bathroom? Because, because women are smart. Well, women are smart and they go not necessarily always when they need to, but when they can. So there are always lines for the women's bathroom because there are never enough stalls for the number of women who want to go to the bathroom. So women take forever because of the line, not because it takes more time to go to the bathroom. Right. This is why it was beautiful going to a women's college where you could use the men's bathroom and scare the hell out of your professors. That's always fun. Mm-hmm. That's just They actually have um, multi-gendered bathrooms now. They had those too. They started that with... Um, Allie McBeal, I think. That's a TV show that's not real. So? <laughs> so they actually have multi-gendered in real life. <laughs> Do you need me to explain the difference between fiction and reality? Maybe What's tomorrow. fiction? <laughs> fiction is... Uh, man, tomorrow. I can't explain it when I'm, when I'm this sick. And I love this because Ginny is going to go check on her and Neville says, I'll go with you. And then he, he's like... Um, no, not inside. Just... <laughs> <sighs> and they head out, and I wonder what boys think are in girls' bathrooms because it's oh, not used to scary. Crap about that in middle school. We used to be like, oh, there's gold plate. You know, the bathrooms all gold plated and blah blah blah. And we... I've actually seen bathrooms like that. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, where the women's rooms are like, well, it's it's nice when you have couches, but it's just when will you ever use a couch in a bathroom? Yeah, why? I don't get that. But I don't know when you're waiting to your friends in line. <laughs> But no one sit like no one in line like wants to sit down. Like everyone's I need to go to the bathroom. I can't sit down. So Ginny slips into the loo and Neville stands outside and he's thinking about Draco and how he's constantly flipping the gold coin that he got from Bella's vault around and you know, showing that he's filthy rich and has power and can do anything he pleases and then we have a strangled snarl from the toilet. And Ginny comes out holding one of Luna's earrings. And she's gone. Yeah. And they figure out it's because of her dad and what he's been writing in the Quibbler. And mm-hmm. Ginny swears an oath that he, he's sure she learned from the twins. <laughs> Whoever took her better not better hope they never meet me in a dark alley. Yeah, I was picture that she she learned like all the all the bad things from Charlie. You think? Not from the twins. I, I, well, it mentions, well, Charlie was so much older, though. It mentions in canon that like she learned a couple things that that Harry was sure she learned off uh, Charlie because the twins didn't know because like the bat bogey hex mm. and like how to fly and stuff. Um, and how to fly? She learned on her own, though. She, she learned that, that on her own, but like, like uh, it has a couple mentions where like she's like, "Oh, I learned this from Charlie." Mm-hmm. So I always pictured like the twins net, like were too busy pranking everyone else in the fa- family except for her that like they kind of ignored her and like Charlie kind of let her tag along and like taught her things. It could be they're uh, talking about her and she's going to end up in Azkaban and the Dementors are going to be there. And, oh well, she's strong; she'll get through it. And it won't be long, only a couple months, it won't be done. And either we'll win or we'll be dead, you know. She, oh, she can handle this. And they decide they better let the DA know, so they use the coin. And he says, you can do it while we're on the train. The trace won't go active until we get off. And she's like, I'm not a first year. 
And he's like, I'm sorry. Janine's PMSing. And we find out that the Slytherins are still bothering her. They've stopped touching her since uh, Snape (laughs) gave them the lecture on how to treat purebloods. But they whisper and snicker and talk about what they want to do to her. And they're just tormenting her. And it's just awful. So. And then we have Albus, who's smiling. Oh, that Albus. Dumbledore! And the dead Albus, not the one that's, you know, Lord Lord Albus. We are, yeah, we have Albus. There's too the many portrait. Albuses in this. It's very confusing. And he's had a conversation with the only free sober house elf currently working <laughs> at Hogwarts. I love that they all get drunk once they can't leave. You know, maybe things are working. And uh, Hogwarts Express will be in soon and kids will be going home. And then we have Draco humming the 12 Days of Christmas under his breath as he trots into Malfoy Manor. And he has a surprise because we have Mr. Werewolf playing with his Luna. And Draco is not going to be happy when he figures this out. So he knocks him at Greyback, knocks him over and says, Paws off. She's mine. Yay! Yay, Draco. I love it. It's so awesome. So what happens next in our awesomeness? A couple of Death Eaters get angry because Draco's overstepping his bounds. Mm-hmm. And they think he's cocky and asshole-ish, and Draco's like, oh, well, you know, she's a bit young for you. But they're arguing over what to do with her, and the Dark Lord has apparently ordered that there are to be no more prisoners in the cells, because unbeknownst to everybody, Draco got them out, and they haven't figured out how they escaped, so they're just not going to deal with the, the cells anymore. Right. Um, Draco kind of railroads them and outlogics them, and, and, and it's just like, oh, she's mine. Yes, and I'm going to put her in my bedroom, because we already know that works, because I was trapped in there, and I yep. had a wand. <laughs> okay, Snicker, I'll pause for your Snicker. Well, he still has one. He's got two. That's two. And you wonder why we need time to stop and snicker, Sue. I didn't wonder why. <laughs> anyway. Draco's being the perfect asshole-ish pureblood gentleman. And, um... <laughs> using his best that. society the Perfect asshole-ish pureblood gentleman. Okay. <laughs> Miss Lovesgood is tired. Allow me to offer you the hospitality of our home, madam. If you'd be so good as to follow me. Under the stairs, dragging dragging behind him. As I said, perfect assholeish, pure blood gentleman. Yes. So it's not dragging when she's coming under her own power. He he he, he, got him. I mean, by show, he's taking what he wants and being polite about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I love that he throws her into the room and says. You know, sprawling across his bed and yells, Get used to that position! You're going to be there a lot! And he slams the door, and he puts all these spells on it. He locks the door, and he locks it with the manners magic, and he does the same thing to the window, and he sets a charm on it so that, you know, whatever people are looking in, they will see what they expect to see. So if the Death Eaters somehow climb, scale, I can just see them scaling the side of the room, the castle, to... Get to the room, the manor, I guess. They, they are the castle. 
then they're and now and now because of our previous conversation with Miyazaki, I can just imagine Death Eaters in the cat bus scaling the wall of the manor. <laughs> You're ruined. No, you. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's funny to me. The cat bus wouldn't <laughs> give the cat bus wouldn't give give fear to the the Death Eaters. I hate you. I'm sorry. I love the cat bus. The poor cat bus being defiled that. <laughs> the cat bus wouldn't give them fair because they're too grown up, so they wouldn't see the cat bus. Well, yeah, that's true. Okay. There we now go. that Moody's happy again. Good. Um, and he's ready to explain everything to her, and she knows it all. Yep. And he's like, okay, how does this work? And we find out that it was her that he spent time with when they both went back to the other world, the other Luna switched bodies with her. And that's why Luna asked him to go to the music room and kind of was more friendly to him than he thought mm-hmm. the other Luna should be mm-hmm. for someone who is in love with somebody else. So he doesn't have to hardly explain anything because she knows it all. Indeed. And we find out that part of the reason is when her mother died, she was cut with pieces of a bowl that had a scrying spell on it. And that infused her with stuff that made her become a seer, more or less. Mm-hmm. And and it seems like in this world, she's less of a seer than in the alternate universe, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I'm glad for, because having Luna be a seer is at this point getting a little tired. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And having her be like, well, I, I get impressions of people is right. a lot better than I can see things. I can mm-hmm. see the future. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I know people who are incredibly perceptive that can get percep- impressions of, of things. Mm-hmm. And that's a normal ability. So for that to be a little magic induced, I am totally buying. Right. I do that. I get impressions sometimes. Yeah. So. And she wants to kind of know what happened and he starts at the beginning and says I made a wish <laughs> spends an hour telling her the story what are you humming sound of music Okay. actually I would think a dream is a wish your heart makes would be more apt that's coming <laughs> way too Disney I don't care I was going to say we're talking to Scarlet here Miss my Disney. whole my whole is obsessed with Disney. The girls are obsessed with Disney. The guys are obsessed with Disney. Can I come live with you? Seriously, like, why didn't I go to college there? Because really, I mean, going to Catholic college. It's, yeah, no one's heard of the song. Mm-hmm. I feel awkward, and then I start singing Latin, and they're like, "Oh, I know the song." I'm like, "Wow, that's fabulous." So he says, you know, don't worry, I'm not going to ravage you. And she's I know. like, not even if I want you to? <laughs> and he's like, well, if you twist my arm, maybe. I, I, and that just brings to mind. How many virgins can successfully ravage anybody? He's Harry Potter! Come on! <laughs> and then we switch to chapter 52, and we go back to Mr. Severus. Mr. Severus? Oh, Mr. Severus. <laughs> Ew, that sounds dirty. <laughs> I just had the image of Snape as like a muggle school teacher. And he's oh wearing God. a sweater. Like like Will Schuster type sweater? It's Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Let's be well, your 
Wait, Scarlett, Scarlett, a sweater vest or a sweater? I'm not quite sure. My brain's kind of going in between the two, and it's not sure which one's better. Now, now I've got Alan Rickman as Mr. Schuster. Oh, God! <laughs> I'm totally going to find a Mr. Rogers song for this. <laughs> Okay, so Severus Snake stalked down the second floor corner of Malfoy Manor, channeling his fury. Say that five times fast. No, let's not. No, Severus thank Snake you. Stalked down the second floor. <laughs> okay, now that we've done that. And he is very angry, and he's banging on the door, and nothing happens, and he's just, like, buzzing with anger, and all of a sudden he's like, wait, that's not me. That's a spell. Wait, that's my <laughs> spell. What you <laughs> How in the hell did he get that? And uh but then he thinks, well, hey, but it's my spell, so I know how to get rid of it. And he cancels it and he says, "Malfoy, I wish to speak to you." <laughs> I'm busy now, sir. Come back I, I, later. The, I get this little kid voice. I'm busy now, sir. Please, sir, may I have some more? I'm busy now, sir. Come back later. And he's like, you will open this door right now, or it will cease to exist. And so Draco Quick throws on a dressing gown and answers the door. And Luna is in the bed, whimpering and shaking and making odd sounds. (laughs) And so fabulous. Snape is like, this is the boy who Dumbledore died for. Why? 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 And he, uh, he says, what is going on here? And Draco says, in four words, sir, it's none of your business. All right, none of your business, since I used five words. And he's like, since Miss Lovegood and you are my students, it's my business. And and you should not become familiar with a witch against her will, particularly one that's underage. And Draco's well, like, actually, she's just had a birthday. Tut, tut, headmaster, you should know these things. Oh, Draco is good. He is so good. He is good. He is very good. <laughs> I have in this. to. I have to say, this is this is probably one of my favorite story arcs of this entire fic. This whole thing unfolding is so wonderfully slow and awesome, and the way Draco plays him is fabulous. Yet yeah, Draco is wise beyond his years in this. In this, and then further on, there's another part where it's just like. Okay, and we know he's seen sort of the future, and we know he's kind of planned things out, but I don't think he saw this coming, and yet he's well ahead of the game, and he's smarter than all of the adults. I don't think he, it's it's wisdom here, it's his Slytherin tendencies, it's it's the ability to slip out of any situation through, by making people look the other direction. It's subterfuge. He's using subterfuge. He's very good at, but, you know, that's canon that that Draco Malfoy is good at subterfuge. Mm -hmm. Because that's how he used to piss off Harry Potter all the time, is like, he'd make him mad and go off and do something else, and and that's how Half-Blood Prince basically (laughs) becomes a plot, is is Draco Malfoy is making Harry Potter mad, but he's making everybody look in the other direction, so... Yeah, he's got this sleight of hand thing going on here. And he's he's very good at it. So I don't think it's wisdom. I just think it's or even planned out. It's just that he's very good at making Snape look in the direction that Snape wants to look mm-hmm. while while he's doing something else entirely. Yeah. 
So and it takes another sixty chapters for everyone to figure out that Draco played them. And so Snape tries the the. Uh, well, do you think Miss Lovegood's father will appreciate a Death Eater son? And Draco's like, eh, I don't think he has much choice. And we won't be visiting him much anyhow. And uh, there's nothing Snape can do. And he knows he's defeated, so he gives up. But he first says, "You disgust me." So fabulously awesome. <laughs> and off he goes. And he's thinking to himself. She's a casualty of war, just as we all are. And it's it's so sad that Snape is the most Slytherin and yet bravest of the characters in the set of Harry Potter, and yet he's missing this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Luna Lovegood is a member of the DA. She would not be cowering on the bed. No. Well, well, I don't know. I don't think. I don't think she. I don't think she or Ginny are the the strong I... female characters of Harry Potter. And I don't think that's how she's characterized. I think that if he had raped her, which is what Snape assumes that he has yes. done, that she could be very upset and crying yes. on the bed. But yes. Draco would have had wounds. Draco's yes. oh, face oh, would, he would have be bloody. been messed up. Exactly. And that's where Snape is missing it. Because Draco is must, but he is not bloody. And Luna would have bloodied him. Mm-hmm had this not been something that she was agreeing to. So, yes, I agree with you there. But I think that, you know, and I don't want to get too deep into this, but I think that had she actually been assaulted, she could have been very upset on the bed. I I mean, yeah, she could, but I don't think she'd be cowering. No, no. Which is the main description, which is just like, little of cowering. I I can't Mm -hmm. see it. And it's just, you're missing it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. This is obvious. Yeah. Yeah. No. Luna cowering. No. No. And Mm -mm. right right now what I have is, Harry Potter, you listen to me right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So. So, and then, I love this. (laughs) Luna totally breaks character. Yeah. He stares at the door and he whirls around and he looks at her and he says, you are not helping. <laughs> She's just like, I can't stop laughing. <laughs> uh, you're not doing anything I didn't want you to do. He was so very angry at you, and you're not doing anything wrong at all. Yes, but he can't know that. No one can know it, at least not here. It seems strange, but it's, safe, it's safest for you if they all think I'm enjoying Enjoying me? Well, that I am doing, just not in quite the way they all think I am. Yeah, silly Draco. Tricks are for kids. Oh, sorry. So uh, I, I love um, that, like, he talks about horoscopes and stuff with Luna, who, you know, she totally believes in that stuff, even though that stuff is, like, muggle worldish. Yeah. And and she says, I get to mess up your hair and you don't hex me. <laughs> I've got enough luck. Because she kisses him. And he's like, okay, this is cool, but what does this have to do with luck? And she's like, silly, Draco, this is how you transfer luck from one person to another. I thought everyone knew that. So So this is it, ladies and gentlemen. If you need a kiss, just go ask somebody for some luck. Aww. (laughs) So cute. I know. How sappy. Why why did Luna have to end up with Neville in the movie? I don't know. She ended up with Draco. I would have been okay with that. Could you imagine? 
<laughs> that would have been awesome. But they, she couldn't have ended up with Draco in the movie because his mommy and daddy took him away. <laughs> After the awkward hug. After the awkward hug. <laughs> Nightmares. Nightmares. <laughs> that was so awkward. <laughs> yeah. I don't care what anybody says. He can't be an honorary Hufflepuff. I'm sorry. No, no way. No. <laughs> that, that wasn't even the way. See, the way I look at it, you like, there's no such thing as a side hug. Not like that. No. Nope. Nope. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. So, we've switched scenes again, and um, Scarlet, if you need to go at ten or whatever time it is in your time zone, you may. Sure. What's going so so I'm feeling better because apparently laughter is an awesome medicine. So is wine, mm-hmm. by the way. Did you and say so is lying? So- <laughs> oh, I think it was lime. Okay. Oh, wine. Wine. Got it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, we're doing laughter and lying. That will just cure you or kill you. I'm not sure which. Wine. wine. I, oh, that's what I said. I need oh, Okay, so, so yes, where are we? I had I got sidetracked. I went on mute so I could converse with my roommate because she's over there being all roommate like and being very nice and not interrupting me this time. Mm-hmm. So where are we? We're just are we at the point where you can't we're do math? Actually, end at ten o'clock. Oh, so good. You have a paper due. If you need to leave at ten o'clock, you may. We're gonna try uh, to power through our fact, chapters because we what, don't what, have that many more to go. Can we kick Scarlet off at? just to make sure that she gets her paper done. It's not... Because I don't want to be in charge of her delinquency. It's not even a paper. We already decided that it's... Yes. We have Narcissa hearing Snape's voice and hurrying into the drawing room because she's worried about Draco. Oh, dear. Why are you here? Is Draco all right? And... He's been home for an hour. (laughs) Yes. Have you not seen him? No. Yeah, that's because he's got a new play thing. <laughs> I love it. Everyone thinks he's just like his father, and he's nothing like him. No. But Daddy's so proud. <laughs> I can just imagine Lucius just like, ooh. Strutting. Oh my god. He's, he's learning things. Shedding a little crocodile tear. Oh. I'm so proud of you. I'm so he's proud. giving you an education, just not the kind Snape wants him to get. And so, or sissy for that matter. Yeah, and poor sissy, because she's just like, oh, Draco, no, not you too. I hoped better things for you. And then we jump back to Draco and Luna. And we learn that they're calling them all. And uh, Luna's playing in her ice cream, and she wants to talk about Christmas presents. And Draco's that so excited. Dirty. Because he's found a girl who is honestly mercenary and doesn't pull the, oh, you don't have to give me anything. Why? And she's like, I wasn't talking about presents for me. I was thinking of Harry. And Drake's oh. like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I love how Luna's playing with the the melted ice cream with a spoon. Mm-hmm. It just it reminds me of D-A-Y-D. Yes. So Draco thinks he knows more than Luna about the other world. Mm-hmm. Draco finds out he's wrong. And yep. I love it. He goes, hold the flu. You helped me figure out you weren't there. But my body was in the forest, but I wasn't using it quite then. The other me was, and she was letting me use hers. Yeah. Oh, no wonder you were weird that day. 
Oh, somebody's cottoning on. Aww. Yeah. But that's still, that phrase still sounds weird to me. Cottoning on? Yeah, that's such a weird phrase to me. Really? No. I, I'm from a place that does not use cottoning on at all. So, You're from like, a place that doesn't cotton on? <laughs> we catch on. Okay. Yeah, cottoning on doesn't exist here. Okay. Scarlett, what would you like to talk about? I would like to talk about the Christmas presents. Okay, tell us about the Christmas presents. So, they need to keep talking about Polyjuice Potion, which means we need to keep talking about Polyjuice Potion. And she's going, I think we should make a Christmas present for Hermione. She's probably getting low on it because she can't burn a tent. And I think Harry would like something shiny to help keep his spirits up. And Ron should have to be dangerous because he was so brave to help Mr. Ollivander escape like that. I just, I love how vague it sounds, and but it's not vague because it's Luna. And then he's asking that, okay, so I've got the polyjuice, but something shiny and something dangerous, that covers a lot of territory. Mm-hmm. I love, um, like, I can just imagine Luna, like, toward the final battle, Seamus' birthday is coming up. We should give him some fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene in the movie. So much. That is that is the one scene that surpassed what the book was. I was mm-hmm. just like, yeah, this is worth my movie ticket. Yep. Seeing Seamus <laughs> blow things up again, hell yes. Yeah. Is he really going to let us? Yes. <laughs> if I recall, Mr. Finnegan has a particular proclivity for pyrotechnics. Techniques. You should consult him. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Off you go then. that little scene right there where she activates the army and then does that part I've always wanted to do that (laughs) that was so perfect I mean it was so awesome because you feel like she's five years old again Mm -hmm. I know and she's just like they're probably gonna die They're, they're gambling it all and Minerva McGonagall has not just let her hair down but like dyed it pink just she's be like, punks. yep, she's suddenly like, whatever, I don't care. We're going to, you know, I'm I'm going to do what I want. Well, and all of that aside, I mean, that, that, that was perfect. But that first warrior statue, whatever, dropping to the ground, mm-hmm. you felt that in your bones. Oh, man. yeah. That was perfect. I remember seeing the previews for that and seeing that scene and going, Oh my goodness, Voldemort has moving statues. What is going on? Oh, it was perfect. And then I, the I, whole rest of that scene just was perfect. I Down admit to that Molly I... helping cast the protective spell. We have Luna saying, I really should let people know that I'm okay. May I borrow your wand? As she takes out the DA coin. And Draco's like... Oh no, everybody I know would scream bloody murder at me if I gave her my wand. Am I this stupid? But guess what? He is. Yep. And apparently Joe invented Twitter before Twitter was invented (laughs) because the galleon can take 50 letters or numbers, including spaces. Do we know that from canon that it can actually do that many or... I, I don't think we know that from we, canon. We just know that it can set a date and time. So technically, you know, however long it takes to set a date and time, it has that many characters. Ah, but but I'm assuming it was just numerals, but in DH, when they summon everybody to the reformed room requirement, they somehow tell everybody to get to Aber, Aberforth's um, 
pub. So I think they're somehow able to communicate more than just more than just. I think however long it takes, however many characters it takes to to spell out the longest month, the date, the year, and the time, that's how many Mm -hmm. characters you have to send a message. Mm -hmm. Whether it's, you know, not even come, but like Aberforth's pub. I don't think you you can spell out words, though, because the serial number on the galleon would just be numbers. And that's what she wanted them to look like. How do you say Aberforth's pub in Roman world? (laughs) <laughs> that's dirty <laughs> oh no I'm having a wicked moment hey. so anyhow she sends out a message that says with new friend safe happy Christmas from Luna and then they decide to go in the magic bed knobs and broomsticks bed yep and they're gonna figure out something shiny and something dangerous yes and so we because are on to like chapter 53 be careful what? what makes you happy. What wedding? What? Something old, something new, something brown, something blue. That's the TARDIS, dear, not something sharp. <laughs> I know, I know. Though the TARDIS is dangerous and shiny. And blue. <laughs> well, we, we've already established that in the episode with Amy's wedding. But, um, you know, we're discussing gifts for Harry and Ron. And well, actually, apparently, we're discussing Snape ranting at CC because that boy was absolutely brazen. Question. Is it CC or Sussy? I, I thought it was Sussy. I thought it was Sussy. Right, well, that's what you all say, but I always say it different because that's my thing. So, cause the, the thing is, like, I think of CC's as, like, the pizza place. Well, I don't know that pizza place, so it doesn't go there for me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Ms. Black. Snape is ranting to someone we don't even know. A blonde woman sitting on the end of the headmaster's death. Okay, that brings mother. very bad memories. Um, what? I'm sorry. I have Draco and, and Bella from <laughs> Very Particle Musical on, in my brain right now. Thank you very oh. much. So, all right. You guys talk. I'm going to go to sleep. Okay. Snape's ranting at, at Sussy, and she's trying to placate him and, and, you know, calm, calm him down. Um, and, you know, she's saying it's funny. At another time, you were complaining about somebody else. He's like, oh, yeah. Tumbled her brought that up. And, and Sue's leaving me to flounder in, in this fever being <laughs> me so, and my fever-induced stupidity. He, I'm not that feverish he, anymore. I'm okay. So she says, basically, you know, that he's, Draco is capable of putting up a front, although she doesn't use Draco's name. Mm-hmm. And he's gone off into his own little world and he's thinking about her and really? her nickname, Cece, Ceci, is almost... Ceci, because, because Ceci is, is Narcissa. Right, Ceci, so, Ceci, mm-hmm. got it. And, you know, it's just going on and then apparently... Lily shared her old-fashioned middle name, and she's so he's totally in his own world now. And she's like, and of course that would mean that the aliens could land there and turn everyone into gnomes, and we would have to relearn English all but the curse words. And he's what? What? She's like, oh, you've decided to listen to me again. I've been talking nonsense for two minutes, and you are off in your own world. 
And so he's like, I'm really entertained. It is. And she knows who he's talking about, although she hasn't led on to him yet. Mm -hmm. She's trying to get, you know, not make excuses for Draco, but at least say, okay, but what if it was in a different sense kind of a thing? And he, uh, decides to change the subject and says, so what are your plans for the holidays? And she's going, uh, she's got three weeks off from work and she's going to go and party because apparently at Christmas time in this world, all they do for 12 days is party, 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 and party some more. So, and she says, well, what about you? Are you going to be at Hogwarts and bah humbugging all over the place? And he's like, compared to me, Ebenezer Scrooge is an amateur. And he's staying at the castle in order to keep the caros in line. And they start be crazy. making out. And the snow continues to fall. Aww. Aww. Mm-hmm. They're so cute. And then she wakes up in her own world. And now she's got a conundrum. Because she's found Snape in the headmaster's office. And that would mean Draco's world, not her world. And... Her world, Snape, is dead, so how come she's dreaming about the other world? And she's very confused, and the best way she can figure it out is if she goes down to Draco's room and finds out whether or not he's got Luna with him. And she's not really sure she wants to do that. She's really dense. Like, it takes her a really long time to figure out that um, it's Snape from the original world. Mm-hmm. from canon which you know in in my i guess i have forgotten this part because i always thought that she knew the entire time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i guess i was wrong yeah and so draco's woke up and he's back in this world now and he's thinking about luna and they're cuddled up like puppies wouldn't snape be amazed <laughs> you know the rapist and the rapee cuddled up like puppies <laughs> And he's thinking, oh, she's going to need new clothes because she doesn't have any clothes. And mom's going to want to take her out for girl time. And they're going to talk about me. And never mind that I like shopping for robes and I have good taste. And he's <laughs> totally got this funky conversation going on in his head. I'm sure Draco's straight. I'm not. He's, he's like, it's like the, the scarf of sexuality said, he's a metrosexual. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And, uh. I I don't think there has ever been a person in fandom who has not concluded that Draco Malfoy is a metrosexual. Uh-huh. And then we have knock 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 And here comes Mum. And uh, he's like, uh, come in! And she, like, looks at him, looks at Luna, and he's like, nothing happened! And she's like, nothing? Well, almost, almost nothing. nothing. Anything that you wouldn't do in front of me? And he, like, flushes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know never fear what's done is done and I'll not scold you for it like hmm so I I think it's interesting that the they celebrate they're discussing like where they're gonna go celebrate for Christmas mm-hmm. and they celebrate the 12 days of Christmas which is very rare to celebrate all 12 days right and kind of cool because uh, especially in modern culture the only thing that we celebrate if you're practicing religious is Advent, mm-hmm. and that's beforehand. Um, and that's coming up really soon. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I love Advent, but it's just like, it's too soon. Uh, um, 
So, so they're like dividing. They apparently like divide. I, I was a little confused by this because they were like, "Oh, we draw, we draw straws for picking um, who's gonna host what day." Mm-hmm. But then it's, the Potter's got the quaffle first, so I'm like, "Where does the quaffle? Like, where does this come from?" <laughs> They're quaffle straws. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, you're making that up. (laughs) It's like, hmm. I don't know, but I want to go to Fred and George's party. If I can only go to one, that's the one I want to go to. That'd be so much fun. That would be. Although, I think I might be afraid for my life. Mm. I'd be afraid to eat something. Yeah. So eat before you go. Yeah, okay. I I would love to go to David and Rose's. Mm-hmm. According to Ray, they spent most of the time at these parties watching their horde of relatives and friends with a happily amused look. And so, wondering how exactly two dental degrees and one book of stars had led to a house full of half drunk with her singing F key. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one would be fun too. She says that she kind of knew what was, you know, that she was going to find Luna here. And he's like, what? Wait a minute. How did you know? My days come out here, come after my days there. And you can't use the TVP to see into my future, only my past. How did someone tell you about a, st- a story about me and Luna? And she says, well, I'll tell you, but first we need to have breakfast. And so they have a little breakfast. I love this conversation between the two of them. Because we need to be well fed to understand this. And he's like, oh, joy. Just what my life needs. More impossible complications. I can't believe how, like, oh, wait, they didn't. Okay, they they woke up Luna. It, t- it took a while for me to scroll down and be like, did they wake up Luna or did they just leave her there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they did. So, anyway. They're, yeah. they're eating eggs and stuff. And Scarlet's leaving because... Scarlet's we're leaving because it's... We're being mean to her and, you know, she has a page of a paper to write. So, come on. Yeah, thank you for putting it like that. No, I have other things I need to do tonight other than than that. Is everything okay? See, okay, yeah, just we'll is, everything's this. good, right? Hmm? Everything's is okay? Is everything okay? Oh, everything's fine? Fine. It's fine. Okay. Why do I have Jen flashes when she says that and now I'm scared? <laughs> oh, it's fine. I just got bit by the scorpion three times. No, I'm not dying. Sue, you're confusing me and Scarlett. No. Uh-huh. Well, what? I'm just because we tried say, to talk I, to Scarlett ten minutes ago, and she was on mute, and she wouldn't talk back to us. When I say things are fine, you know, I was on mute. I could have just been very, 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 very silent and off in Nana land. And not speaking to us when we speak to you? I was off in Nana land. That's very poor podcast protocol. I wasn't was asleep. He was in, in Dreamworld talking to Draco. Oh, mm. Luna will not appreciate that. <laughs> uh, okay, Scarlett, thank you for jumping in here at the very last minute. We appreciate you very much. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye, Scarlett. And thank you for actually speaking to us and not Hi. being duct taped. So mm. they've got their eggs and sausages and, and various other things mm-hmm. that constitute breakfast. And <clears throat> Sorry. Bless you. Gesundheit. Of course, I put myself on mute after I sneeze. Of course you do. So we have the story. Albus Dumbledore came to her, but it wasn't the Albus Dumbledore she knew. It was the Albus Dumbledore from a different world. 
And in that world, there lived a young man who was near mortally wounded by the death of his love, a death he considered to be his own fault. Mm-hmm. And that Dumbledore asked me if I would befriend this man in a dream world that we would share and that I would just be a dream to him and he would just be a dream to me, mm-hmm. but I could help heal him. And when I saw a picture of the young man, I agreed. And Draco's like, why? Is it someone you recognize? And she's like, yeah, it's Snape. Snape. Severus Snape. Oh. Dumbledore. So. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. She believes that she's invented this dream herself because of the man who is Snape. Because she had fallen in love with her world's version of this young man. But he loved another and had no time for her. So she's thinking that it's just her that made this whole thing up. And Draco's looking at her going, how long have you dreamt about him? And she said, oh, I dream about him all the time. And last night I dreamt about him. So it's been 16 years. But I always thought they were dreams. I didn't think they were real until you showed up. And then I began to sort of wonder. (laughs) Are you in love with Headmaster Snape then? Yeah. Yes, I believe I am. What? Like, what? Does not compute. Severus Snape can love? What? And, you know, she believes that she's in love with him and that he might be in love with her. And, you know, she says, well, Draco, you were real to me from the first moment I touched you. But I've never actually thought about Severus as being my Severus. And he's your Severus, too. And, you know, they talk about how he killed Dumbledore and stuff because they still don't know that it was part of Dumbledore's plan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she says, you know, I knew there was... And then Luna pipes up and says, I knew there was something wrong because he was too nice when he found us with the sword and he sent us into the forest with Hagrid where he knew we would be safe even though he made it sound like, you know, it was a big deal. Mm -hmm. And uh, she says, you know, it it could have been used. Go ahead. I, I love this particular conversation and, and Drake, you know, he's like, well, it could, you know, he could have used our blood. And then she's like, you know, the stickler implementation and she's going on about like what sticklers are. And like, she's like, the only way you, you uh, can get them free is sprinkle them with blood of, of a male and a female virgin. I qualify. So would Neville, I'm pretty sure. I don't know about Judy, but I think so. Harry's a nice boy. <laughs> Draco um, goes somewhere and Luna asks his mom, what should I call you, please? And why does that remind me of Canon DV? Um, probably there's a pride goes through pretty much this entire thing with, with the pack parents. Mm -hmm. Probably like, like, what do I call you? Like you're my best friend's parents. So this is awkward. Mm hmm. So she says, well, this is a good question. Most of the children call me Aunt Sessie, but I'm only really um, an aunt to Dora, who you would know as Tonks, because I believe she married your world Remus. Mm-hmm. And so Aunt Sessie would be preferable, but if there is another possibility, what are your intentions toward my son? <laughs> and Luna's like, I'm going to marry him if that's what he wants, because I don't want him to be unhappy. Well, you have no idea. Yeah. And so she says, well, you can call me mum if you want. 
But Luna Aww. decides that she's going to call her Aunt Sissy for a while mm-hmm. until things are a little more solid between her and Draco, and, and maybe mm. it will move on to Mum. And that that works just fine. And I this is a fabulous nod to Canon DV, because in Canon DV, Luna's father's name is Gerald, not Xenophilius, because we didn't know Mr. Lovegood's real name. Mm-hmm. No, we didn't. So she talks about how uh, a lot of people wanted her uncle to marry her mother instead because Xenophilius was apparently extremely old for her mother. Um, and so apparently in DV canon, they, you know, they, they let them win that argument. And in this story, Xenophilius was killed in the Troubles. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right. This reminds me of Canon Fred, George, and Angelina. Why? Because Fred and Angelina were together for a while, and then Fred died, and George married Angelina, and yeah, we're ignoring that because I'm not discussing Fred tonight. Because Fred is not unfredded. So then we have Dobby bringing a girl's robes from the attic, so that Luna has something to wear. Yay, Luna! And I love how Dobby is a personal dresser and knows which colors will offset Bruno. I know, I know. <laughs> Luna's coloring, is, and I love, um, I love Echo mm-hmm. and Elrond and <laughs> Elrond and Virginia. Ah, <laughs> uh, the evil twin, Virginia. Yes, because Draco has been keeping a diary of everything that's going on. And Luna has asked for colored pencils, and she is going to illustrate it a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I don't like that his journals and scrolls. What else is he supposed to do? They don't have notebooks over there. I know, but every like it's 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 the whole like I have a very traditional sense of what a journal is. I suppose and Tom it, Little had a diary, but that was probably a muggle shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just kind of like, but but. They're supposed to be bound. They're not. Yeah, but this is Draco we're talking about. This is true, but it feels a little like ultra biblical, I guess, because they used to write the Bible on scrolls, and it's just like, really? We're really writing books on scrolls still? It's been 4,000 years. So Draco shows her the scroll, and she borrows his wand, and. You know, he says, don't don't mess that up. It's the only copy. And she's like, I'm not going to mess it up. And she prods it and the words kind of shift and make an open space on the paper for her. And she starts drawing. And he meanders down the hall because he doesn't want to interrupt her and she's busy and stuff. And she calls back and says, I'm ready. And he comes in and here is a picture of a pale blonde young man with pointed face and black robes rumbled and stained, leaning shakily against a wall, his eyes hopeless. Mm-hmm. And it's him. She's drawn him. Mm-hmm. And he is flabbergasted. He doesn't know what to do. And then he just he looks at her and he says, You're good. And, you know, basically he's thinking, You're absolutely amazing. Yep. And she, Can I just chime in here mm-hmm. and say that from what I imagine parchment to be you know, sort of rough, coarse. Mm-hmm. I think it would be very, very, very hard to draw with color pencils. Yeah, I don't think color pencils would work on parchment. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not just me. Okay. They would. 
But they would be very sharp lined. Part of the thing with parchment is it's very dry, so it can absorb the ink. Right. Um, Mm. I I don't think it would... I mean, with color pencils, there's nothing to to absorb. Like, it it just Mm -hmm. kind of... So you would need... Um, I'm not an artist, so I, like, so uh, you, you have, like, you can, but I am an artist, and, and I say that it would, it would work, it would smudge really easy, and I don't think they uh-huh. would, it wouldn't be sharp lines, it would be muted lines, almost flat lines, like, you know, if, if you have a really sharp pencil and, and you're working with it, yeah. then the lines are yeah. really sharp. But if, if yeah. the pencil's like been used really and, and it's rounded, yeah. then the lines yeah. Are, yeah. are wider and almost blurry-ish on the edges. Sure. Yeah. That's what I, I would see. But would it work then with, with the colored pencils that you can draw with, but then you can get it wet so it's sort of like paint? I mean, I'm imagining that a little bit too. I, I yeah. would imagine they're not colored pencils, but there are, there are things that they're, they're little sticks that you get wet and then it, it's like a colored pencil, but it, it it there's water in it. So, like the so they're like the watercolor pencils. The watercolor pencils are cool. No, yeah. um, I forget. What well, I, are. Okay, if we're gonna go here, that is my question. Hold is, on. Why am I holding on? I don't know. I think you're gonna, gonna continue talking. This is gonna bug me now because I I can like I can draw it out in my mind. Like I know what it looks like, okay. but I can't name it and. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to be able to sleep until I figure out. <laughs> so, okay, here's my question. Is mm-hmm. this a world, this is Hogwarts, this is a world of quills? Yes. yes. And mm-hmm. parchment and ink. Yes. Where would colored pencils come from? They wouldn't have colored pencils. I, I, could, I could see Luna would know what colored pencils were, though. Yeah, and she but could how pun- in the heck is Dobby going to find them? He's an elf. They're not going to be there. Yeah. Magic. Magic. Well, wait, did he go back to her Hogwarts? Because I can imagine in Fadula's Manor they have everything. Or mm, It just says that that she asked Echo for them or something. Pastels. Mm. I asked Echo if she could I, find me some earlier. I mean, I can imagine like Dragon Charlie having colored pencils or crayons or markers or what have you. Yeah, all right. I'm not sure. But anyhow. Well, maybe David, David and, 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 and Rose gave them to him. I don't know. Pastels. Okay. Yes, pastels. Oh, okay, okay. That's what. I, that's the word I was looking for. I don't think pe- colored pencils would work, A, because they're, they're too light, and B, mm-hmm. because of the parchment issue, but per- per- mm-hmm. pastels would probably work. Mm-hmm. Okay. And who knows, maybe wizards invented colored pencils. There you go. Maybe. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I'll have that smart. Luna's happy that she that he likes the picture because... She hasn't shown very many people her art, mm-hmm. and so that makes her happy. And and uh, he says, "Do you want to do some for the rest of them? I know there's a lot of scrolls, but you're going to be coming back and forth with me." And and then he starts, you know, thinking in his mind, "You're stupid. You shouldn't have asked." She does this one just as a favor, you know. And he's totally second guessing himself. And she's like, "I'd love to." <laughs> <laughs> And you know, oh, but first I need to meet the people here. And what people? Yeah, we're home. Well, they just arrived. There, like four or five people, like just opened the door and said, "We're home." Mm-hmm. And so he's got to go meet the people. Yeah, and, and say hi because it's Christmas. That's what you do, apparently. This scroll behind, 
And what they don't see is that the Draco in Luna's drawing acquires a gleam in his eye, and though at the lowest moment of his life he were allowing himself thoughts he'd never had before. Uh, hmm. And on we go. I love And on we go. And we have... And now we switch verses. Mm-hmm. We, we have we've canon switched verse. both verses and perspectives. Yes. Yes. Because Harry and Hermione, or, or you know, Hermione is like, someone's watching us. This mm-hmm. is awkward. Because they are... I don't know what's going on. In Deathly Hallows. Yeah, they're in Deathly Hallows. Yeah, that's where they are. <laughs> they're in Godric Hollow. <laughs> I think it's bedtime. Uh, um, uh, and they're at the cemetery. And he's like, it's a cat or a bird. If it was a Death Eater, we'd be dead by now. Spider-Man. It is, it is not a me. I was not in Godric's Hollow that night. Okay. And so we have Draco and Luna disillusioned leaving a Christmas gift for Harry and Hermione. And, yeah. Um, it was a fabulous Christmas gift, too. Yes, it is a fabulous Christmas gift. And they're kind of... They're not sure how they're going to get it to them, but they leave it in the course that they think they're going to walk. And they, they come to, basically, the sign in the village. And they've left... Draco and Luna have left the package there. So when the, the sign kind of pops up, there's a box. And a, it's a box. Hello, Harry. What is it? Yeah, Hermione's like, what is it? And Harry's like, it's a box. I can see that, Harry. <laughs> Who said it? What's it doing here? And they look at it and they're like, to Harry and Hermione. And Ron, if you're... He trailed off, and Draco recalled how sore a Point Weasley's name seemed to be with the pair since he'd left. Yep, but now Luna's like, the Deluminator will work. Lord Albus says so, now that they've said Ron. And uh, so they've tricked him into that. And, you know, how did they know? How did they know Ron wasn't with us? How did they know where we were going to be? Wait a minute. <laughs> and then someone really is coming, so they put this away, and... Draco's like, success! And he's, you know, pumping his fist in jubilation. And I hope you like your gifts and all of this. And Luna wants to know, what are we going to do now? And all of a sudden... Dun, dun, dun. The bagshot comes, comes yeah. walking out the road. And every person who is reading this has read Deathly Hallows. If not, then get off this podcast. Get off now. Hmm. Um, and, uh, they know that it's not Bethel the Backshot, it's Nagini. Mm-hmm. So, as, as Luna, who apparently has, has read Deathly Hallows too, Yeah. Freaks out, goes rigid, and dashes away into the street with him in hot pursuit, which is really hard because she's disillusioned, and so he's having trouble finding her. And he finally grabs a hold of her, and he's like, what's going on? And she's like, that witch, you know? And then she vomits and, you know, it wasn't, it's magic. There's dark magic, very, very dark magic. And she's dead and she's she's only moving because there's something inside of her. And he's like, what? And she's like, a snake, my big snake. And And it looks like like the snake on Draco's forearm. Right. So, yes, I, I suppose, I, I love in this verse, Luna has read Deathly Hallows. Mm-hmm. 
she knows how this is going to turn out. Yep. And so they chase after him, and they've just gone inside, and they get ready to go, but Luna stops and sends a Patronus. Apparently she knows the order code. Order code. Yeah, how did that, that, that's one thing that bugged me. Like, how did she learn to do that? I don't know. Maybe, I mean, it's plausible that Ginny taught the, like, really the devout DA. members of, of the DA. Yeah, but how would Ginny know how? Uh-huh. Well, she's, she was at Bill and Flora's wedding. True, but... Yeah. She knows how to cast a Patronus. She, she knows how the order I think you just whisper into your into your wand and then send it away. Right. Mm. And then... So... Yeah, I mean... And Drake is and it doesn't, from, it doesn't really, it doesn't really, I don't, yeah, I mean, it's, it could be that it doesn't communicate, it's just like, oh, like, somebody's in trouble, somebody's here, like, this is bad, mm-hmm. um, it couldn't say, like, it could say nothing, but, um, I, I, I mean, it, it bugs me a little bit that Luna knows about the whole order communication thing, but it doesn't fully, I mean, it just, on a level of that, that, like, I don't think people will be spreading this around so much, because then theaters would, mm-hmm. you know, catch mm-hmm. wind of it, and then that just screams well, trap. Maybe in the AU universe they use them, because they use Patronuses all the time. So mm-hmm. maybe everybody there, when but, they're learning... But how would they know about... Then how would they know about the Order? Well, I don't know. But they've been watching the Order. Well, no, I guess they haven't. I mean, I it, 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 it bugs me a little bit, but but I'm going to let it fly just because mm-hmm. she's in the DA and it's fully possible that they like pulled her and Neville aside because they're leading the DA essentially. Mm-hmm. And said, this is how you, if, if you live, something. Yeah. If you commute, if you find Harry or whatever, this is how you cast a Patronus and send it to right. whatever. Yeah. Because she says, you know, we can't go in there, Draco. Neither of us can. The snakes are Horcrux. And she's connected to him the same way Harry is. And she'll be able to tell him, if we go in there, she'll know, and then he'll know, and then, you know, basically we're screwed. So... No, really? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, and I'm probably on the top of Hermione's hex on sight list, so that wouldn't be good. So they... She gets disillusioned again. They both get disillusioned again and kind of go in. And, you know, we have Hermione and Dumbledore talking about the sword and... You know, just scenes from the book, basically. Mm-hmm. And we have Harry following her up the stairs. And Draco's like, who'd you send for help? And, and uh, we have Ron bursting in. She's like, yay! <laughs> and, you know, he's I, like, where's Harry? Love- Upstairs! How did you? And he's like, Patronus! Said danger! I thought it was yours! Not mine! I've never <laughs> sent one! I don't even know how! <laughs> Hey, that's not true. That's not, that's not canon. Yeah. She knows how. I, it's, and it doesn't say I don't know how. I don't know if I can. Yeah, that's different. And they... It's like, I don't know how. That doesn't sound like Hermione. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. And, you know, they're fighting. Harry's like, he knows he's coming. But the snake will destroy it. And Everybody Ron's taken off, you know, severed its head from its body. Ugh. So it's okay. Come on, I'll I'll apparate you out i won't splinch us and because that's that's gonna kill snake yeah we hear the door open and draco's like we've got to get out of here someone you know the guard's coming but the snake's up there 
And the snake's a horcrux. And unless it's completely destroyed, you know, he can still use it. And so Draco thunders up the stairs and he's been practicing and he can do the fiend fire, but he knows to do just a little teeny bit at a time so that it doesn't get away. And so he burns the snake's body into soot and they've got just a couple of seconds left. And he's like, I've got to get the head. I've got to get the head. And she, you know, shows him where it is and he trips over it. And it's, or, you know, it's a snake. Even if you cut off the head, it can still bite you. And it mm-hmm. flares open and it stucks, you know, strikes out and it grabs his arm. And he's, she screams and he's cold. And he's like, all I can think of is destroy the snake. Kill it. It's killing me. Destroy the snake. And he sets the fiend fire on the snake's head with his arm in its mouth. Yep. And burns his arm off at the elbow. Yep. And now he's... So fabulous! I mean, I, I have to say, like, I, I kind of saw why I ended this and I really appreciate it because there's, I, I mean, once you give in to that kind of evil, like it's, it's on your, it's on your arm life and like, there's no going back. He was an idiot when it happened. But this is a perfect way for him to get out of the whole A, ward situation in the world that he likes, and B, the stigma of having a dark heart on his arm for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Right. And isn't it so horribly wonderful that, you know, and symbolic that, like, a snake has, bit, has essentially bitten off the dark mark? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's perfect. And he basically just cauterized the wound. So he gets her to stop the fire and then uh, she grabs a hold of him and they do the spell to put them to sleep because Voldemort is coming up the stairs right now and they don't have very much time. Nope. And so he puts her out and he puts himself out and they disappear just as Through the floor. Voldemort comes in. Yep. Yeah. And then he wakes up in the other world and his throat is tight and sore and he feels like he's been breathing smoke, which, (laughs) gee, he has. Mm -hmm. And, you know, did we make it out? Did the Dark Lord catch us? And he's hearing screaming and it's full of anguish and he's like, oh no, the Dark Lord's got Luna and he's torturing her. And then he's like, wait a minute, that's not Luna's voice. So Uh it can only be Mother. And, you know, I'm so sorry. I didn't want this to happen to you. At least I tried. And he's mm-hmm. listening to his mother's shrieks of pain and waiting for his turn to die. Yeah. Poor Draco. Poor Draco. Mm. And I wonder if we should stop here, even though we're supposed to go two more chapters because it's a great... Can we please two more chapters? <laughs> wanna... I can't wait until next week. You don't want to stop on the cliffy? All right. No. That's one of those, I mean, there, 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 there are good clippies that you're just like waiting for. Like, if we had, if we, if we had ended the chapter where they disappear through the floor, that's fabulous. But you started in another scene. We had to figure out what's going on. Like, <laughs> oh, you had, you have to keep reading. Okay. So we we come back and um, we'll we drop. find out about Draco. And Luna, yet we we have to figure out what happened to Ron, Hermione, and Harry. Mm-hmm. And 
um, so Harry's a little hurt, but not as badly hurt as Draco. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but they have less resources. So Hermione has to, um, you know, grab her Dittany because apparently Dittany's a cure all. Mm-hmm. I will be right back. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one thing that's like that needs not a cure all. Like it, it heals wounds. It doesn't heal like poison. Mm-hmm. You gotta brew a potion for this one. So I do love Roscoe's erecto and it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they can get to that later. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was trying to ignore him, and I can just hear the string going. going I'm like, oh, that's being picked up with the recording. I can't leave him there. Better than Patricia Totalis. I should have tried that. I don't have her. No, no. Ryan goes erecto. Oh, for the tent. Yeah, yes. that spell for the tent. I spent hours trying to put up a tent last time. It was terrible. In fact, the neighbor man in the next tent side over came over and helped me because I was having so much trouble. Well, that's good. One should not put up a two-person tent by oneself. It doesn't work very well. I really mm-hmm. don't like tents. So, no. Tents make me angry. Stay off the computer. I fell out of a tent once. I don't even want to know how you did it. So, very spectacularly. Ron is cursing the snake and and trying to um, you know, take care of his best friend while he's contemplating the fact that he walked out and everyone's going to hate him and he's pulling a Harry. Mm-hmm. It's really annoying. Mm-hmm. Only one character at a time in effect can pull a Harry and and be careful of seven people going at once. And it's just like stop being a whiny bitch. <laughs> you're you're at war. <laughs> Yeah, but so so Ron's talking to himself, and and he's he's talking to the the crazy locket because mm-hmm. Ron doesn't get his burned into Harry's skin. Yeah, where Nagini had collided with him, and well, because it's I mean three Horcruxes have have formed. It's almost like there's a Voldemort in the same room. <laughs> yep. So. Ron warns them that the name has been tattooed. Uh, tattooed. <laughs> I'm hilarious. Tabooed. Mm-hmm. Um, the name has been tabooed, so they they can't say it anymore. Or else the snatchers can, are going to get them. Right. Which is, I mean, I'm so happy because they take so long to figure this out. They say Voldemort, and so the like, snatchers show up or half the box. Really, really, mm-hmm. you're 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 Hermione Granger. You haven't figured this out yet. Mm-hmm. But they're distracted by the fact that Harry is is hallucinating his father and and he's hallucinating about his father's wand which mm. is incredibly dirty <laughs> <laughs> lovely uh-huh. Not think about it uh, yes um and Hermione is angry at Ron because um she was he was gone for 68 days and Ron's like you counted you counted <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and and her you're sorry you know, when he's going around fury in every line of her. You're sorry after you walk out on us, leave us alone out here, stay away for sixty-eight days, sixty-eight days, Ron. Oh, you counted, Ron said before he thought. 
Her manner's face contorted and took a moment to realize it wasn't just her anger. Her poly is wearing off. Wonderful. That means I can get bo- be- beaten up by a Hermione that looks like herself. <laughs> yes, she can smack you with every syllable and throw things at you. Well, and then she yep. really insults him because she calls him Ronald. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, once she gets over her anger, she talks about the Patronus that was sent. And then, you know, Ronald's like, well, it looks just like yours. Long and lean, like an otter, and it was a girl's voice, which is more hinting toward the fact that they love each other. And and it said his name, and a couple other things that he doesn't remember because he's Ron. Right. And <laughs> and he remembers the deluminator, so he clicks it, and right at the moment that Hermione says Ron or Harry says Ron, so he can find them. Find them, right. Which is fabulous. He says, you know how you said you didn't know if I'd been caught by Death Eaters? And she said, yes. And he said, well, I was, sort of. And she's like, sort of? And he's like, well, at least she's not calling me a liar. And he's like, well, Draco Malfoy caught me. Not here, but where I left you. I went around a tree and everything went black. And the next thing I knew, he had my wand. Hmm. And, uh, you know, he must have heard me calling you. Why didn't he, he try to catch me, too? And Ron's like, I don't know. And then it was just weird because he did the weirdest thing to me. He had polyjuice and he summoned hair off my robes and he turned me into you. And she's like, (laughs) and then it's like, it got better or I got better. (laughs) Of course you did wrong. Polyjuice only lasts an hour. So what did Malfoy do with me? He took me home and he showed me off. (laughs) (laughs) And then he goes, Hermione, do you climb trees? And she's like, what? <laughs> well, because Malfoy said you did, and I was just wondering. Oh, goodness. And she's like, well, yeah, not in Hogwarts because the robes get in my way, but yeah, I do like it. Maybe he's been mud blood spying. So then he you oh. know, cut my hands free, and he said, have a nice escape, and he shoved me through a door, and, and there was Ollivander, and it turns out that Poor Ollivander had been there for a year and, you know, or was. And she's like, was? Oh, Ron, did you really? We talked for a few minutes and then actually this hole opened and we walked out. <laughs> it was weird. He's <laughs> just like, oh my goodness. Ron's lost it. Yeah. And I love that he's trying to convince Ollivander that he's really Ron and not Hermione and and, you know, he goes off to get the wand and he comes back as Ron and it's like the first time that Ollivander actually believed him. Yep. And they go to Shell Cottage and, you know, I'm Why not the back, but you didn't see Ollivander and, and, oh, so. I love this. Why not the brew? You think I was about to tell Fred and George I walked out on it and I mentioned mom? Ginny has something to say about it as well. But Bill's always been decent. Oh, goodness. I would have loved to see something like that. <laughs> Ron going home to the burrow. I'm sure he took crap for road. it when he when when all was said and done. Yeah. At the end of the war. I'm true. I'm sure he took crap for it for years. And apparently Fleur's been taking lessons from Molly because she slipped a little sleeping potion into his tea. Mm. Yeah. And uh and then, you know, but you didn't see Ollivander and Harry didn't tell us the half of it. He'd been starved, and they'd obviously obviously tortured him. And I had to help him, even if it missed my chance to get back to you. And then you hear Harry say, set the house on fire and disappeared. 
And they're like, Carrie? Well, and... first they kiss. Like, let's establish Hermione kisses Ron Weasley. Oh, all right. Yay! Yay! Well, we I mean, part of it, part of it is just that's another way that Malfoy has has moved up the timeline. So, <laughs> we have Harry in the throes of a Voldemort dream, talking out loud. Yep. He's gone again, and yeah, they decide that they better not wake him up because they don't well, know so, who it is so, that they're going to the be waking up. Will- this is kind of important to me is Harry says set the house on fire and disappeared. So Voldemort knows someone set the house on fire and disappeared. Right. And we don't know if he saw Draco or not. Mm-hmm. So Draco could be in trouble. Or not. Wait, does this mean that they burned down Godric's Hollow? Yes. They, they didn't, well, they, yeah, possibly. Probably. That wasn't something nobody thought about until this time around. Well, I mean, it's half burned down anyway. It's not like they're going to, like, yeah, store it. Too. I mean, I, I know there are very nice stories where Harry goes back and restores Godric Hollow, but it's not going to happen, and and I'm kind of okay with this version, because it's not like it's got any other use except for a plot point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, it's yeah. blown up. There's, there's, and if you trust the movie version, the, the house next door is also ruined. <laughs> it's true. So, so, uh, so Hermione mouse at him that, you know, we'll do this later, but first we have to take care of Harry. And Ron's like, later? She liked it! And they decide that they better not wake up Harry because they don't know if it's Harry or you-know-who. And so Ron kind of uh, looks at her and says, Can now be later? I'm a Gryffindor. I'm a Gryffindor. Can now be later? (laughs) Not a Weasley of all the self-centered immature. We can stop when he wakes up. All right, yes. Now, can you later? Come here. (laughs) Harry opened his eyes. He was lying on the bottom bunk in the tent, aching all over, his arm and chest burning. With small noises nearby, he wasn't alone. He rolled onto his side, stared at what he was seeing, fumbled and fumbled for his glasses, finding them perched on the table above the bed and putting them on. And what he was seeing didn't change. I'm not sure whether to douse him with water or say, well, finally. <laughs> he settled for the middle approach. Have I come at a bad time, he said, or tried to say. His horse, voice was hoarse and raspy, as though he'd been screaming. <laughs> Ron and Hermione broke off their clutch <laughs> instantly. Harry, Hermione gasped, leaning her at him. Harry, thank heaven you're all right. Good to see you back, Harry. Yep. And so they think they've killed the snake. Mm-hmm. And... They're establishing what to do next. Because they've killed a Horcrux. Huzzah! Yay! But they Yay. also killed Harry's wand in the process. Ooh. I maintain that Hermione cannot handle Harry's wand. No, apparently not. No. Ron and couldn't either. She's good. And, uh... <laughs> oh, man. So, um... Harry, uh, knows what he was dreaming so, because mm-hmm. he usually remembers it. So he was like, uh, who thought about setting the house on fire um, or was it an accident? And Ron and Hermione are like, uh, no, the house wasn't on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was the only one throwing spells and nothing ricocheted. And there was no fire. Why? And he says, because the house was on fire by the time Voldemort got there. I was him. I saw it, heard it, heard a girl shout. A spell from inside just before I blew the door open. Heard a boy say two spells on my way up the stairs. 
saw a boy and a girl disappearing from the floor just as I got to the bedroom. So, and this is this is the moment where everyone I think exhaled when this chapter came out because if Harry doesn't recognize Luna Lovegood and Draco Malfoy, then Voldemort's not gonna. Right, and we get somebody starting to say Volt, but we bite our tongue. No, 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 no. don't say it. They disappeared from the floor. How do you mean? Well, they were flat on the floor, side by side, and their heads were covered. So I never saw. It was a boy and a girl from what he could see of their bodies. And he thinks it was you and me. And... Wouldn't Voldemort know what Draco looked like, though? Yeah, but this is just So does Harry. So does Harry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if Harry doesn't know who... If if their faces are covered, if Harry doesn't recognize Draco Malfoy, then... No one's going to recognize Draco Malfoy, except for maybe his mother. Yeah. Mother's really good at that stuff. And it, mm-hmm. and Hermione's like, well, you can't apparate from laying down. And if they used a port key, that doesn't make sense. Why would you lay down to, to use a port key? <laughs> and Ron wants to know who they are. And maybe the girl's the one who said the Patronus. What Patronus? And then he says, you know, he tells his story and, and he tells about Draco. Tell Potter his sister's a Slytherin. <laughs> and they're like, okay, what does this mean? He's high. And, uh, you know, here, put it in the bag. And then, oh, wait, there's a box. Gifts. Yep. Let's see what's in it. So they have Christmas. And, yep. you know, Hermione's like, I know I've seen this this handwriting before. This is from someone from Hogwarts, but I don't know who. Well, maybe there's a name inside. So they open it up, and of course there's three small boxes inside, each with one of their names, and then crumpled up paper and an envelope. And Ron's like, gimme! And she's like, Ron, where were you raised? You always open the card first. (laughs) Harry and Kate do the honors. You would think that they would have learned to open the card first Harry's first year when he got his new broomstick. Or his cloak. That too. So he pulls out the the parchment, and there's another envelope. And I'm losing it again. It's addressed to Daddy. And <laughs> yep. it's like, oh, I guess we'll find out who that is when we read the letter. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hermione opens the big box. And, or, or She closes the big box and pulls the holly, which is in a orange ornament odd shape. And she's like, I've, I've seen this before. And she's like, run. Who, like, do you recognize the, the girl's voice? And... She's like, well, was it Luna? Yeah. Harry, look at the signature on the letter. And they all say Luna at the same time. Everyone say it on the count of three. Hermione ordered one, two, three. Luna! (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then Ron's like, what's Luna doing leaving us Christmas presents? Yeah, how did she know where we were going to be? Maybe it says, shall I read it? Dear (laughs) Harry and Hermione. Do you want me to read it because you're losing your voice? Yeah. Dear Harry and Hermione, and Ron, if you're there, Harry read aloud, I should start by telling you that I am perfectly all right, even though Death Eaters took me off the Hogwarts Express on my way home for Christmas. What? <laughs> Ron and Hermione together. They kidnapped her and Ron for that. Why would they do that? Hermione wanted to know. Because da- uh, because of what Daddy's been writing in, in the Quibbler about you, Harry, the young man finished. <laughs> He'll be worried about me. So if it's not trouble could you please take him the letter i'm enclosed here it will not, it will tell him that i'm all right and he should go into hiding i hope ron's family will help him with that since we're nearly neighbors that's true ron said i, I never i've never been there but they do live close by us 
I truly am all right where I am, Harry went on. I found an unexpected friend who who is keeping me safe. The Death Eaters destroyed his family and ruined his life, so he hates them as much as we do. He's been working to find things that will help bring them down, and some of them are enclosed here. I hope you can find good use for them. Find things? He interrupted himself. You don't think she means? Probably too much to hope for, Harry, said Hermione with a sigh. After all, but go on, keep reading. <laughs> Hermione's presence is something that I hope you can use sometime soon. Harry continued. Neville and Ginny and I and some others have been keeping up the DA, but it would really help us a lot if we could borrow your map, Harry. I know it was your dad's and your god- god- godfather's, but we. How did she know that? Ginny probably <laughs> told her. Okay. I know it was your dad, dad's and your godfather. Oh, I know, because she's in the other world and the Marauders probably told her. But we would be very careful with it and return it when everything is over. If you would consider lending it to us, that would be a great help. The Hogsmeade days this term are the 17th of January, the 14th of February, and the 21st of March. And that tells us nothing about why my what my present might actually be, Hermione said with a sigh. So why don't you open it? Ron suggested. No, Harry should finish the letter first, Hermione looked up. Unless you think I should. Harry, so Harry tells her to go ahead. Yeah, and and it's a oh large feature of, of Polyjuice, and they they note and not even uh, Mad Eye, who Barty Crouch Jr. had this much on on hand. Um, so they have a lot of Polyjuice. So then Harry continues. Ron's present is very dangerous. <laughs> so we put a special covering on it. Defenders should split the covering off, but please don't touch the pointed end once you're done with it. <laughs> I know you survived, you, you survived it once, Harry, but I don't know if Fox will come back to help you again. Again, why does she know these details? Maybe she's Ginny probably told her. I guess so. Because she and Ginny are BFFs. He lowered the letter, staring wide at, at, at Ron. Fox, he breathed. The chamber. <laughs> yeah, it's not really good on the uptake. <laughs> <laughs> See, Hermione, Harry is not dumb. I'm so proud. So, so Ron opens the box, and it's the basilisk thing, and it's a tiny one. But hey, that's all good. So Ron now has the chance to open the locket and kill it, and it does the movie. You know, the the I know you. <laughs> scary cloud thing where I'm hoping that in this version, I can't remember, but I'm hoping that in this version, Harry and Hermione aren't making out, because that's no. wrong. Now I have AVPM, don't you love me, Ron, going through my head. <laughs> so, he, it's, it's making him, him question himself, but, you know, they're right there, and, and reminding him of the difference between reality and, and lies, and Ron wins, and and the first thing, <laughs> Ron, Harry is just like like with his back against the bed, and just like, good lord. <laughs> and Ron's going, Hermione, you swore. Yeah, I know. You, you never swear. I, I do when the situation swear. calls for it. <laughs> and I thought that one did. And so weird. We have Harry looking back down, and he sees this, and, and it says, If Ron's already used his gift before you open yours, don't worry too much. We think we might be able to get you the sword. And he opens up the smaller box, and inside is a delicate golden cup. And he's like, Luna, I think I want to meet your friend. 
You already have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Luna wishes them a happy Christmas and, and urges them to come to Hogsmeade and the fact that they're, you know, they're going to win the war. And there were four words so tiny that Harry had to squint to see them with the, even with his glasses on. Potter. Told you so. <laughs> yeah, and there's a and, drawing that he had noticed of a laughing red-haired girl in Quidditch roads. Yep. And she, she's not anybody he knows, but she looks sort of familiar. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yep. Are we going to end there tonight? Yes, we are. Okay. Well, on the final note, I can't wait till the next Hogsmeade weekend because Hogsmeade weekends are fun. Mm-hmm. Hogsmeade weekends are fun. I'm definitely... um. This is where really like I I started for I know we got we had a couple podcasters kind of break off because this is one of those fix that starts really slow. The sixties mm-hmm. are really where I it moved from. I am an Ann Walsh fan, so of course I'm reading this into I'm a Be Careful fan. I want to find out what happens, right. mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of you have to understand like it it really follows the Hallows really well in that. The first half of the, half of the book until Christmas is set up. It's all set up, mm-hmm. and then things things are going to start happening that are really quite interesting. And, and to reveal. say the least. I mean, it's, it's it's fabulous just to you know look at um, the way that you know Draco was at the beginning of the even like just now like look at the way Draco was at the beginning of this. As, you know, he had no hope and, you know, he was basically caught into a life that he didn't want and, and <coughs> realized that he really was a spoiled brat, but he had no way to counter that. Mm-hmm. And just by one simple wish, he has found a family that loves him. He's found that he can love them back. He's not so jaded mm-hmm. that he can't love. Mm-hmm. Um, he's found love himself. Um, little love good mm-hmm. from canon he's now that he can you know, help others he's he's mm-hmm. found that he can help others and he can make you know a substantial contribution to this war he's made a 180 on his stance on the war and mm-hmm. all the while he has not really changed character mm-hmm. he is still just as sarcastic just as you know kind of cynical and, and very dry-witted as he is in, say, book four. It's just that a lot of the maliciousness is gone. Mm-hmm. Yes, now he does it with a song in his heart. And a yeah. song in his heart literally, and a dance literally. And a step. And it's, it's really interesting that it's really hard to read fic. When, when there's fic that, that, that is good out there, it's really hard to read fic where they will change the character substantially um, on a very fundamental level and you want to believe it because it's a good story and a great plot and great grammar and, and but there's that thing that just like tugs at you that people don't really change fundamental, fundamentally mm-hmm. um, and, I, and exa- before like every, everyone who's listening to this jumps on me an example of this is I have always been a sarcastic person since the or or you know since the time that I was tiny, I have had a sarcastic sense of humor, and no matter you know how my views on the world have changed or my interests have changed, I will always be sarcastic mm-hmm. and you know people who 
I, there are certain people in my life who, who wish to change that because they think sarcasm, you know, they don't really understand sarcasm, so they want me to pick another sense of humor. And it's, you know, it, 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 it's that ridiculous to change a character's fundamental way of, of thinking and, and acting toward things mm-hmm. is, you know, like, why would you change this? This is how they always are. This is how they're always going to be. You might be able to change their views on things, but they're still going to, I mean, yeah, the, the, the ending of this chapter, you know, is, is he's still, still telling Harry Potter he told him so. Like, right. mm-hmm. he's still, mm-hmm. like, rubbing it in his face. It's not malicious <laughs> anymore. He's having mm-hmm. a good laugh about it, but he's still rubbing it in his face. But, like, mm-hmm. look... <laughs> Right. Well, I will say that I was reading this um, up until last week. I was reading just the chapters that we were doing for the podcast. Mm -hmm. I had read up through chapter 35 before when it was still a work in progress, but I had not gotten Mm -hmm. past that. Mm -hmm. And um, between last week and this, I finished it. Wow. What was the, out of curiosity, what was the point that like tipped it for you that you wanted to just start reading as much as you could? Um, I don't know. I just got to the the point where I think just everything that was happening last week and, and I started reading this part for this week and I was just like, I just have to see what happens now. I have to, I have mm-hmm. to follow it through. There's, there's something about the set of chapters that is very, I, I want to know going like this yeah, is i have to just know so i mean he's hunting horcruxes without the golden trio knowing like this is just like hmm. yeah and i think the whole luna i love the f- fact that you know luna is locked in his bedroom and she's his prisoner uh, quote <laughs> and you know everyone thinks terrible things about him and none of them are true and She's now traveling worlds with him, and we know that Snape is traveling worlds and all of that. So, yeah, I just wanted to see where it was going to go. Mm-hmm. You see, I, I want going, and I know that Scott did the same thing the week before. He he just started reading for the next set of chapters and just said that's it and finished it. So, this is the point where if you haven't been hooked, and like Cat said, you're reading it because you're an Anne Walsh fan, and now you get to this point and now you're reading it because you're a be careful fan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I mean, I, to the non Ann Walsh fans out there for people who just can't get into dangerous, like I, I totally recommend you read this because it's, it's completely like people who say this is a, you know, a, I get why people say it's a dangerous crossover. I, I get why people say it's a dangerous versus AU. It's really like completely different. It, it's something, it's something, so, you know, you see a lot of the same characters, but it's something completely new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll and, agree with that. you know, it, it's, it, you're not dealing with how to, ra- you know, how to raise Harry Potter, the boy who lived. You're, you're dealing with, you know, there are all these friends, you know, who grew up as neighbors and there are different family, the Potters survived and the Blacks survived and everyone's, you know, in their little separate houses. It's not like they're all, you know, denning together, um, which I can understand that, you know, it not necessarily is going to appeal to everybody, mm-hmm. but this is, it's, it, it's so different. I mean, you just kind of hook your teeth in it and you want to find out, you know, does Draco Malfoy, save himself does Draco Malfoy save the day like like you know what is this prophecy and you know what's going on with it and 
it you want to find out what's going to go what what's going to happen and you don't care it's you know it the whole dangerous bit like just kind of disappears like you don't care about that mm-hmm. <laughs> i wish you guys could hear what i can hear right now mm-hmm. i hear a little bit of it she's um, totally eating herself she's just crazy I will say I'm a little disappointed that Anne never named one of these chapters. Be careful what you expect. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, that, well, I guess that's the entire story is like, be careful what you expect. Yep. What chapter did we end on? 47. Wait, this round? What we're supposed this to round. be ending we're on? 58. 57. 57. Yeah, so we'll start next time. Okay, no, I'm, just, I'm counting. So apparently 55... Um, which is when he wanted to ha- uh, end on, got the most reviews. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, like, don't think, I don't think I started reading this until it was done, or mostly done. Because I think I started it and just couldn't get it. You were in law school, weren't you? Um, that might have been part of it. No, wait, was this 08 that it was started on? Um, which was, go hold to- on. Oh, oh, nine. January of 09. No, it says published 91408. Okay, so... Uh, FF.net. Yeah. So, no, I would have still been an undergrad, and I don't think I got into it until it was almost done or nearly, you know, finished. Mm-hmm. And then right. I was taken in hook, line, and sinker once I got into it. Um, I got into this when it was loaded onto um, fanficauthors.net. Uh, I reviewing back and forth, but I'm just very glad that there are people who take saloons and make them two-dimensional and three-dimensional, and it's very nice, and I like it. Well, and, I mean, I guess that's a little bit where Anne falls down, where most authors fall down, is Hufflepuff isn't very dimensional and dangerous. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because there's no time, like, I, I don't really blame her, because, like, Dangerous is large enough, she doesn't have to go and, like, rewrite everything, so Hufflepuffs are, like, more developed, and also, you know, Slytherins really do need to be more developed, they are really kind of the token, like, bad guys of of mm-hmm. fandom, which mm-hmm. is not okay, because, you know, bad. Most of Slytherins are awesome people, it's just that they don't think the way the way that a lot of us do. <laughs> um, they think with their bra- brains instead of their hearts, and I'm mm-hmm. sorry that I think with my heart instead of my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you and, do apologize. But it, it, I mean, I, I guess a little a, a little part of me always gets bugged when a Slytherin complains about how you know Slytherins are treated in fandom because it's like at least you get some recognition. Hufflepuffs are the idiots, or they're just like ignored. Well, you should write a Hufflepuff stick, then. There you go. I don't have time. <laughs> I can I'm gonna help. Write, I'm gonna, I'm say goodnight, people. <laughs> I don't want to say goodnight. I, I'm not. I'm writing this. This, you know, one off. Yes, but I'm you. listening to this dog kill herself, and it's going on the tape, and I'm gonna have to edit it all out, and there's no way. So say goodnight. All right. Good night. Good night. Come back next time. We'll do some more. Be careful. Poor Sue, you sound like you need soup. Oh, I need something. Go away. Go away. Have you been trying the wet washcloth at night? I need a new head. Mm. I'm just gonna cut it right off. But I didn't oh, sleep. Please don't. Oh, I'm sorry. I I slept really good from ten ish to one.
that I was awake the rest of the night. Oh, that sucks. Did you at least have podcasts and stuff to listen to? Yeah, I was listening to this terrible story that Scott's got me reading. It's a terrible story, Scott. (laughs) Which one is that? The one where Ron dies. Oh, yes, that one. Did you hear that that Ron was supposed to die in canon around book five? Yes. Yeah, I know. I need to watch that. And and somebody else was supposed to not die, but yeah, he did anyway. Mm -hmm. Well, I know Arthur was was supposed to die, but she gave him... No, Remus was supposed to live. Oh, what? What? Remus was supposed to live, but then she was like, I need now I'm somebody. Angry. Well, she, well, she no, was no, just no, supposed to be. Moody, I don't want to hear anymore. Now I'm just going to be pissed off at her for like a week. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Until, okay, uh, of like all the characters that I love in canon, the top, of the top six, five of them were killed off. Yes. And it's just like, yeah. This is unfair. This is royally unfair. And and receiving the news that one of them was supposed to live, it's just like, I'm going to be pissed for a little bit. We would have lost Ron. That would have been sad. I they would have, have to there say... There's no way she would have done that seriously, honestly. Ron is not in my top ten favorite characters, so I would not have cared as much. Scarlet, what are you doing? The microphone hates me. No, because it hates me uh, at the moment. Okay. I might need to get dropped and put back on, see if my iPad will take the call instead of the computer. Okay. I thought we just did that. Did it not work? The iPad didn't take the call. Alright, you want me to hang up and try it again? If you wouldn't mind. I don't mind hanging up on you. It's great fun. Bye. <laughs> Bye. I'm sorry, did I sound like I was enjoying that too much? No. No, oh, not at all. You know, I, I I will say that if Ron had died in book five, I would not have cared very much. Okay. It's that not just that makes I'm a heartless, me sad. It's not, it's not that I'm a heartless bitch, it's just that, you know, uh, I have certain... For sure. Everyone, everyone has certain characters that they want to live, and... Seriousness? I mean, and, and there were so many for me... That that got killed along the way. We're it's just kind of like cat named the episode. I'm not a heartless bitch. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm just. I feel like not during this feature me. series, I'm just listing like all the things that I'm not. Uh, <laughs> that would be me. I really need to stop naming these these episodes. Uh, you need that like sodium. So happy, I neti pot. Why? Yeah, you need a neti pot like every day. My dad does it, and he he's had one cold in three years. I've been neti potting a lot lately. It's really bad when you're so plugged up; it doesn't come out the other side. Yeah, that's why you uh, need the salt stuff. I use the salt stuff. Oh, yeah, that's bad. Yeah. That's then. That's when you're in danger for a sinus infection. Yeah, I have a feeling oh, that's what I have. Hmm. Uh, that's that's awesome. oh, dear. If, if you press your cheeks, do they hurt? No. Okay, you don't have a sinus infection. They're oh, like taut right by the nose? Yet. <laughs> that's no, cheerful. It's in my neck. It's not in my nose. It's all in my neck. I can't okay. help it. I'm a pessimist. I'm a so am I. I'm a realist. And I can hear my echo. 
I know. Echo? That's not good. Well, I can't hear it, so I guess it's okay. Yep. It's not echoing anymore. Is this an A or a B? I don't even remember anymore. This is B. That's I wasn't B. here B. for the first half. Okay. Welcome back to Be Careful. We have added Scott to the call, and we are picking Hey, up- everybody. Hey, Scott. And we are picking up on uh, Chapter 58. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, because I made you guys, um, just five minutes ago, I made you guys uh, go to 57 instead yeah. of where you wanted to stop. Because you didn't want to stop on a cliffy. Although this was kind of a cliffy, too. 57 was a cliffy enough. I don't like stopping where you want to keep... Everyone wants to keep reading. That's fine. So, off we go. So be careful how much you notice. Anybody. Harry and Co. just got their packages and things. And and Harry is really not sure what's going on and would really like to know and yeah, he's confused. And we shift back to Draco at the beginning of this chapter and he is in he is not in a good place. Draco thinks he's dying. Yeah. He also thinks he's been captured by the Dark Lord. I totally I totally for this guy. (laughs) Poor Sue. So Draco thinks he's been caught because he's he blacked out before anything could really happen, and he's not wearing any robes. He's just wearing like standard mogul clothes, and he's like, "Oh well, they must not think that I'm a wizard anymore because I just betrayed the people that think that I'm working for them." And, mm-hmm. and Luna's just kind of lying across him, and he thinks they've just sort of shoved her in there. But there seems to be some other figure as well, and he can't quite work it out. And he's trying to—he's kind of trying to work out where he is because he can smell things. He can't see very much, but there's screaming, which is part of what has him thinking horrible things are going on. Mm-hmm. And he's getting really worried about how Voldemort's going to react when he comes along and does the gentlemancy on him. Because all of this stuff that he now knows is not good to give up. Mm-hmm. But he eventually works himself up enough that he uh, actually says something or moans a little bit at least. And there's a crash. And then he hears his mum, Cecilia, calling his name. And he's much more confused. <laughs> He thinks he's going nuts. I would be too. Mm-hmm. And then there's some lights come on, and he kind of has to cover his eyes, but then he realizes that's a Christmas tree shape, and there is never ever going to be a Christmas tree in Malfoy Manor. So yep. he finally works out where he really is. Yay! Yay! Here. He's home. Asleep in the front room of Beauvoir. Is it also a manor? I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, I think so. Let's see. And apparently he was just left there because they thought he was... Yes. And he 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 just just got left there because they thought he was going to be asleep for hours yet. And yeah. It turns out all the screaming was for a slightly different purpose than torture. 
Still painful, well, but... I love that it was Scott that said that part. <laughs> has a more positive result, shall we say, than torture generally Scott, does. Scott, you're, you're surrounded by females. Let's be careful with this. Apparently, there's another Beauvoir, and it's a girl. Yay! Yep. Danger with I flavor. love Mooney. Now, Jenny, Mooney, Mooney said solemnly. This is called this a is boy. Called a boy. <laughs> They're very dangerous, and I want you to stay away from them. Do you understand? Apparently, her full name is Genevieve Catherine Beauvoir, but everybody calls her Jenny, which is bound to get Jenny, slightly confusing Jenny. when the uh, <laughs> Weasleys come over. But, you know, since they all have similar accents, hopefully they won't mess it up quite so much as <laughs> some of us would. No, but, I mean... It all depends on region, because in the States, I've heard a lot of people say Jenny like Ginny, yes. and some people say mm-hmm. Ginny That's like funny. Jenny. So it all depends on where you live. So, I mean, this is, in my opinion, it, it's bound to make a few cute jokes in the future, but mm-hmm. it's not a wise to call her Jenny. <laughs> yes. Oh, well. They already have two Charlies in the extended group. I guess they figure they can handle it. This is true. Yeah. Maybe she'll get a nickname, sure too. So. Who knows? Yep. All right. So, um... So, uh, yes, Draco Celia... is feeling much better about things in general right now. So, Cecilia is still, <laughs> like, saving him a little bit because he's injured. Mm-hmm. Almost literally. And, and uh, then she decides to do it literally, she, yeah. She, <laughs> She, she kicks money out because she doesn't think that Draco's in condition for being teased and wants to show off his daughter to all his marauder friends. Um, so he leaves and Cecilia is cradling Benny and Draco is, I guess, a little jealous Falling of that. Asleep. Yeah, he's falling asleep. He's looking at her. Um and trying to work out where he's seen something kind of like that before, because it seems familiar. And she has an idea, tells him to lie down, and connects his senses with the babies so that he can look up at her and feel like he's being held in tiny form, because he never actually had that experience. And even if he had, he wouldn't have remembered it. This is so sad. This is uh, on the level of where where fix may tap into my female emotional stuff. This is up there yeah. with Harry Potter never having a teddy bear. This is like this is like that chapter in book four that Melissa's Weasley is holding him in the hospital wing, and he goes, he never he had no recollection of being held like this as though by a mother. You know that part that Ryan says Den- makes Danielle cry every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See that doesn't make me it doesn't make me cry. The, I, I, I mean, th- this is of the Harry Potter never having a teddy bear or a stuffed animal. That makes me cry. Yeah. Like, but, but Harry Potter never being ha- held is, I guess, kind of accepted by everyone who was red canon. That that's, I mean, that wasn't news to me. But Harry Potter mm-hmm. never having a teddy bear, it's like, I never thought about, oh, that's so sad. Well, and this is, you know, Draco is. You would think that Dudley would not care for stuffed animals, so you would think that he would have gotten some sort of hand-me-down from him or something uh-huh. like that. So to think that he didn't have anything, yeah, it is sad. 
And you know, I would Draco imagine and... having the one with all the limbs torn off or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. Freaking yeah, titty. and with Draco, you know, Draco, Draco grew up with parents, and it's not accepted, you know, as just a canon thought that he's never been held before. But it's acceptable. Like if you think about it, then that's acceptable for canon because Draco's got this half spoiled, half abused kind of demeanor, even in canon. Mm-hmm. So, like the the concept that he's never been held in such a comforting way. Is 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 horribly sad, but I think it's not at the same level of Harry never being held. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't take this whole thing that way at all. It's just that he's never had a chance to be held by Cecilia because he didn't grow up with her, and he wouldn't remember having been held that way by Narcissa because he was a baby, and you don't tend to remember that. It was just sort of oh, a warm I- fuzzy moment in general. Oh, I highly doubt Narcissa would have held him. I, I don't, I think mm-hmm. there was beatings, I'm sure, but, but other than that, like, I don't think it's not pure blood. It doesn't seem pure blood to comfort your child. Well, in the last two lines of the section kind of say that. So this is what it's like yeah. to have real parents. He had never pitied his old self more. So even if she may have held him, he has no recollection of any. And it's been proven that babies have a recollection, at least, of things. They they recall trauma. They recall good things. Their bodies imprint it, even if their minds don't remember it. So it seems like he would at least have an inkling if he had been held this way or cuddled this way. I mean, if you think about it in real world terms, I remember feeling safe. I don't remember being held, but I remember always never like feeling in danger of anything. Um, I, I can't imagine not feeling like someone's got your back. Someone's always going to be there to protect you. Someone's, you know, I, I mean, and this was the, and I think this is the world that Anne interprets for Draco that he never felt, he never had the opportunity to feel safe as a little kid or as a baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what he's dreaming about, sort of, as he falls asleep. And then we have a little tiny scene at the end where the Beauvoirs are all doing the Christmas pageant, and Draco gets to read out the words. Mm-hmm. And that's to let him know where it is that he's seen this picture of the woman in the blue mantle holding a baby recently. Mm-hmm. And, and this is. I, I, I kind of love this, this part because, um, as a Christian, though I, you know, try not to bring up my religion with fandom and all that because I know we all believe different things, but it's really hard for me to see Christmas without the religious part because for me, it's such a high holy day with, without some mention, some head nod toward it. It, it feels a little empty. So I, I was like, yeah, go in. I love it. And as she oh, says in her author's notes, uh, this is why she needed the evilness in the last chapter or two, because she had to counterbalance the Christmas fluff. They always have to counterbalance the Christmas fluff. And there always needs to be Christmas fluff. Yeah, now I have the Christmas mirrors stuck in my head and I'm going to go cry. And that's not my <laughs> fault you were listening to that before I got to you. Now, I need, now I'm like... And, and just to contrast, now I'm craving marshmallow fluff. 
<laughs> oh my. Wow. And that put a completely different song in my head because there's a song in which Marshmallow Fluff is a lyric. <laughs> oh, you need fluff, fluff, fluff. You make a fluff for nutter. Marshmallow fluff and lots of peanut butter. <laughs> no, it has it has nothing whatsoever to do with Harry Potter, but it's just fun. So then we move on to chapter fifty nine. Be careful what you read. Boop. And uh, Harry, Ron, and Hermione are reveling over the fact that Dumbledore and Grindelwald were quote unquote friends. Sure, they were. <laughs> well, that's as far as Harry's going with it as yet. Yeah. <laughs> He's a bit shocked, though. He's having uh, his belief system turned upside down. And they talk over that for quite a while. And, you know, they're saying, Harry, you're taking this a little personally. I mean, he was friends with a guy in his youth. It's fine. But, yeah, Harry doesn't really know what to do with any of this. Mm-hmm. And in the course of some of the stuff they're thinking about, he works out that... Luna did this drawing on the letter that he got and how it's connected to the weird thing that Draco said to Ron about his sister being a Slytherin. Uh (laughs) And so now they're a little bit worried about, is this letter thing a trap? Should we go to Hogsmeade? What's going on? And uh, Harry says, oh, it's probably not a trap because I don't think that you know who would have sent Horcrux to us just to lure us off somewhere, <laughs> or let any of the Death Eaters yeah. have access to, to do that. Well, with his consent. Mm-hmm. And they realize that there's a whole bunch of pieces here that don't seem to make sense, but they've been in other situations where nothing seemed to make sense, and it turned out to be completely backwards before. So mm-hmm. he's going to give it a try anyway. And also the fact that the writing beside the picture says Potter told you so, and it's a male's writing. So I, I kind of love this. Ron Scott, you think it's Malfoy? Yeah, and Pansy Parkinson dates muggles. <laughs> <laughs> well, depending on which like, version of Pansy you're talking about. <laughs> really? Touché. And which version? Yeah, it, it really, it, it really does, yeah. <laughs> It's another one of those instances where Ron's jokes come true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, you mean big Ron's canon for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, remember, I remember reading one of those that whenever Ron, Ron makes a joke, it ends up being true. Happen, it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, um, I, I, like, I like when authors use that sparingly. I think it's a little overused because in book three, everything that Ron says in divination class comes true. Right. Mm-hmm. So. But not really, it, like, to a certain extent. None of them were ever trampled by a herd of rampaging hippogriffs, for example. No, but but I some mean, of the things they meant, oh, the, uh, you're going to suffer, but you'll be really happy about it. That yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like there are also little things like, like you know, just during that first session, not like subsequent sessions, or doing homework outside. But during that first session, if you read the scene again, everything that Ron says comes true in that book. And, I need to go you know, back and read it. it. So, 
Well, I, I totally recommend it. Book three is my favorite. And it took me a while to realize, like, wait a minute, that came true, that came true, that came true. So, I mean, Ron is kind of used as this, this is completely ridiculous, this will never happen. And then it happens. So I like when people, Ron he does that with other things, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, basically, I, Ron I, could get employment as, an, as a hor- horoscope writer? Yes. Pretty much. Prophecies you hear in the Department of Mysteries predicted, so to speak, the date of Book Seven, which I found rather interesting. <laughs> yeah, people can work things around to um, refer to anything if they work hard enough. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So true. I I definitely like this little nod to what we know about the other universe, and yeah, I look forward to the the look on Ron's face when he finds out that all this stuff that he says it was completely impossible is actually true. Mm-hmm. There's at least one other time when that has happened that I can't think of at the moment. I think in earlier chapters when somebody was coming up with some wildly unlikely thing and it's true in the other universe. And that, anyhow, we switch scenes slightly. Yeah, usually it's them. Yep. So we switch scenes slightly and Hermione Beauvoir has got some enchanted glasses that let her remote control the TVP <laughs> so she can see what they're doing. <laughs> and they're having a big debate else? about... Yeah, yeah. You people yeah. and your acronyms. They're having a big debate about whether to go after the Deathly Hallows or not. And they're distracted by Ron noticing, hey, there's stuff printed on the packing paper. And they go through it, and apparently <laughs> Harry Potter from Beauvoirverse had Dudley print out the evil overlord list so it could get packed oh, in yes. the parcel. I, love I that highly list. recommend this list. <laughs> Can we put <laughs> Anne has a great deal of trouble with, a great deal of fun with the list every now and then. In this chapter, they're specifically referencing number 34, which is to say, I will not turn into a snake. It never helps. <laughs> and he didn't precisely. I don't think Voldemort ever actually turns into a snake, except in some fanfic, but he's pretty snaky. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, he, I, think, I think the joke is that he looks like a sna- snake because he has no nose. Mm-hmm. There was snake venom in his cauldron potion, so he's got some snake-like features. But yeah, yeah. that means he so put a horcrux in Nagini, or made well, a horcrux out of Nagini, whatever he did, so I think... Yeah, it's kind of a combination of the whole, you know, he's a parcel tongue, he has a horcrux in Nagini, and he looks like a snake. So, I will never become, uh, I will never, I will not turn into a snake, it never helps, is referencing, I think, book four, when he looks like he turned into a snake. Mm-hmm. And I love One the more. following line, which is a nod to um, a joke in, I think, the, it's more in the western half of the United States, but the, the Roadkill Cafe is the place where you, you kill it, we grill it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Harry answers his lighter phone with Potter's Broom Spear Cafe. And uh, Hermione tells him he's being disgusting, but yeah, well, he's perfectly to, okay with that. You have to that. say that you kill it, we grill it part of that. To get it yeah. disgusting. Oh, well, Cat already did. So. Yeah, but I thought you were going to put it all together. 
That's what my mother. That's what my mother said when um, we have actually we have the soda can cozy for the Roadkill Cafe, and it has the pricing list of gunk and you know. And then I was like, "That's disgusting!" And my dad got a big kick out of it, so of course we bought it. <laughs> yeah, I got my brother Roadkill spices for his birthday. Fabulous. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, she gives him another straight line because she says. Please tell me you didn't ask Dudley to print out the evil overlord lists and have Pansy Owl in here for that box. And he. You want me to lie to you? On Christmas Day, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And that takes us on to chapter 60. Be careful what which... you accept. Boop. And Luna's kind now of. Now we have a nod to year three. We do. What? We have a nod That's to year Pansy's three. That's line from P.O.A. Oh, yeah. Is it wrong that I heard it in Pansy's voice from the movie? No. <laughs> I didn't know she actually said it in the movie. She says it in the movie. Okay. Yeah. But yes, he thinks of that, too. Cause she asks him if it hurts much, this being his hand having been burned off. And he uh, sort of wangles to have some luck transferring happen. But in the middle of that, he thinks of Pansy having said it to him however many years ago and bursts out laughing. Luna's slightly offended, but he explains. They rather enjoy that. I did, I did like then, that, at least in this version of events, Draco admits that he was having everybody on. He was, you know, he was faking the hurt. Oh yeah, yeah. I've, well, I've seen things where it's just like, oh, it was a legitimate, it was a legitimate hurt. I'm like, if Harry Potter isn't complaining after nearly being killed as an 11 year old, Draco Malfoy nearly having his arm ripped off is not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Especially given some of the things they get up to in Quidditch and all that. Mm-hmm. And then Cecilia shows up after being mentioned in their conversation. And she's got presents for Draco. Yay, presents! Yay, presents! (laughs) Presents are always good. But she does want to know what they were talking about. And he's curious whether she's done something to his emotions because he figures he really ought to be feeling pretty upset about having his hand burned off and he hasn't been paying much attention to it. And it turns out, yeah, she basically put a muffle on him about that sort of thing because he was in such severe condition at the time. So she arranges to take it off while she's there with him and he basically breaks down for a bit. A muffle might have prevented Caps Like Harry in book five. That's true. You could have used that. Yeah, but he's But then we would have missed out on all that angst. That's the wrong kind of angst. Yeah, but he needed it. It's like it's like cholesterol. There's good stuff and there's bad stuff. <laughs> I don't think I would have... Uh, no, he ne- even though I didn't like it, he needed to be doing that. Otherwise, we would have been... Would have been... No. He needed to do that I mean, at some I point would, during the series. It, no, but I wouldn't have minded it at Grimmauld Place. It would just... I, I mean, it, it was weird, first of all, that he reacted like that. It, it went on for way too long, and it was weird that he reacted like that to Cedric Diggory, who he barely knew. And, you know, his godfather was like, oh, you know, he, he would have wanted me to, like, live and move on. And, like, what? Like, <laughs> you spent half a book crying over something like, that you barely knew. It's the first person he saw get killed in front of him. 
And he saw him get killed. And I think Voldemort was sort of in there too, manipulating things and so forth. Possibly. I don't, I don't, I just, it, Kevlar Carry bugs me. It's basically, the, we, we could have used a buffer. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he does manage to sort of work through things as they go. And she points out to him the upside to all this is that he no longer has a dark mark. And all the dark magic in his system had been concentrated on that point. So he's no longer connected to Voldemort. And what's more is he's no longer like a magnet for the Dementors. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is always... Yay! (laughs) And they have a moment where he he says, or thinks to himself, Snape must have taught her sarcasm because she sounds like him. And then he thinks... That's just weird. (laughs) But then he gets his actual physical presence, one of which is a strange block of wood, apparently. Mm. And then it turns out it's actually beginnings of a prosthetic. Right. Which is, I think is a really interesting idea because obviously they can do some sort of prosthetic things. And apparently in this world, they've advanced a lot further than Mad-Eye Moody and his wooden claw thing. Well, and in this world, the the muggle world and the magical world are a lot more intertwined, so it seems kind of natural that, because we have prosthetics that can do pretty much everything but move, and some of them can um, to some extent. It it seems natural that we'd have this progression in the magical world. Well, I've always wondered if you can regrow bones like they did to Harry in book Lockhart was book two. Two. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, then why can't you regrow or at least do better prosthetics? I mean, can't you have like, I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, something that's more like what they've got in Lovers? I mean, I, I've never figured that out. I mean, if you've got spells and potions to regrow bones, you, you should be able to do something more substantial, I think. That's true. But- I- I think it depends on I've always figured. Okay, let's go first. Oops. Go ahead. Scott, you can go first. I've always figured that what happens is the only prosthetic we've seen is Mad Eye Moody, and his he probably got some decades earlier, for one thing, so they could have easily advanced further since that time. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was kind of a battlefield medicine thing, like here he is, he's lost yeah. his entire leg and it's off somewhere and they can't just take it and reattach it and he just needs something right now so here, we'll uh, carve you a, a claw, you can have that and he figures it looks cool so he keeps it or, or whatever, you know. <laughs> I would have figured he would have had it just because it. The, the way I, it's something akin to the way Muggle or our, our medicine works. People don't know everything about the human body. There are a lot of things about nerves and tendons that people don't know. And mm-hmm. I would be will I, I would I would buy them not being able to regrow tendons and nerve endings and stuff and, and what is an arm without nerve endings? Um bones are one thing because bones are fairly uniform, but tendons and nerves are so interwoven and so tiny that as far as science goes, there's no way to track them in a uniform way. 
they're kind of each unique to each person's body. And to mm-hmm. regrow all that is a lot more complex. And I can, I can, I could find, you know, them not being able to do something that complex. Mm-hmm. And I'm imagining, kind of going along with this, I guess, that if you were going to regrow a whole leg, it would take you some time. And Moody's not the type to want to be off on the sidelines for a month while he gets his leg working again. He just wants to go back out there. So, but this is quite interesting in and of itself. It's a kind of magical tree that will imprint on you. And they've also, for most people, it's more like an ordinary prosthetic. You have something that looks like your hand, but you'd have to work out how to use it and you won't feel anything from it, which Mm -hmm. seems more realistic to me that they would they wouldn't be able to just make it work right off. The only reason that Draco has it slightly differently is because he has a healer who's working directly with him the entire time, trying to kind of coax his nerves and nerve endings to respond again. And mm-hmm. it'll take him longer because of that. But fortunately, like- it means he can go back again and not immediately get caught because, hey, I was playing in my room and my arm fell off whatever. <laughs> First of all, this reminded me of Luke's hand from Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And secondly, I love the little uh, dropped-in joke. Do I have a dirty mind? If Yes, thought so. I apparently don't have a dirty mind because I did not get that at all any of the times I've read it. <laughs> but that's okay. I have a very dirty mind. Stay close. We know. okay. <laughs> At least some of us haven't been corrupted. Metal sense nice to know. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep Scott here because the rest of us have been completely corrupted by each other at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to decide how corrupt I am. You're not. You're not. You're not at all, sweetie. <laughs> good, good. Just checking. <laughs> I'm just quiet. This, this, this is this is one of the things. Did you laugh at the joke? This one, no. Okay, then you do not have a dirty mind. <laughs> Scarlet, challenge accepted. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no challenges. No, no challenges. Mooney? Mooney, Mooney, don't, yeah. don't corrupt her. I won't, That's I won't. That's Sue's job, not yours. <laughs> Great. No, Sue, Sue right. tries to break Scarlet. Sue doesn't try to dirty her mind. Sue doesn't have very, a very dirty mind. I guess the only people on this podcast who have a dirty mind are me and Mooney. Good, I'm on the side of the light. I'm so happy. So I'm on the dark side? Oh, well, we have cookies. Don't underestimate the power of the dark side. Yeah, we've got cookies. Anyhow, they then move on to Draco's second Christmas present. And Cecilia has made Draco her lawful heir. She's formally adopting him into her family. Blood magic and, and that make it makes a lot of sense to me. I've seen it in a number of fics since Order of Phoenix came out, and it does make sense that the reason Blood Quills exist is for signing contracts like this. And it's not actually a torture instrument. Umbridge is just twisted. I have to well, interrupt that. and say that there are were yeah. two really cool Umbridges at the Halloween party on Monday. Were there? There were. Of what sort? Wow. Well, the one lady, they were both dressed in pink. The one had the really bright pink on, and she had a shawl and a skirt. 
And she had a white cat oh that she was petting the whole time. It was oh, hysterical. that's creepy. And she was with Dobby, and Dobby was hysterical. He actually he had a tea cozy hat and ears yeah. attached to it, and then he was wearing okay. basically a pillowcase. And he had two different colored socks on and two different colored shoes on. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. All of the little ones right. I, I saw dressed up were all Gryffindors. It was sad. Well, this was at the Harry and the Potters concert, and these were all adults. I, I have nice. to ask you, Sue. Yes. Um, did you give my message to Joe and Paul? No. I barely talked to Joe and Paul. Oh, I'm sad. They saw Lena, mm-hmm. and they talked to Lena. I said, hi, I'm Sue. And he said, yeah, I remember you from last year. And that's about all I got. Did you... Did they did they point out that it was their parents' birthday or death day? Yes. Oh yeah. Did you see that that was trending on Halloween? No, yeah. Is it that article? Yeah. Yes, yes, so, so, um, on Twitter, R.I.P. James and Lily Potter was trending, and some prep, some preppies got like like why are people like you know warning fictional characters? I'm like shut up. I'm not entirely sure how you have a moment of silence on Twitter, but. I guess it works. It's. I mean, it, nobody. It's. Took it's I, I think it was just kind of let's remember, you know, through fandom, like those who have come before us, and blah 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 blah. And uh, the hipsters, we don't bother them except for like twice a year. Leave us alone. <laughs> and now that the movies are done and the books don't come out anymore, we really don't bother them except for twice a year. So just Halloween is our day. Yeah, leave it there. Like that—that's. Yeah, yeah, I got to wear we my outfit. We didn't have any Harry one. Potter people come to our door, unfortunately. Uh-huh. That's too bad. Nobody. There nobody were a few witnesses, but they were other kinds. Yeah, I, I saw Luna in her baby dress as an owl. It was adorable. Oh. And there were lots of little Hermione's. Like little did, Hermione's. Did you like, ask her? Mm-hmm. She's. Did she? You ask her if she read any of this fanfiction? I assume she did because I screamed, "Oh my god, it's Luna!" And I turned around and said, "Oh hi," because I was in my schoolroom in the classroom. And you know, I told Lassie about the the little the little girls. My aunt, my cousin, and I walked around the neighborhood to go look at things because there are lots of cool decorations around the house. And I went to this one house because they had this huge, huge dog. It was apparently a cross between a mastiff and a retriever or something. And I walked up and I said, I just want to look at your dog. I'm not here to get any candy. And the kids who were in the back of the house came came out screaming, it's Harry Potter! <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a moment. Not quite, but yes. It's the universe where Harry was sort of into a slither and it is also female. <laughs> I don't know. I'm it's sure there are that. <laughs> Oh, there are plenty yeah. of universes like that. That's like a thing. And then female Harry, Although have a I'm not sure male Draco, and then it's... Yeah. I, I, am, I am telling you the only reason why people make Harry a female is to hook him up with Draco. Oh, yeah. We had Draco, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, I've really? seen a few other ones. It doesn't fit. Where were we? We're moving to Chapter 61. We're just we're at the beginning of Chapter 61. What you said. Can I read something from the end of 60 yes. real quick? Sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. Hold on. As he's, it's going to be real quick. So as Drake is signing, he's thinking, anything worth doing hurts. And making myself a place in this world is most definitely worth doing. And we move to chapter 61, in which the first thing that happens is Abby popping up saying, so what's it like? And he's like, like? "Uh, 
Have you ever heard of Subtle tack? Man. Yeah, is that one is of those, that one weird of those things, things with manners that I don't have? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And then she just so goes, what is it like? What's it like? Weird, basically. And they have some banter, basically, back and forth. And Luna gets in on the act. They're very brother sister. Yes, they are. Far far more than Ray and Abby are, which is interesting to me because Ray grew up with Abby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I guess Ray has Nini. Luna has come up to inform them that a certain prank of Draco's has finally been triggered. <laughs> so they head on downstairs to see what's going on. And at first it doesn't look like much, except that Ray and Mooney are standing there circling each other being weird. But then the opposite voices come out of their mouths. <laughs> a little and freaky Friday going on here? I know, I love love this. I know what it ought to sound like, and that isn't it. You've got nothing to complain about, said Ray, glaring at himself, slash his father. You weren't the one kissing mom when we switched over. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, he'd personally like to get back to that, because apparently that's what Draco set as the trigger, just to be even more evil. Mm-hmm. And we shift back to Harry's point of view, and he is still worrying over this thing about where is Luna and who is she with and how did all this stuff show up just when we needed it, it and it's really weird. Yeah. If this wasn't Harry that we were talking about, it'd, it'd be a little stalkerish. <laughs> just a little. <laughs> Tiny bit. Well, it's not like he's just randomly wondering where's Luna and who she with. It's because she's been kidnapped and all of that. Well, yeah, but it's just like, well, I wonder where, you know, who is who is this person who, you know, Luna obviously trusts and it's obviously kind of comfortable around. You never really cared about her before this book. It's just a little creepy. <laughs> yeah. And we get to learn that the drawings had a bit of a place as well as just being something Luna liked to do, because as soon as Xenophilius saw one of those, he knew she really is safe and feels very safe with these people, because otherwise she wouldn't be drawing. And that mm-hmm. prevents Xenophilius from calling the Death Eaters to try and get back yeah. his daughter. Mm-hmm. And he just Yay. heads off hiding. Ron gives him a little please, please. slip of paper for the password <laughs> to get in. I love this. <laughs> Me too. Me too. What in the world did you write? Hermione asked as they watched Xenophilius down the lane to make sure he didn't fall. The date and time I first walked in on Mom and Dad. Ron coughed his ears running. Yes, well, Harry snickered and Hermione covered a smile. I love that because it's so completely plausible. Like, they have seven kids. This is not, like, a strange concept. (laughs) There's only so much space in the world. And they can't spend it all be knowing. These things happen. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. I will refrain from uh, mentioning someone that it happens to a lot. <laughs> she will know who I'm talking about if she is listening. <laughs> yes. And I will refrain from voicing my thought process that takes this a little further. I also like um, a little bit earlier after they were talking to Zeno about things, Hermione was having her moment where she said, you know, it, it is Luna. Feeling safe and being safe aren't necessarily the same thing. 
because uh, <laughs> it's a very Hermione thing with Luna. Yeah. I feel like Hermione and Luna just kind of tolerate each other, and Luna and Nini just are much more friends, mm-hmm. which I kind yeah, of like that tell difference. Nini's had a little more time and incentive for loosening up about things, and whereas well, the first Nini's time also... Hermione met Luna, they were kind of at odds about the weird things Luna was talking about. Yeah. Nini's also grown up with siblings and, and tons of people around her, while kind of been revealed that Hermione grew up alone, and she didn't really have any friends before Hogwarts, so for 11 years, she was she only had to deal with her personality and dealing with personalities that are a little more out there is harder for her. Yeah. You're reminding me of one of those emails that occasionally goes around. I, it was probably in a list or something, but one of the little quips in something was, uh, I like living by myself. All my annoying habits disappear. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that actually really isn't true. I will say, I will say after living by myself for two full years, that isn't true at all. You annoy yourself. You start to annoy yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, the fact that, like, when I was, what was I doing? Oh, sorting my books. It took me half an hour to decide how I wanted to sort them. And then I had to Mm -hmm. sit there and sort them. I'm like, I am too type A. This is driving me mad. And I'm way too type B, and I'm a slob, and, like, there's, there's clothes and garbage and books and all sorts of stuff on the floor right now and it drives me nuts because I want a clean room but I'm very type B and like oh I'll do it later uh-huh. I think I'm somewhere the in the procrastinators club will meet next week yeah. maybe <laughs> I should start procrastinating maybe, maybe tomorrow <laughs> Wait, I'm somewhere I, I in between my book but I like mean when I'm, you're, you go your faults don't stick out nearly as much until you start living by yourself and then oh, yeah. they're strongly evident and it's just like, why would anyone want to live with me? I'm really annoying. No. Scarlet? Yes, what? Do you want to go? Right. Um, I was just saying on the topic of type A, type B, when it comes to my books and my music, I'm horribly type A. But as I look around the room that my roommate and I share, um, <laughs> organized might not be the appropriate word. But Gecko <laughs> is telling me chaos. And I'm not sure I disagree with her. <laughs> yeah. It's very special being type B. And that's all I'll say. Except I'm not type B is the thing. Well, yeah. But, it, I mean, if if you're considering books and things, yeah, my books and things are, aren't, like, all over the floor. They're on bookshelves. But, I mean, and they're organized, kind of. But I, I really are organized. Type, Okay, then you're more type A than I am. I just ran out of space to be that type A for my books. They're just kind of stacked everywhere. Alright, so they leave the Lovegood house abandoned. Back to our story. Harry's kind of contemplating the safeness of the Lovegoods, and he's still obsessing over who's with Luna. Because of course it can't be it can't be Draco Malfoy, but it almost has to be Draco Malfoy. But that doesn't make sense. I'm so confused. Yeah. <laughs> and you can just imagine like the little cogs in his head like working, and then something catches it, and like a little head like just blows up. And did we talk about him hearing Luna's voice in his head? <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, that's the next bit. Yeah, that's the next he's bit. He's thinking 
about Luna in general and what she said to him in the letter and how he'll have to accept that he's wrong and well he's not going to accept that um, people are in danger when they could be safe and um, her voice says he's doing you already have you've let Ron and Hermione come with you maybe there'll be somebody else you won't want to stop having come with you maybe you should come to Hogsmeade and find out yeah Harry is back on his saving people kick and it's at this point very annoying Hermione's almost 19 at this point. She's almost a year older than you let her be. (laughs) They're a sound mind and body. They know what they're doing. It's not like even if they went off to the Orkneys or somewhere, they wouldn't still be on Voldemort's hit list. Ron left, and he came back because he chased Harry and Hermione down because he wanted to do this. So it's just like, Mm -hmm. Harry, I want to hit you in the head with a frying pan and just knock you out and finish this bit myself. (laughs) Get creature to do it. He's good at it. This is true. Mm. Or maybe yeah, I was Aunt going Petunia. to say Petunia, but she missed. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's because Harry ducks. That's true. I just have to whack him over tangle. the head for entirely different reasons. Oh yes. Scarlet Street. I just have Rapunzel. All I can think of is Rapunzel with her frying pan, mm-hmm. cutting a whole swath <laughs> through the living world, walking up to Voldemort, going meek for half. <laughs> no, first she went whack him with the frying pan and go meet and hide behind someone very, 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 very large, preferably Hagrid. Personally, I was thinking of <laughs> Sam Gamgee, but Rapunzel works too. Yeah, that too. What if they both attacked him at the same what time? Just give the army of house elves frying pans. <laughs> That'll be fine. <laughs> Can you knees. imagine? Can you imagine? I don't know if you guys ever saw reboot the old animated series about these characters oh, yeah. inside. Um, so one of the bad guys had this, this niblet and this niblet eventually came with other niblets and then it created like a Godzilla type monster. And I can just imagine like stacked house elves and this huge like thing and then just like wax Voldemort over the head with a frying pan. <laughs> and he dies and that's how and, you know, a household kill Voldemort. Weren't they in canon running yeah. around with frying pans? I can't remember what they did what in about? canon. I have to reread that bit. Hold on, let me go look. They were they had I know they had rolling pins. No, they had cleavers. Uh, rolling pins are good too. Ooh, cleavers. Mm-hmm. I swear they did. All sorts of kitchen implements it. are good improvised weapons. Very true. Okay, oh, so the Hogwarts formed into the entrance hall. Screaming and waving carving knives and cleavers, and at their head, oh, the locket of Regulus Black bouncing on his chest was Creature. Yeah, cleavers and carving knives. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. Is there a thick... Where are we? We're <laughs> in the middle, or the last third of Chapter 61. We have seven left to go. And Starwing is talking to Luna. I went to the bathroom um, and came back, and you guys hadn't gone anywhere from there? Good gravy. You mean we're supposed to be doing something here, right? We didn't, we didn't, no, we, I, I, I honestly thought that we didn't move without you here to comment. I thought we were being kind, or else I would have moved on. If you wanted me to be rude, then I could be rude, but I, <laughs> according to this podcast, I'm not a cold, heartless bitch, so. Uh, sure. Luna, however, is apparently naughty. They like that. I thought you were going to say Luna apparently is. And I was like, no, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's worse. She's naughty. I don't even want to know. Because they've worked out that if, if, um, if Harry's the one activating the TVP so that it's following the Harry in canon world, right. and she 
grabs onto Harry's hand, things that she says to him are Harry could hear. Right. And they don't quite know how that works, but apparently it does. It might have to do with the fact that he was already thinking about her, and it might have to do with it being Luna, because she can kind of see some of the things that he's thinking when he's thinking aloud. Um, I don't know if it would, if anybody else would be able to I jump think, in on the thought that way. I think this is something that Anna's done before in the one shot off of, I think it's dealing with danger when Harry gets the fever in canon and that's why oh, yeah, he's yeah, muttering yeah, the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I think there's something to every person in the alternate universe, their, their counterpart in canon or another verse or, or whatever in and thought process of the world they're connected by their soul or or what have you whatever you want to call that that thing that makes you fundamentally you without any nurture or it's your your natural being um i think in Anne's verse or whatever you want to call it they're those two are connected so she's kind of playing with this again this concept of the two people can connect to each other because they think Along the same lines and, and various other things. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is it would probably work for uh, direct counterparts to talk to each other that way. But right. to have a third party come in, Luna's the most likely one for it to work. Because if um, if Ron or somebody came along and tried to talk to the other world, Harry, they would just have to start saying whatever they wanted and it wouldn't necessarily flow into what Harry happened to be thinking at that point because they wouldn't know. Right. You know, that kind of right. thing. Right. I don't think I don't think Draco could do this because Draco, you know, Harry isn't really very open to Draco's advice, I guess. Um mm-hmm. but I, I think Ron or Hermione or Hermione might work because they're his best friend and he listens to them. I, I think it depends mm-hmm. on who who's talking to him, but I I think the this is this was the way that she was thinking about it. Yeah. And then we also, we kind of have a little bit of a flashback here because the people in Beauvoirverse are wondering if you were able to go in and grab the cup, why didn't you take the diadem as well and send it along and do everything at once? And apparently Snape has the troll tapestry watching out for anybody doing weird things with the room of requirement and when it came and waved its club at him he immediately ran down there and tripped over things and created a loud noise so that uh, Draco and Luna could hide and um, they didn't they didn't have a chance to take the diadem because Snape has now memorized where everything was when he went in there just now right. and, yeah. it's the diadem the diadem yep, yep. Yeah, it, I'm still entertained by that. <laughs> had he had they taken it when he came back, he would have known that that was what was missing. So yeah, to leave it. Yeah, the, couldn't he have done Griffio and done what Hermione did with the locket and made a copy? I suppose, but yeah, but so so I was confused by this because the cup was in the come and go room in canon, but the wasn't the diamond. Was? No, it wasn't. No, the diadem was on no, top I mean, of the the statue that he put the his book under. The cup was in right. the vault. I'm getting very confused on where the Horcruxes are. <laughs> but he put the cup he, in the cup and go room when he went. Back yeah, to keep I, it I, safe. I think part of this is the movie messed me up. 
Based on what? placement. What? The movie was in the vault? It was in the vault in the movie? No, yeah. it, it was. It's just they, they took a very different route of figuring that out. This Draco uh, has just, already taken the cup from the vault, and then he left it in yeah, the room of hiding. Yeah, like, I'm going idea. like, what yeah. have they found? Like, I, I'm forgetting what they found and what they haven't found yet, and, and you know, keeping keeping score of, like, what they've destroyed already. Just like, what? Huh? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Trust Anne. I get lost, right? She won't steer you wrong. <laughs> I do trust Anne. Okay. Mainly mm-hmm. because I've read what the, I might have this done, story before. Um, um, it works well enough as it is, but if I was desperate to um, get one over on Snape at that point, I would have taken 15 different completely random things. And <laughs> there's not just one thing that's gone, and Snape wouldn't be able to necessarily figure out what it was you were after. That's true. I think but, um, being sneaky. I, ap- I appreciated this just because I think if they destroyed all the Horcruxes, then it would seem too easy. Um, mm-hmm. With Harry has the, to have something to do. Harry, 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 and and Ron and Hermione have to do something during the final battle. They can't just sit around and wait for Harry to kill Voldemort. Like it, it just that that's way too simple. Like they they've got to work a little bit at, in the last chapters of the book <laughs> or story or whatever. One shot, and they've done that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's interesting, but it's kind of like, well, you there, there's something to you want the hero of the story to be doing work, yeah, and struggling with it. Um, yeah. It's just fun and, to do sometimes, but it doesn't work as well as a as a long story. Yeah, yeah. and it's definitely it's it, it's interesting, you know, Draco going through this conflict of, you know, I need to get this stuff done, but I can't be too obvious about it. So, mm-hmm. some things are going to be missed, and, and Harry's going to have to do some things, which I enjoy. Yeah. Just because Draco has these extra things that he can do because of going back and forth between universes doesn't mean that he's infallible and is going to get everything right and do it all perfectly. Because he's still Draco Malfoy, even if he's working for a different ends. Right. And it's not like he has the books or anything and can go, okay, I know where these seven things are, I'll just take them right now. And Yeah, he has to work out how to go around things in the other universe and all of that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Yeah. Yep. I do like the one line. Uh, Ginny says, so, you're going to have to wait until Snape isn't suspicious anymore to get the diadem. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Snape, I, I, you know, I love that just because they're not aware of the fact that Snape was suspicious from day one of Harry just because his father did suspicious things. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is not a man who is not suspicious ever. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, now I'm envisioning something where Voldemort comes up with his army and starts marching on Hogwarts, and Harry just sort of pops up out of a foxhole in the Forbidden Forest at some point and says, oh, by the way, we've got all your Horcruxes. Bye now. (laughs) (laughs) I think that would be like the one thing that would turn Voldemort (laughs) peace. It's such a pretty color on him. 
<laughs> you mean that's a different color, color than he is normally? Puce? He's green. Yeah, I would say that Voldemort is not Puce. No, Puce is like reddish. Purplish pink. Purple. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, like Brindor's like, mad. <laughs> <laughs> it's the whole other that's side it. of the color wheel from Voldemort. That's, that's actually, you know, where I first discovered the word Puce was reading the first book of Harry Potter. What's Puce? And then I looked it up, I was like, oh, that's very interesting. I've known it for years because it was used in the um, Santa Claus, the movie with, that was made in the 80s. It's not the Tim Allen ones. It's a completely different thing. Um, John Lithgow's the villain in it and apparently likes the color Puce. Um, yeah. He <laughs> would. That's just a I mean, I, I, idea. I've known I've known oh. what Puce was since I was I started reading Harry Potter when I was ten, so it's not like I was you know eighteen when I discovered what Puce was. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it 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 definitely was like what's Puce, and then I looked I looked it up in like the dictionary because this was before the the you know the days of Google. Mhm. It's like me and, and Chartreuse. I had to work out what that was. It's a fun color. Yeah, that one, that one was another one that I was like, what's chartreuse? Okay. I don't remember what's that, that again. color. Like, uh, I just had chartreuse the wrong color associated with Puce. Completely yeah. green. mid-yellow green. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's it's the color of the school zone signs, if you guys have the same school zone signs that we do, but Blue, I don't know. Yeah. Yellow. yellow. Oh. I'll put neon yellow. here. There you go. Ish. How does she come up with these things so fast? It just I don't even know how to spell that. Church um, is like thick guys, of... thick. Mom, oh, I don't want to co- cover the thick. I'd much rather Google app- stuff. My dictionary, because we're we're you know operating without Google time. <laughs> so there's uh-huh. apple green. Okay. We're way off course. The chapter we're going to is be careful how much you learn. And we're learning all sorts of <laughs> colors and things. <laughs> <laughs> and we and, shift and to Neville's point of view. And boys and girls who are still in, and boys and school, girls who are still in school, there's never a limit on how much you can learn. No. Mm-mm. I don't know why. Be careful you learn. You can just keep learning. Learning is good. We like learning. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Ron Weebly has written to Ginny all about their his spattergroit slash their travels. And mm-hmm. um they're kind of Ron's talking openly. Yeah, and they're 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 kind of talking openly with Mrs. Weebly about this and I'm just like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever like this is totally, you know, plausible that this would happen. But this is the dumbest scene I've ever seen and be careful. Like, why are you talking about this in the train? They scene? have no subtlety. Yeah. What I sort of figured out oh, as a rationale for this is that um, it would be a different brother that they would say was writing to them who isn't there because uh, Ron is at the borough and Mrs. Weasley would know all about him because he's having spattergrites. So it'd be Charlie or someone who's written to him about his friends. You know? But I... But there's, yeah, I, I see also, what you mean. Well, it's kind of like there's also who he sent it by. Wink, wink. It's like you put up this big, you know, sign that says Xenophilius Lovegood is at the borough. That Peter's well, not they completely didn't stupid. That until they brought the train, but yeah. 
even so, like, you know, Death Eater kids can overhear them. Mm-hmm. They, they're they're they not are being not wise about information. Particularly. <laughs> they would not get very many points for Slytherin on the sorting quiz. No. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> and we shift to Draco, who is playing with his galleon again, except it's a different one, and it also happens to be agility training for his prosthetic, which is all sorts of handy. <laughs> and um, It's Luna's DA <laughs> coin, and yes. he's going to drop it where people can see it. Specific people, yeah. How do they know what you heard? Well, because, um, so, you know, Draco bumps and quote-unquote, uh, we, we flash back to Draco talking with Nini, and his mm-hmm. Luna about this. And they're they're talking about how, you know, how, what where's Luna gonna go? And apparently Fred and George have spells that you know there's going you know that will make her appear like she's there, but she won't be there. And instead, she's going to be staying in the alternate universe and not transferring with Draco. No, 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 like, I mean... has, like, but but look, let me. So then we transfer. So we've ex- we've established that Luna is not. You know, in canon universe, um, right? And after and after that, Draco bumps into Ginny and Neville on purpose, drops it right in front of Ginny, and Ginny, who has you know had a lot of time to look at these coins, knows what the DA coins look like, and right. knows you know by looking at it that it, this isn't a normal galleon. And then you look closer at it, and it's oh, this is a DA galleon. And who, you know, who has Draco Malfoy been near who has the age? True, so it's not so much, it's not so much that they, like, customize it or something. No, it's, 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 she knows that he's been near Luna Lovegood. Right, right, okay. Um, And, of course, so she goes white because God knows what he's done to her. Um, Mm -hmm. Nothing, nothing at all. <laughs> well, I mean, to her conclusion, nothing she didn't want God him knows. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah but mean, mm-hmm. uh, and she's but yes, Ginny so is so. definitely worried and furious, and is, assumes he must have stolen it from her. And it's, it's horrible, Draco Malfoy doing horrible things, and uh, yeah, she's a little worked up. And Draco's. Dr- but, uh, I, I, again, Draco is not this reformed golden boy. He likes messing with people. He does. And he has a lot of so, fun. So he's really enjoying the fact that, that Ginny Weasley thinks that he's doing all these horrible things to Luna Lovegood when, you know, that could be further from the truth. He just likes making her turn funny colors, like Luna said. Mm-hmm. This Draco would go very well with, with people. He would. Scott, then, uh, Mooney, because I didn't hear the end of that, Scott. I said, this Draco will get on very well with the twins. Yes. Mm. Because they have Mm -hmm. uh, styles that way. They like making Oh, goodness, could you, could you imagine Draco and the twins? The Weasley twins, Lee Jordan, and Draco Malfoy are the new marauders. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) There you go. Oh, goodness. Of course, they're kind of in different years, so it would have to work out a little differently, but, you know. Yeah, but, I mean, it was definitely a nice touch of, of reminding us that 
Draco Malfoy isn't necessarily a nice guy. Like he's he's very he likes you know messing with people, but that doesn't mean that his intentions aren't fun. Messing with people is fun, and you know, but that everyone has established that since they see him messing with people, they think he's still evil. Mm-hmm. I, I love mm-hmm. that because it, it's it's it seems kind of like a stupid thing that you know people would notice that he's being more fair at, with his wording and he's not saying mudblood anymore. Um, mm-hmm. But in reality, yeah, you you see someone acting a certain way in one area, you assume that they're the same, you know, throughout their life. They haven't changed. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's being very ironic with it, like he's treating them all with the highest of pure blood society sort of thing. So whenever he's mm-hmm. nice to them, he's being sarcastic, and yes. you know and, he's uh, very good at uh, pretending to be himself. <laughs> and and you know he's he's using his ironic sarcasm to um to warn them, you know what to do and what not to do. Why yeah. don't we make it through your first day back without a detention? Even Potter usually could manage that much. And then Ginny's completely missing that point. Like, don't, you know, don't insult Harry. He's going to be back soon. And mm. then there's and the young, like, oh, yes, the... you'll defeat the Dark Lord. There will be much rejoicing and you'll all live happily ever after. Oh, except for me, because I'm on the wrong side. Right. <laughs> and I love the Monty Python drop-in that no one notices. Yes. And there was much rejoicing. <laughs> As and Neville says kind of- just a bit later in the chapter, you know, it is good advice to do things that Snape will have to deal with because he doesn't particularly care to see us bleed, which the Caros do. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, there's also there, there's the unspoken fact that Snape is on their side. So they he's going to do that. things like give them detention with Hagrid. He's not going to be mm-hmm. like, okay, we're going to torture you. Yeah. So they they probably still aren't sure that Snape is on their side, but they definitely know that he's a better one to cross than the Caros are, and so they decide more, to break into his office again. Yes, because second time is a charm. No. So Ginny's Ginny's furious with Draco Malfoy and saying that he's messing with everybody, and which is technically true, he is messing with everybody's lives. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. Just not in the way they think he is. Yeah, it's this whole Draco Malfoy is very good at subterfuge, and it it seems evident that at least in fandom it's been accepted that none of the Weasleys are very good at subterfuge. <laughs> it go it goes over their heads. Except for maybe Percy. The twins are the best, and they don't follow through. They're very sneaky when setting things up, but they're not so good at getting out of taking credit. <laughs> I don't I don't think they they really care they've been in a situation that they care about not getting I mean look at um the the wireless during the seventh book they were never caught and it was very clear that they set that up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so they so can be subtle think, when they want to be they just don't care most of the time yeah they they you know school was for fun and it was a time to figure out what they wanted to do with their lives and and they became very successful businessmen without getting Hogwarts degrees and they didn't really need to be subtle but with war they need you need to be subtle so yeah it's, it's the Weasley twins are the best at being subtle and right. and sneaky they're the most southern 
And Ron and Ginny are on the entirely opposite ends of that spectrum, and they're the most Gryffindor. Mm -hmm. Self-control? What? (laughs) (laughs) Emotional range of a Fortunately, Neville is around, and he can kind of corral her a little bit. And so we move on to be careful what pieces you see in Chapter 63. Boop! And we're still in, in canon-verse, and Draco is contemplating how McGonagall has kept it together from not murdering Caros and Snape, because, you know, she's seen a lot of horrible things, and he's concluding that she she hasn't put everything together yet, so he, he's, he's, he's looking at her like a stereotypical Gryffindor. Personally, McGonagall, on I the other think, hand, is very good at self-control. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I personally, I mean, what do you guys think? Do you think McGonagall knew at all about Snape? Or I, I don't mean, think any of them had any idea. Uh, no, I don't think she knew. I Not don't by the think way she, she reacted. Sure. She yeah. would have known that, you know, there's the Alb- Albus trusted him thing. So there would have been a little yeah. bit of leeway there. But she doesn't actually know anything about him. Because right. it was all between him and Dumbledore. They never really let much... Go as well, that's what Snape said. Yeah. Snape said, Snape don't was. tell anybody. Right. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I mean, even, like, in the first chapters of, in the first few, you know, scenes of what's been going on at Hogwarts and Deathly Hallows, it was evident to me that Snape was not evil. Like, he was he was not on the mm-hmm. side of Voldemort. Um, mm-hmm. Just because, based on how he was treating students. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's I feel like if you're teaching with, if you've taught for, with someone for, you know, 20 some years and you were their teacher for, you know, a decade before that, and, mm-hmm. you know, now you're, you're watching their every move because you suspect that because they killed your really good friend, you know, mm-hmm. wouldn't you pick up on the subtleties that Snape might not be what you think he is? Yeah. True. I think because probably I mean, McGonagall did know more than the students give her credit for, but from their point of view, right. um, Snape is just being the mean old teacher as usual. And, right. you know, it's, it's the same kind so, of thing you were talking about with Draco. They don't expect any better of Snape. Right. What, what I was saying is Draco is, is sitting here thinking, like, well, why doesn't, you know, I, I'm amazed that McGonagall hasn't killed Snape yet. And it's just like, well, I think she'd know that something was up. I, you know, well, that Based if on, she killed Snape, the Carols would be in charge, and that would be worse. Mm-hmm. That's true. But I, I think my my I I will hold to the theory that she probably didn't know that he was a double agent, but I think she knew some that there was something going on that was she didn't fully know about, and she couldn't mm-hmm. act on anything at that point, so she was just gonna let it ride until she could act on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she's smarter than a lot of people in fandom give her credit for, and I just wanted to voice that. She is. She's a very intelligent witch. She's smarter than your average bear. (laughs) (laughs) So, speaking of Snape, um, Snape has caught on to the whole Luna Draco thing. Not the real Luna Draco thing, but the what he wants people to see Luna Draco thing. So he's (laughs) going to the Slytherin dormitories to confront him about it. And Draco's kind of not really taking him seriously and annoying him. And so he takes him to an unused guest room, and Draco is smiling at it, and he and so Snape's very annoyed that he's smiling before he uh 
kind of rims them out for what's going on with Luna. And mm-hmm. then it turns out... And apparently does legitimacy also. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I love how he looks at him and just goes, I want, I will have the truth from you about my love good. He said, noticing from some satisfaction that Flash of Fear, which comes straight to his face, is a mention of the name. And I want, and I will have it now. Just having somebody like Snake say stuff like that, I'm just like, I hope I'm never in that position because that would scare me to death. Yeah. Well, and it, yeah. it's so subtle. I mean, a flash of fear can be, mean so many different things. To Draco, it's, mm-hmm. oh, God, what if he find, finds out that I'm not actually evil and then my cover's blown and that's a horrible reality. And Snape, it's, oh, God, what if he knows that, you know, I'm basically raping her and <laughs> I get, what if I get in trouble? <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so Draco writes this darky letter to Cecilia, <laughs> which is fun. Don't be too surprised if your special friend seems a bit stressed tonight. He tried to get the truth out of, about Luna out of me yesterday. I fobbed him off with the abbreviated, the abbreviated presentation of what I did on my holidays, and now he's sure at least one of us is mad. You don't have to tell me it wasn't nice. I know that already, but it was very funny. What else was I supposed to do? Ah, Draco. And I like the PPS of, can you send me a couple audio recording cells? Luna has an idea. And I think it sounds like fun. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it turns out that the guest room that Snape was questioning him in is the exact same room that Cecilia and Draco stayed. It's their first night at um, the AU Hogwarts. And that is why Draco was laughing. Yeah, he was amused by the room. Mm -hmm. And then we switched to Severus so drinking nice. lots of alcohol. Yes. <laughs> I would too. There. He's trying to decide whether to fill the glass again because things are just weird. <laughs> well, he's, try- he's trying to determine if he's drunk enough to dream because he doesn't want to dream. Mm-hmm. Um, he thinks he'll have and nightmares. He, he removes the memories and so we get to see them, which I loved because I really wanted to know what Draco told him. <laughs> And, you know... He apparently sees Abby singing All I Want for Christmas is You, which is, yeah, (laughs) pretty much guaranteed to make Snape think he's nuts. And then he's he's watching a concert, and he's sitting next to Sybil Trelawney, and he sees (laughs) Tina Evans and Vernon Dursley there. (laughs) He's like, okay... would never happen. <laughs> of course, this is a shout-out to something else. Yes, but it's a shout-out to something else. <laughs> and those of us who know find it very funny. I didn't quite get that. I, mean, I think it's was wondering the other way. the Jane Austen things or something, because I know they were in that together, but I don't know. No. Oh, well. This scene is an homage to where Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson played a married couple in Love Actually. And he also gets to see the New Year's party, which apparently Lord Elbus set up as a swimming party. So the entire Great Hall was underwater. With Gillywigs. That would be fun. I would not want to go to that party. Why? No swimming. Because mm. I have a phobia of drowning. And oh. uh, but with I, Gillywigs, I really, you could breathe in the water. I wouldn't care. I would be panicking uh, about what you know what happens when the gilly wave runs out mm. i don't believe the story in one part where it says that mischief is optional at that party considering the invitation list mischief is not optional <laughs> mischief will happen well i mean it's, it's inevitable. Of, I, I, what, the, the way i'm guessing is 
the adult. I'm joking. Not- I'm joking. Yes, I know. I'm just giving you a hard time by being very literal. Yes, and it's so. <laughs> then um, can we ask him if we can have a pool party? What? So then we go to the astronomy tower, and Draco is wondering what it is because he's never seen one before, and it's you know. She's like, it's called a piñata. If we break it open, yes, sir, it goes now. And it's it's shaped like a goat. So I'm guessing that so um, Aberforth really did drop a goat it. from the tower. And it explodes and rings Tandy. In what universe will her, would Hermione Granger be explaining to Draco Malfoy about piñatas and sound really happy to be doing it? This is weird. And he, <laughs> he notes that there are two Luna Lovegoods in attendance. <laughs> <laughs> and he assumes that it's because Draco has broken Luna Lovegood's mind, and this is how he's dealing with it. Oh, and yeah. then she has MPs. Wow! They multiple they personality perform- disorder wizard style. <laughs> they provide. They performed Peter Pan um, as a pantomime for their Christmas pantomime thing. Well, this it is a shout out to Hermione with Peter Pan. That is. Yeah. And Draco was never never be flying around a stage. <laughs> Didn't they do that in Canon DV? What? I don't know. I can't Peter remember. Pan? They did Peter Pan? No, they didn't do Peter Pan. No, for like just as little kids. Oh, um, what did they do? Yes, I um, yes, yes, they do. They weren't flying around the stage. It was the but... stairs. It was the stairs and, yeah. and Harry was, okay, okay. Because, um, Neville was Captain Hook, I remember. I don't know. They didn't know Neville back then because they were little, little kids. There were several moments where they were play acting for various scenes from plays. Yeah. Um, I know Neville got his nickname from um, The Sound of Music. Because he was playing something on the piano. He plays the guitar. He plays the, the guitar, guitar that's why. Why did I say piano? <laughs> because they all play piano. <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyway, so so Snape is like this makes no sense whatsoever, and least of all the fact that there is a giant Christmas tree on the main floor of Malfoy Manor. Yes. <laughs> and he he kind of restores the memories to his mind and kind of hopes and you know kind of admits that he wants to hope that he's gonna go see Cecilia, and then he doesn't see Albus. Um, something out of frame. I'm leaving. And then we go to Draco, who is preparing for something. I guess we should say that's the thing that's had Snape the most disconcerted about all these weird things that would never happen is that somehow his dream girl that he's just dreamed up is in Draco Malfoy's memories. Yes. He has no idea how that worked and he's going to, um, have a reckoning with him for doing that to him. And, yeah. And I'm quote, but I don't know that quote. Uh, there, there will be a reckoning, he promised himself in a low tone. When he dares snoop even within my dreams, when he dares taunt me with her, with her face in that setting, yes, there will be a reckoning for him. <laughs> it's just like, oh, Snape. There's so much you're not getting. No, I know. I kind of feel like, you know how when they were first covering TV for this podcast, they had this hierarchy yeah. of, like, people who are smart and people who are not smart at all? Yeah. Snape is, I'm sorry, but Snape is at the bottom in this one. Like, come on, dude. Put it together. Well, 
it's not exactly something you're going to work out. And just it's it's not the first thing you think of as a possibility. I know, but this guy's smart. We should put the clues together. There's a whole bunch of memories that make no sense. Aha, obviously Draco's traveling to another universe. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, okay, so there's this mystery girl who I really like, who visits me every night and, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then Draco Malfoy is starting to change for the better, in my opinion. And because I'm on the side of the light, that's very odd because he has no positive influences in, in his life. Mm-hmm. And he's disappearing and- every night. And, they don't you know, know that. He doesn't know that. Yeah, they do. Snape doesn't know that he's disappearing every night. Well, they 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 pass it off as he ran away to Hogwarts, but they never fi- figured out how he got out of the wards. He's yeah, apparently that, but that's that not was every one time. Night. That was one time. But but yeah. I, I mean it it, 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 it it's kind of like I hate to bring up my my schooling in this, but if you have a, a small piece of evidence that does not prove that somebody was at a scene, but it makes it likely that that person was at a scene. And if you keep piling on evidence to make it probable that that per- that, that specific person was at that specific scene, right. the more likely you are to have get a conviction. Because while there's no direct evidence pointing Snape to Draco's going to another universe where this you know woman of my dreams exists, there's a lot of evidence that makes it probable. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Snape, being the scholarly man that he is, knows that alternate universes at least exist. Case I don't think point. he thinks that, though. He doesn't. He doesn't think that about her. He Which thinks is, she's no, a dream. But but this is why I'm saying that he's on the bottom rung of the ladder because if they're not, you know, there's there's so much evidence to this is you know this storyline is what's happening. And everyone else is looking off in the opposite direction. Even Snape, who is the most studied guy in Hogwarts at this point, who has Dumbledore looking over his shoulder and not making comment to any of this, he's staying silent through all the all of this, which has to be a sign that something's up. Because Dumbledore hardly ever keeps his opinion to himself, even as a painting. And it it's just enough evidence is here that it feels like if Snape were more on it, he would be putting this together and saying something's wrong. Something's wrong. Houston, we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. Exactly. It does feel like, it's felt like in all the cases that all of them should be able to work out they aren't dreaming sooner than they do, but it's because we have all the information and they don't, and it's not something that they're prepared to admit to themselves, that maybe this is real, I didn't just make it up. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that, you know... According to my PDF, we are 500 pages in to a 900-page fic. And Snape has been living with this dream one for years. She appears in Draco's memories. She, you know, like, there are various other things that you can't forge. Snape should be able to put this together at this point. I'm not saying earlier on in the fic. I'm saying at this point, Snape should be able to, to say, this is not a, you know, there's something hinky going on with Draco Malfoy. And I should look closer at him okay. to figure out what's going on with Draco Malfoy. I should not be thinking, well, he must be raping Luna Lovegood because he's got her in his bedroom. Did see That's what he wants her to think, though. Yeah. yeah I mean, she looked like she'd been attacked the way she was laughing. Yeah, I mean, it's, I expect more of him. Okay. Um, so anyway, so 
Um, Draco Malfoy is, he needs a box for some reason and he borrows the beanies, um, because, um, the, uh, wizard, Weasley Wizarding Weezes Love Potion number 10, which of course makes me play the song in my head. Love Potion number 9. So, um. It's because the Weasley boxes will return to sender, so he's using that to get something to the twins. Right. He kind of vaguely, this is another dumb moment in Be Careful History. Uh, he kind of wonders what, you know, Zabini is doing with Love Potion number 10. And he's like, oh, well, it's not my business. And it's like, dangerous, dangerous. (laughs) We could, we could not make this more evident if we put it, if we dressed up in a pink furry boa. Oh, lovely. He puts everything into the box, sends it off, sends off his cover letter to his mother, which was his reason for being in the Owlery at all. And then a house elf shows up. Apparently, he's wanted in the headmaster's office. And he wants to know, oh, what does Snape now? Actually, it's not Snape who wants to talk to him, apparently. It's Dumbledore! Dumbledore. And and then the bit about Draco being surprised that house elves apparate in Hogwarts sort of threw me off. Because yeah, I mean, part of me was like, to, "You had a house elf. You, you know, you should, you should go house elf, By the way, what? It was this he particular. The, he had, he had Dobby. Yeah, he had yeah. Specific mm-hmm. house elf. But, but I mean, the Malfoy Manor wards aren't going to be the same as the Hogwarts wards, which have been there well, for a thousand years. Well, true. So. There's, there's also the fact that there's also the fact that house elves aren't supposed to be seen. That's true. Um, in this fic, they're seen a little more than than normal, but they're they're you know barely. It it's not with with you know beyond the realm of possibility that pureblood's would be surprised that house elves could operate, because they're usually tending to rooms when nobody else is in them. I suppose. Maybe I'm just too used to canon. I think you're used to canon. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 dangerverse and every other fic that you know house elves are are on the forefront. Um, because of spew, flesh, heat. <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. So, whatever you want. I prefer heat to spew. Yes. Um, but, Is so. It <laughs> heat, heat too. So it's how okay. elves are too. Um, so, uh, I can just imagine, um, anyway, back to the fic. I can just imagine Draco's like, well, you know, if, if Snape doesn't want to see me, then who who does want to see me? It is I, so the voice from the wall. And I can just imagine Draco, Draco just turning around and it's like jaw dropping when he sees <laughs> Dumbledore like walking in the frame. <laughs> oh, look, the guy that I was supposed to kill. Oops. Um, hi. <laughs> Awkwardness. What do we have to discuss? And then all the pieces kind of fall together just a little bit. And he says, hey, this was your fault. Dumbledore's like, hmm? Boop. So, so, so Dumbledore wants the true story. And Draco's not sure he wants to say it. Well, I, <laughs> did he want the true story or did he want him to tell the entire story? Well, the entire because story. Because I took it as Dumbledore wanted to know what was going on with Draco because Snape's been muttering in his office a lot recently. So Draco kind of figures out that Dumbledore has orchestrated all this. And he's kind of like, did, did what did I do? You know, I want you to tell me. 
And I love this exchange between the two of them. I love this exchange too. It is revealed that Dumbledore did not intend for any of this to happen. You did Um, this. Did not Dumbledore ask mildly? Draco glittered the portrait. Don't play stupid. I assure you, I'm not playing. Dumbledore stopped frowning. Excuse me. I don't think that's quite what I meant to say. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not just playing stupid. I really am stupid. (laughs) So it's revealed that um, Dumbledore's magic after being poisoned was so much in flux that... He had no idea if it would work. He he didn't know if it would work, and it turns out that instead of sending him dreams, he sent him to this other place in reality. And it was supposed to be a place, a good thought anchor during hard times. Neverland! It's, it was supposed to be Neverland that they woke up, he would wake up every morning. And it, I, I kind of love this, that this is reminding of how much he, he's changed in the last, like, six months, basically. That he used to be a spoiled brat named Draco Malfoy. And he was, he was loud and angry and, and I guess, really messed up. Dumbledore saved him. And so he kind of calms down and starts to tell him the story. Although I have to say, now I'm imagining uh, Draco from that point trying to go head-to-head with Peter Pan. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not even sure how that would turn out, but it would be interesting. (laughs) That, That would be very interesting. Anyhow, complete tangent. Uh... So, and, and Dumbledore reveals to us, as well as Draco, that Severus Snape was, has been, has had the spell cast on him as it was intended. That Snape dreams, but they're just dreams. And he doesn't, he at no point will realize that it's real. And, and Draco says, some dreams are more real than others, and takes his arm off, and Dumbledore's jaw hits the floor. <laughs> that was a good moment, too. It, it's not. It's not easy to to startle Dumbledore. No. He probably enjoyed and, it once he got over that. Yeah. He's really um, looking forward to Ron and Harry's reaction when they get to actually see it too. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and there, I do actually have a, a question for Anne. When you know, and and that is, is there like a fake dark mark on Draco's prosthetic? I've been wondering about that because I can I can so see you know Draco with Harry and Ron like just you know standing there with his his prosthetic arm on and he rolls up his sleeve and the dark marks there and everyone's like oh and then he just like takes it off and everyone's like oh <laughs> <laughs> like a tattoo yeah or oh, there's always the hey need a hand. So Draco reveals that it's actually a real world that they they travel bodily, and And Cecilia is a real person. Yep, and you know Dumbledore's a little shocked by this, but like, oh, I did not realize that this lady is actually real and reachable. (laughs) Very much so. A very good thing that he practiced telling this whole story to Luna because Dumbledore stops him all the time to ask questions, and. Even then, he's not asking all of them. Mm-hmm. And he has a great time with who teaches de- advanced defense, which, yeah. Hey, I, I, I'm sure that's one of the things on my list, but I would really, I would love to be a fly on the wall when, when Ken and Harry Potter finds out that 
Tom Riddle is, is teaching advanced defense. <laughs> <laughs> I love the conversation about Snape. Though. He's like, I think we could get along fine, just as long as no one expects me to call him dad. <laughs> I don't think he'd like it if you did. No. Yeah, that would be awkward. He'd probably get hexed. So Dumbledore wants Draco to walk by the lake. Sue, 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 say Dumbledore again. Dumbledore? (laughs) I'm so glad I'm entertaining to you. I'm sorry, you sound like Neville. Neville from the Ministry, yes. I know. (laughs) Fortunately, Sue's nose is not broken. Yes, my nose is at least not broken. I'm sorry, Sue. Maybe that would be better. No, that would have hurt. That he wants Luna to come visit him too, because he has questions and and a a request. Yeah, Draco's really suspicious, but he says Dumbledore says it'll only take ten minutes, and she won't leave your sight. So they kind of agree to to do that. Getting protective. Oh, we don't Walking by a lake, a habit, so people aren't. People aren't suspicious when he goes to do that at some point, mm-hmm. but right. Dumbledore being Dumbledore, he doesn't tell him why. <laughs> yep. So the recording spells have come to Draco and, excuse me, Luna, Fred and George, uh, Canon Fred and George and Remus and Tonks and Lee Jordan are all in this little tiny house, and they have received this package from a mysterious source. Yes. Um, and they're, you know, the package says it's, it's from Luna. But they're kind of dubious because they know where Luna is. And so they're kind of debating over, you know, should we play it? Should we not? And Lee's like, let's just see what it says. And, and we can decide from there. Um, and, and this is what Draco was putting in the box. Um, and upstairs, Tonks is curling up with a big Teddy. bunch of papers that, that, were in the box as well, and she hasn't shown them to Remus yet because it is entitled "On the Ethical and Permanent Controlling of a Lyan- Lycanthropic Transformation." Right. So, which would make Remus panic? Yeah, yeah. he would. <laughs> he he really would. Um, so she's trying to you know work this out in secret. Um, it would be a good anniversary present once the war's over. Mm-hmm. Um, so we shift to, to the Gryffindor common room. And we actually get to hear what this is that they've been sent. Yep. Because Potter Watch is broadcasting and they have a new segment. Yes. From, from Radiance. And Radiance is, you know, and, and Rapier, who is apparently one of the twins. Froden and Rapier are twins. And it's, that's the lovely Radiance to you. <laughs> I'm sorry, indeed. Here then, from the lovely Radiance, is our newest segment Tips for Evil Overlords. Yes, and then we have our tips. And everybody's looking at each other like, what? (laughs) So, hello and welcome to Tips for Evil Overlords, said a silvery voice to the new very well indeed. I am the lovely Radiance, and I will be your host today. The following are five things every evil overlord should know. Giving your followers distinctive tattoos or brands, especially in an obvious area of the body, allows them to be easily spotted. Making your followers wear full-face masks means that they can't betray each other, but it also means you can be infiltrated. Treating any significant section of the populace like dirt means they will, that they will eventually rise up and overwhelm you. Try a little kindness. He does try going- that. He learns how to hug. <laughs> 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 
And it's very traumatizing. So, <laughs> that was only in the movie. We're ignoring that. Um, if you're going to find a hidden object where, where is, where, which is one, uh, which is your one weakness in a secret cave, make sure to kill everyone who can find the cave yourself. And finally, and finally, never attempt to consume any energy level larger than your head. <laughs> yep. And this is, of course, making everyone laugh. And of course, the comment that I thought of, of I don't know, Voldemort's head is pretty big at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Bite <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that's what I wanted to achieve. So everyone's laughing hysterically at this because it's it's, funny. It's, it's hilarious, and she's mocking you know Voldemort, which not too many people are doing at this stage. Um, <laughs> and apparently, they left in a whole length of silence for people to do that with. Yes. Uh-huh. Before Luna comes in again and says, "I would like to take this opportunity to tell my friends that I am truly all right." And then they can send messages worth their weight in gold without being afraid. No one is watching who who would hurt any of them, which is kind of an totally interesting hint. Well, it's totally true, but it's kind of an interesting hint because Ginny knows that Draco Malfoy has her coin. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of this, like, are you, is she imperious to say that? Has he brewed her a love for This is just probably messing with her mind completely. Like, <laughs> Draco Malfoy has her coin. And Luna's saying he's not a bad guy. But everything I know about Draco Malfoy means that he's a bad guy. guy. Mm -hmm. And yet, if if Luna was under the Imperius curse from a Death Eater or a Junior Death Eater, none of the previous list would have gotten said. It's a muggle list. And we move on to Chapter 65. Boop! Yep. Yep. They've taken heart and... They're going to break into Snape's office sometime that month. <laughs> again. Again. Yes, again. Going for something a bit smaller this time. So this time it's now we're in a Hogsmeade weekend. And I love this chapter and the next one. Yeah. And the one after that. They know that Snape's taken the sword away from the office and hidden it somewhere. And so Ginny's decided that since it's a Hogsmeade weekend, this is a good time to go to the office and try to steal something else. Because she has a plan. I have a feeling it's a really good plan. Unfortunately, it may not work as well as she thinks. So mm-hmm. she's getting ready to go. She walks down with Neville to the entrance hall and they shake hands. And I love this p- thought process that Ginny has. It's very Gryffindor-esque. Uh, I don't know how much trouble I'll get, I'll get in, but I can guess. Lots and lots and lots. But I'm a Weasley and a Gryffindor. What else do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> so... I wonder which is the um, the primary criteria there. If you're a Weasley and not a Gryffindor, do you still get in lots of trouble? Or... Yeah. yeah. Well, probably can you be a Weasley and not a Gryffindor. Yeah. I swear, she, she, Percy should have been a Slytherin. He should have. That's true. So she would have made a good down. one, actually. Jenny goes down to meet Neville in the entrance hall, and they kind of shake hands and say good luck to both of you and have a good day. Because Ginny's not going to Hogsmeade, and Neville is, and they notice that there are several faces in Slytherin that are not there. And mm-hmm. Malfoy and the Yearmates apparently are spending the day in Hogwarts, though not and Greengrass are going off and having a good time. And Bow chicka wow wow. Bow chicka wow wow. So, well, her little sister's there, so it can't be that much Bow chicka wow wow. 
Um, <laughs> Ginny's kind of, I really miss Harry. And where is he? And all I can think of is Melinda's fix. Harry. I'm just like, really? Really? <laughs> um, so then Ginny's lost in her thoughts. And she's not really paying attention to who's behind her or anything. And Zabini hangs up on her. Ginny, you are you are a sixteen year old girl, and you are alone in a Death Eater ridden castle. How dumb are you? Things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd think living with the twins, she'd be used to people sneaking up on her, but uh, yeah. So Zabini stupefies. Why didn't she just hex him? Because she's an idiot. Apparently. She'd get detention and so forth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> getting detention Better than the alternative. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Harry, Ron, and Hermione <laughs> are very stupidly coming to Hogsmeade under the invisibility cloak, because that's smart. So. Well, they do it in canon. Yeah, but that's at the end of the book when they're, they're trying to get caught. This is they're trying to get away with it. So they attack several Slytherins and um, use some of the polyjuice and get changed and everything. And then Harry kind of tucks away the invisibility cloak and, and uh, they walk toward Pogsmaid because they have to meet Neville. And then we switch to Neville's point of view because we just can't stop switching point of view here. So Neville and Hannah and Seamus are, and Partav, I can't talk tonight. Padma. Neville and Hannah, Hannah and Seamus and Parvati and Padma are all having this conversation. And it seems to me, I don't know if you, about you guys, but it seems to me like Hannah and Neville are going out at this point. Or at least that he likes her. Yeah. And, and that she likes him. Mm-hmm. Which I have to say, yay! Because that's so anti what happened in mm-hmm. the Deathly Idiot movie. Tell um, Luna I love her! <laughs> I love Luna too, but Luna and Neville will never make a good match. No. So, he's... So, He's in the, and uh, a voice comes up behind him and says, hello, Longbottom. And then there's another girl that's giggling. And he's surrounded by greenness. (laughs) (laughs) And green grass. (laughs) And he doesn't quite know what's going on, but uh, they pretty much not. And Daphne pull their wands on him and says, you need to come see the boss. Got that? And and Neville's like, what if I say no? And. And, Daffy uh, goes, I'll do, do what I did in, in first year, and this time it won't win you the house cup, which is <laughs> Neville stared for an instant, then held up his red hand, stopping Seamus in the middle of casting his first spell. I'll fight you, he said to Slytherin, making a fist where he could see it from his left. Daffy sighed, Neville, I'm really, really sorry about this. <laughs> yep, you don't have to do that. I'll come with you. Oh, and man. Off they Daphne, go. you shouldn't have said it like that. No Stallone would be sorry. <laughs> but it Just was a confirmation. Code. It was a code. I know, I know. It was a fabulous code. I know, I know, but still very unslytherin. Oh, well, you know they're not going to be very slytherin Yeah, I know. God, if, if movie Bella Hermione was any indication. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and then I love that he turns around and says, Take me to your leader. Because, <laughs> of course, we yeah. know who the leader is. Right. And that's and, just fabulous. And then we have poor Ginny waking up in the darkness, and her head hurts, and her wrists are tied behind her. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Sh- Before we get to that, though, 
Yes. The part where they say they're not going to hurt him, and Daphne says, "House honor on it." From you, I trust that. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, yep, yep. yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. <laughs> She's like, "I'm going to kill you, Blaze Zabidi." Mm-hmm. And he's no, I don't think so. And I love her in this. She is so funny. So she, he says that you know you're not going to kill me not after you see you have a sip of what's in here. She's like, what makes you think I'm going to drink anything you give me? And he says, well, you won't have a choice. You'll be under Imperius. Isn't it nice that your own brothers have sold the love potion that gave me the base for this charming little concoction? And she's thinking to herself, oh, dear, I am in trouble. <laughs> How do I get out of this? Yep. Ginny, Ginny is in the top rungs of, of intelligence in my book, even though she was well, very foolish for not looking where she was going. She thinks she, well on her feet. Yeah, she's a lot like Harry. She thinks well on her feet. And and then there's, of course, the, uh, me, try this. Surely you're joking. Of course I'm joking. And don't call me Shirley. Yeah, again. <laughs> but she didn't actually say it because he wouldn't get that. No. <coughs> and it would probably uh, make him angry. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. But she's been managing to work herself casually across the bed um, and... Get her hands on, I think it's Crab's wand, isn't it? Yeah, because because the Weasley twins taught her how to pick pockets when she was seven, which I can so totally see Fred and George teaching not any of their other brothers uh, how to do this, but only Ginny. Yeah, you know, Blaze is such a god, a big magnet, if you will, that no girl has ever said no to him except Ginny. Alexander, mm-hmm. that is my water you're drinking. <laughs> Out of my cup. Little devil. Oh, that was awesome. My coffee cup. He's going to get my cold. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, oh she's the only one that's ever said goodbye, no to him, and he can't goodbye. He can't stand So... I, this is just a stereotypical American movie. No, I know. There, there, there's the really super jock guy that, that you know, doesn't really play a specific chord, but he's the super jock. He's just a pretty boy. Well, you know, he's, he's the popular guy at school. Like, he's... he's I, I, I feel like Blaze would be the popular guy if not for Malfoy. So, this this year, Malfoy's kind of taking the back seat. So, he's like, oh, this is awesome. I get to be the popular one for once. But he's that guy that every girl would love to have a mask out, but when he's not dating you, you hate his guts. So he's just like w- way too suave for his own good. Um, yeah, so he will pay for this. Mm-hmm. He will. So we, we switch scenes to Daf- quote unquote Daphne and not. Never and- Ow! <laughs> you are forgetting who you are. <laughs> Theodore not would not even know that song, let alone sing it. <laughs> Yeah. Not rubbed his arm and said, Daphne, you forgot rule 98. He said, if you keep being mean to me, we're going to get killed. You know you know who hasn't read this, that stupid list. How do you know? <laughs> yeah. Neville's just like shaking his head. For the curious, um, I don't have it directly in front of me, but rule 98 is basically if a strange couple comes into my kingdom and they're um, happy and joyful together, I will ignore them. If they constantly argue and fight, I will immediately have them killed because they're 
I'm obviously going to get together and cause some problem to my um, evil overlordness. Yeah. So Neville is glad that Hermione stopped Ron from singing the song because he's in denial over Hannah. And Neville kind of sits down on his cloak, which is waterproofed, and Ron and Hermione's disguises fade away. And he kind of watched that, watched them interact a little bit. And suddenly a silvery yes. fabric drops between him and the rest of the world. And it's Harry. <laughs> While they're having a snowball fight. Neville and Harry have a chat. They yep. do. And Neville mainly wants to know, is it time? Because they're all being tortured. And they really want the war to be over. Yeah. And Harry's like, not yet. We, we've made a lot of progress, but we're not there yet. Luna sent us. And Neville's, Luna, you've heard from her? What, what's going on? Yeah, indirectly. And we've heard from her indirectly. And she says that this map would be really helpful to you. And he borrows and, the wand, and he activates the map, and teaches Neville how to use it. I solemnly yep. swear I am up to no good. And, and he starts showing it, and uh, he sees Ginny. Yeah, they, yeah. they get to the dungeons, and there's Ginny Weasley surrounded by Blaze Levine, Gregory Goyle, and Vincent Crabbe. And then we switch to Ginny's perspective, and it it ex- kind of explains that what Harry's saying is that. She's gotten the better hand on him. Well, not uh, quite. Over, over she's them. almost quite. there. She's almost there. Because um, she's saying, oh, no, you, you're not going to test that on me without trying on somebody else. She's, Crab she's, and Goyle, they should try it first because, you know, that's such so a good. It smells so good. It must be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. She's, she's playing kind of into his, his hand. Like, he... he he wants someone super submissive, but he wants her to be super submissive. Right. Um, Ginny submissive? Huh. Not and happen. Well, I mean... Uh, but she's playing it. it. it yeah. She's playing it because, you know, you, you underestimate when people start to give in. And, um, and she tricks Zabini into getting Crab and Goyle to drink, drink the potion. Yeah, well, she doesn't really trick Zabini. She tricks and grab it, crab and goil into doing it. Zabini's like, no, no, because he knows what's going to happen. Right. And so, now they're in love. Aww. With him. With And yep. she manages to get loose and she's got the wand. And we have Goyle and Crab fighting over Zabini. I loved him first, stepping the feet like a five-year-old. Well, I love it better. Do not. Do too. You know, here they go. Uh-huh. And she disarms the beanie. I don't know why she doesn't stun him, but um, she disarms the beanie and said, you know, kind of mockingly says, have fun with your new boyfriend. Bye. And, and the beanie does the epic, you know, stereotypical bad guy move of stop her. Uh-huh. I love whichever you who, who can catch her. I swear I will. Yeah, yeah right. So off she runs. And Harry, um, in the meantime, has snatched the map out of Neville's hands, and he's watching what's going on, and he's like, he's, uh-oh. He's going ballistic. And he's and Neville's uh, like, uh-oh. Yeah, Neville, he's going to go up there, out. and Neville says, you can't. So they decide to send a little house off the magic her way. Well, so I, I love the, I love this that um, Harry is trying to justify his, his going up there. He's like, 
do you think I should just sit here and let this happen? And points at the map, and Neville's like, um, you're pointing at the kitchens. There's nothing happening. Like, <laughs> Ooh, but wait, I have an ally in the kitchens. So yeah. he sets mm-hmm. off his Patronus. Yeah. I want to see all the creatures in the kitchens again. Because well, it just shows it on the map. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> so, he's looking down at the, wow. the map going, oh, typical, just when there's something interesting happen, it shifts. And they're like, wait a second, I recognize some of those names. And, uh, yep. Yeah. So then... So, uh, so Crab and Go- Goyle, quote-unquote, catches um, Jenny, but really only grabs his own wand. And he's like, now Brightlight will love me! Um, and they're they're fighting over Ginny. Right. Um, <laughs> and Not the two you would think that would, yes. <laughs> Ginny does the smartest thing a girl can ever do when she's surrounded by two guys. She brings her knee up. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Mm. And also, uh, Crab snaps the wand that he thinks is hers, and it's actually Sabini's. Sabini's. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's Crab. I love you so much now. No, it was the beans. It was the beans. Jenny says so. Um, yeah. And he says, uh, just so you know, I'm actually not left handed. And then. Um, and that's a and just, uh, Princess Bride. Right. Yeah. Reference. She managed to buy them. Yep. So. Sabini comes up. Zucchini. Dead Zucchini gets her. <laughs> <laughs> If Hogwarts was vegetable. If you like to talk to tomatoes, if a squash can make you smile. So we've got a loud whip crack and an ex- almost like an explosion, and Zabidi flies backwards. And he's like, was that actual magic? But, uh, but no. It's creature. Creature to the rescue! Yay! Da, da, da. Um, and Neville's confused on who Creature is, and, and Harry explains briefly right. who Creature is. And. Yeah, and he told, he told him to protect Ginny and keep her safe. Yep. But Creature has a mind of his own. He does. And he knows what his master really would want is to have her around. So he brings her out there. Because there's nowhere in Hogwarts that would be safe. So I, I love this, this conversation that Neville and Harry have. Um, don't like seeing your girlfriend getting chased by Slytherins, Neville suggested. Ex-girlfriend, Harry cor- corrected half-heartedly. We broke up. Neville snorted. Yeah, you broke up. Maybe Crab and Goyle believed it, Harry. Nobody else did. <laughs> Harry rubbed his fingers with his right hand along the line of his scar, shutting his eyes again. Was it that obvious? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So... Hmm... You love a girl, and you break up with her right before you have to do battle with the most evil dark wizard in, you know, like a century. Hmm. Yeah, Neville, Neville thanks him for the map and a says... Funeral, no less. Okay, yeah, I no. know. <laughs> Harry has really bad timing. I know. It, yeah, well, here's more timing. He's he's gonna... Neville wants to know how to blank the map again, and, Harry says, mischief managed, but don't do it yet. I want to make sure they're, hey, where'd they go? And we realize that Ginny and Creature have vanished. Yep. Uh-oh. And actually, they're creeping upwards in a tower. Yeah. Yep. We, they're heading up to the head's office. And mm-hmm. she's, 
gonna, you know, take advantage of this little opportunity she's got to break into there. Very good. Mm-hmm. She Part gets day. a hold of something and heads back out. And... Yep. and there's a cracking sound just as they vanish, and Harry's like, hmm, the map hasn't done that before. I hope it's not broken. Or uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, actually, <laughs> he's brought Ginny out there. Yep. Yep. Because yeah, he's been listening to Master Harry talk in his sleep while they mm-hmm. were at the house together. That would just creep me out. Oh, I love that she refers to he refers to her as mistress to be. Uh-huh. <laughs> Smart girl. Indeed. She took advantage of that to do what she was planning to do, but she didn't know he had orders to keep her out of harm's way, and obviously she's not going to be safe anywhere in Hogwarts. So, therefore, they have to leave it all together. Yep. And Ginny takes off. She's running through the back alleys of Hogsmeade and She's, because she thinks Theodore Knott and Daphne Greengrass are after her. Right. Having no idea that they're polyjuiced. Right. And she's, well, they are after her, basically. Mm-hmm. So they want her to stop. She's like, no. So. Stupid house elf. Can this get any worse? And of course. Yes. Here comes the light. Oh, look. It's the Caros. Uh-oh. Uh. Got you this time, girly. Off school's limits or off grounds without permission. Ooh. And she has something. And she has something, Professor. I bet she stole it. And so, not in Greengrass have their wands out behind her, and, you know, Electo's, you know, beaming because she gets to punish people more. And she's, Jenny's noticing that not in Greengrass looks strange because they look worried for her. And she basically just pulls out the the sword of Gryffindor and said, come and get me. Yeah. This is so awesome! (laughs) (laughs) This is the best moment. Just, I mean, that that's such an epic moment of of. I can just, it's kind of like that one of those Mulan moments where like she takes out the sword and spins it around. Like, come on! Mm -hmm. (laughs) What a great idea! We can't steal the sword. We can't find it. Oh, but we can get it from the hat. So let's go steal the sword again. It's a good thing somebody remembered that or figured it out. Right. Well, the only two people who knew were Harry and Ginny. I don't think they really talked That's much true. about what happened down in the chamber. One, because Ginny was embarrassed by it, and two, because Harry tends to downplay his hero moments. Right. Yeah. Well, not to mention traumatic for Ginny. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. And that is a really great moment. I'm almost tempted to end the podcast off, but we do actually have one more chapter if we want yeah. Let's go for the one one more chapter. All because right. again, this is another one of those cliffies where it's just like, but I want to know what happens next. <laughs> <laughs> Boop! So Electo's like, come and get you, dearie? Of course! And draws the wand and... Then gets shot by the other two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to the ground. Well, no. And then Dot and Greengrass look at each other and they're like, uh, how did that happen? And then they stupefy the other Slytherins. Oh, right. It's, My it's poor Ginny housemates. who um, blocks Electo's spell. Yeah. Isn't it um, Draco that stuns Electo? Um, From behind? I think no, has, Draco's oh. not there. Well, Draco's, Is he? Well, Draco... Uh, it's Harry. From the it's other Harry. universe. Uh, it's Isn't Harry. Invisible hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He loves her. Knock it off. <laughs> 
Yeah. Ginny's got a plan that she hopes will work, but it doesn't, she doesn't need to because Harry stuns Electo first and then Nod and Greengrass are sitting there going, uh, and go after the other two, um, right. students, the 60 or Slytherins. And, and so she, you know, she doesn't know who stunned Electo. So she's like, you know, really kind of primed and ready to, you know, fight whoever's in front of her. Yeah. And someone invisible grabs you and you're just yeah. going to go along. Yeah. <laughs> She's going, stay away from me. If you say so, said the voice and the air uh, over the depression rippled, revealing a weird looking Harry Potter. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very shocked that she didn't just kiss him. <laughs> well, would you? I would. You're, let's see, your significant other that you haven't seen. Well, no, she does, and, but she doesn't know. Yeah, but I'd be wary. That's yeah. true. I, I don't think I'd attack him right away. I think I'd make sure it was really him. But he has the invisibility cloak. But, and that's Yeah, nice. but somebody else could have gotten off him. Yeah. True. When they stole him. Stole the hairs and stuff from him. True. Um, so, I love how he quotes her back to prove himself. I love that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, because so, that, that's her first reaction is, this isn't him. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know who you are, but stop pretending you were there. Yeah. And... and this is one of the most romantic paragraphs that I've ever read because I, I'm mm-hmm. not really one for the mushy stuff. I don't really actually love, I don't, I, I'm going to be, I'm going to get such hate mail, but I don't love Love Actually. It's not my, it's not one of my favorite movies. I, it was okay, but it, I mean, it's, it's a little mushy for me, but, mm-hmm. um, this, this paragraph is one that I love. The point of the sword fell in the snow as Jenny leapt forward, throwing her left arm around Harry's neck and pulling his face down toward her own. His arms wrapped around her, his lips found hers, and for a few breathless moments, the world was perfect. Tears tried to form in Ginny's eyes, but she willed them away sternly. Harry hated girls who cried all the time. So, yeah. Aww. <laughs> Aww. And they, it reminds you know, me of Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah, it's very much very, you know, as you wish. Yes. Um. Is it as you wish or as you will? As you wish. It's wish. Yeah. Um. And so Harry explains. And then they have they... their awkward conversations. <laughs> They're he really says, awkward conversations. I've, I've missed you. And he says, so have I. You. I mean, I don't miss me. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a good trick if you did. Yeah. So who do I have to kill? Yep. He has to explain what's, you know, that he's saw the, the map and he knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. And Luna sent him uh-huh. all of that. Yep. And, um... So, uh, Luna, Jenny's now explaining that, you know, her mom cried for an hour and her father laughed, um, the entire day. Um, which I'm really curious to what was in the note exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, from Ron, because, you know, if you cause one parent to cry for an hour and your father to laugh for the entire day, there's something interesting in it, there. It was Ron's telegram from the, a few chapters back. Yeah, yeah, I know, but we didn't know what but, was that. Well, was there more to it, though? Yeah. I could see Molly. Molly's crying because she knows he's safe, and Arthur's laughing because they got caught. I could see it happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so. I got over it. Close call Christmas Eve. All well, making progress. That's the... Uh, and he says, take care. And that's yep. the whole note. Okay. I think I think that's meant to be the entire thing. That's right. the only bit that's put in the fic anyway. But So Hermione doesn't come back with them, and they think she's missing, and they're getting ready to go and search for her when she shows up. 
Mm-hmm. And of course, then she has to prove who she is. Very good, Harry. You learned. Yes. <laughs> and so she's like this, this really rapid succession. You've got a scar on your chest from the locket Horcrux and one on your arm where Nagini bit you on Christmas Eve. And Ron and I figured out how to do this while we were waiting for you to wake up. And as she says that, she turns to Ron and demonstrates this. <laughs> which is a little uh, <clears throat> Hermione and Ron <clears throat> stalking in a tree thing here. I can Except just imagine Ginny's uh, face like they've, they've Ron discovered and each other. Daphne Greengrass. Yeah. Which <laughs> yeah. probably really messes up Ginny's mindset. Uh-huh. Wait, but I, has Ron I turned guess, back already? No, he he still no. hasn't either, so it's Correct. not. Okay. It's not it's yeah. not on Daphne Greengrass. It's it's but, not, so, not it's not Ron, it's not. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it is Teddy Knott. So, so this is one of the few instances where I no, kind of um, there's a fan-in tendency for a lot of the students at Hogwarts to have a bet going for how long it takes for Ron and Hermione to hook up. <laughs> so I, I really wanted that to be called to it. I mean, it, it doesn't exist in this one, but I I enjoy the moments where they kind of follow canon more or less that their relationship doesn't develop till a lot their seventh year. Right. And then, you know, a bunch of people win, win money because <laughs> they all bet that they end up together. But anyway, so uh, she also um, conjures the the uh, tent that they right. had at the Quidditch Cup. And yeah, it was actually there. She just turned off the projection spells. Right. So and then um, she takes up the beaded bag that she had at the wedding. And, and so, like, all these things prove that. She's Hermione Granger. Um, and they fill Ginny in on what's been going on. Uh, and I forgot Harry's other scar- other scars. Um, he has well, he has the one on his one chest in, from the locket, one in the arm from the stake, one in the crook of his elbow from the from the basilisk. Mm-hmm. No, that's and from uh, Wormtail. That's where Wormtail took his blood from. Oh, Wormtail, well, I thought it was yeah. near his shoulder. Oh, okay. There, he has a, he's really scarred up at this point. There's one on the back of his hand from, um, Umbridge. I must not <laughs> mine. So, mm-hmm. he has like five scars at this point. <laughs> Cause I think the, the one from, the one from Wormtail and the one from the, the Basilisk are probably separate scars. Mm-hmm. Are they all on the same arm? <laughs> I would hope not. <laughs> so they side along operate her out. And they're trying to figure out where they're going to go, like if they should take her to the borough or what. And they end up kind of going to an alternate place until they can figure it out. And we uh-huh. change scenes, and Ginny's cooking. And this is like mm-hmm. the first time that anybody's had a decent meal in a while. And they're, you know, they needed her mm-hmm. along the whole time. Somebody that knows mm-hmm. how to cook, this is what we need. Well, Harry should know how to cook. Yeah, but... Yeah, Harry knows how to yeah. cook. I, this is a little bit where Anne kind of goes off the rails. Cause we know it's established that Harry is like a seasoned housewife. Well, because... he knows how to cook bacon and eggs. That's all we know for sure that he knows. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, authors have taken but, certain yeah. liberties. But we've seen him tending a garden. We've seen him cleaning the house. We've seen, I mean... It, 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 Polishing the silver. Like, Polishing the silver. It seems like he knows pretty much everything there is to know about cleaning and cooking. And it's just like, 
But Harry can cook. Why are they living on nothing if Harry can cook? <laughs> but Harry can cook food that's already there. And they don't have food. And that's Jimmy true. is able to kind of go, oh, well, let's see. If we pack the tea kettle with snow, we've got this, and I can make mm-hmm. things up. So And she can conjure sauces and things, which food. Harry never learned. He right. only knows how to cook muggle style. So They don't have a stove in the tent, probably. I don't know. It's a hot plate kind of a thing, I think. So they're exchanging stories, and they decide that Ginny has to go first because Harry and Hermione have the same story, and Ron has already shared his story with them, and she's the only one that, you know, they know nothing about what's going on at Hogwarts. Right. Mm-hmm. So she kind of fills them in on, on what's been going on and um, what's been going on at home with the Fidelius charm and, and Potter Watch and... um. And then, you know, Ginny kind of asks Harry to tell her everything. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. And he wants to say no, but he's realizing that everyone at Hogwarts who is fighting alongside him um, are worse off than he is. Right. Uh, yeah. And he owes it to her. She's not to... going to be safe whether he tells her anything or not. Right. Because she's going to fight. Right. Mm-hmm. And we end with a massive cliffhanger that mm-hmm. she, they she take gets out the cup. the cup because she wants to see it. Yeah. Um, and real she kinda, smart. She kind of goes, I wonder. And Harry shouts, no, but Ginny touches the, the rim of the cu- cup and the cup goes, well, well, what a pleasant surprise. surprise. Chapter ends. And so does our podcast. So does our podcast. You'll have to wait to, for another week or two. For Although, 69. of course, you can always read ahead. But. There you go. We encourage reading ahead. Everyone on this podcast has read this entire thing. So I've had, uh, us have read this thing multiple times. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think I've read this like, ow, what? What did cat you do? Me. Was a no, cat. I didn't do anything. The, co- the cat is fascinated by cords. And I have a cord on me at this point, and my my hand was next to the cord. So she tried to claw the cord and got you instead. Got she got me instead. Um, so I've read this thing at least twice, if not. I think this is my third time. I'm not sure. I've, I've I I don't really count these things. I've read it multiple times. It's an amazing thing. It, this is one of those fics that you can read multiple times and just it doesn't get old. You always either. discover a new little there nuance is, or foreshadowing. And it's such intricated, you know, little effects that that I'm still... It's like canon. I'm still discovering little details. Mm-hmm. So... And I should not start scrolling down and start reading 69. Because... No, no, no. Wait just a minute. <laughs> we have to say goodbye first. It's a really good story. I know you didn't hear a lot from me this last little bit because I'm not able to breathe. But the Nargles attacked her in the intermission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or something. I don't know. I so, guess I'm not sure if Nargles do that, but yeah, whatever. Somebody did something. But it really is a great story, and we encourage you to go and read. And I just can't wait to hear or read what's going to happen next because we've got the Horcrux now, and we've got Draco with his plan, and we've got Snape going, you know, all these things are coming together and I just can't wait to see you for you to see how it's all coming together. Because it's mm-hmm. really a great plan. Yeah. yeah. All sorts of fun things happen. 
And it's just, I mean, I, As you I can probably I, tell, we all really like this story. Um, no, really? I acknowledge that there will be people who, for whom this isn't their cup of tea, um, but because it's a really long story and sometimes it's hard to get through some of that, or maybe you just mm-hmm. don't like these kinds of stories. I don't know, but we're all fans and it, it's re- we're really enjoying reading it. And I think most of you will too, if you give it long enough to get past the giant number of people and stuff like that. So. Yeah. <laughs> I can understand it. I mean, I, I would probably read if I, if I were a new reader to all this, I would probably re- read Living with Danger first because that at least get, gets you in on the ideas of how the, mm-hmm. how Anne kind of shapes her world. Um, and and it, it's not so overwhelming um, if you've got, you know, a few extra peripheral characters. The, the main characters are pretty much the same. Um, I, I mean, it's, I, I know a lot of people on the forums have been equating it to an AU of Dangerverse, and it, it really isn't. It's a, it's its own world, and mm-hmm. you've really got to give it its own due and and treat mm-hmm. it like it's its own separate fix. Because if you don't, then you're missing out. Because I know a lot of people who don't like Dangerverse that I think would probably like this fix. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of details in this and backstory to the alternate universe and all sorts of new things that we've never seen in any of Anne's stuff before. And it's all really well put together and just all sorts of interesting stuff to look into. So Mm -hmm. I have a few comments on the reaction of the Horcrux and things, but I think those are probably best kept for next podcast. Yeah. I I mean, it's, it's not a perfect fix. You know, every author has their their shortcomings, but it's definitely it's one of the fun. I mean, it it it's it's really hard to convince new people without completely gushing over this because <laughs> I mean, Dangerverse yeah. to me is home, and mm-hmm. it it's when I have a really tough day and I'm not feeling good. It's it's what I you know, open. I go over to my bookshelf and I have Dangerverse on my bookshelf, and I, you know, I just mm-hmm. kind of open it up and I, I start, you know, reading. And it, it's kind of the same with Be Careful of, you know, this is what home feels like. Mm-hmm. That's something that Anne has said in some of her just blog writings and things is one of her. I don't know. I guess you'd call it inspirations. Is to have stories where you can have a hero who still has a loving family and works with that rather Mm -hmm. than because for a lot of especially young adult stories one of the um, tropes that happens a lot is to get your teen or preteen or whatever out on the adventure first you have to get rid of the parents by some fashion Mm -hmm. whether they're on vacation or they're dead or they're um, evil step-parents or what, whatever, however it happens, they have to be out of the way before the adventure can happen. Mm-hmm. Whereas something that Anne has really wants to do with her writing is to show that having a family can be a strength and can um, contribute to your adventure. You can have multiple generations of people all having the various different adventures and not 
have a story that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I love Be Careful all the more for that because it doesn't have to, you, you don't have to start out with them. You don't have to, you know, be blood related or, or grow up with them for them to be your family. Mm-hmm. Because that's something that runs rampant in fandom that, that there, we have all these little families that are kind of interconnected of people that we love, we love and, and consider, you know, closer than friends. Right. And I, I really, you know, I, I, it, it's awesome to see that is, is, you know, that Draco Malfoy can be redeemed through people just being friendly to him mm-hmm. is something that's worthwhile and, and definitely worth people's time. Yeah. Because and to me, it actually makes a lot more sense that he's redeemed through a whole group of people in a whole different situation that he's in rather than just falling in love with one specific person. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Yeah. It, it's, I, it definitely wasn't just Luna or just Celia in this fic. And I find that awesome. Mm-hmm. I think we're starting to ramble a little bit. <laughs> just, I think so too. Can I just say thing? Yes. Sure. Go ahead. So Ginny's had to deal with Diary Riddle. And now she's mm-hmm. got to deal with this one. Mm-hmm. Poor Ginny. Yeah. Ginny did it by choice though. I mean, I think that was an interesting thing about uh, canon is that I almost said fandom. <laughs> uh, that was an interesting thing about canon is that J.K. Rowling made sure to um, that each character would would have to take on one piece. one piece of the puzzle. So, and you know, even did Hermione ever? Because Ron did, Harry did. Does it? That's Hermione. Uh, Hermione does the cup with the basilisk. Thing. Yes. Oh my god! Hermione does the Crab does die dumb. Oh, well, he doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, he, he does. Let's give him credit where credit's due. He he does destroy the diadem. Yeah. I just like saying that. Completely by accident, but he does. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, Harry doesn't even destroy a, a horcrux by himself. He he gets Ginny to help him. Right. Um, Say goodnight, everybody. So, so night. for our part B of... Be careful. Um, please join us next time as we tackle uh, 69 through... Probably 79. 79, yeah. Well, that's going to be part A. And right. then... 69 so through 89. 89. Yeah. So, yeah. we have only a few cha- a few episodes left before we finally ended. Be careful. My goodness. My goodness. <laughs> Hope you're not getting tired of us yet. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, this is a long pick. <laughs> it is. Good lord. Um, I'm, could you imagine if we would have done this at the beginning when Poo was just starting and it took however many chapters, however many podcasts to do ATE? It would have killed us all. It would be the entire first season. I know. Oh, man. Well, we're not going to do this. Call, we're gonna say good night, everybody. All right. <laughs> So good night, everybody. Good night. Uh, I night. Uh, yeah. So, Scott, uh, come and join us next time. Try this next time. Adios. Good night.